You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we come to you for the biggest episode of 2020. We'll say that because it's only about five weeks old, but whatever. This is a massive episode to bring to you today as we get right into the thick of our Survivor month, celebrating the release of the 40th season of Survivor, Winners at War, coming your way very, very shortly. This is the big one, the one that you've all been waiting for. It is our massively huge season rankings. Yes, remember that time you wasted 34 hours of your life listening to us rank players? I certainly do. Well, we're here to do it again today and maybe hopefully not go for 34 hours, at least 32 probably. And we're going to rank all 39 seasons to come up with a definitive order of how these seasons should be ranked because we're telling you, and when it comes to Survivor, we are the be-all and end-all of knowledge of everyone because we've never said anything bad. Everyone loves us and we're incredibly well respected and that is what we are at the Oz Network. My name is Ben and if I sit here for 31 of those hours debating Corinne Kaplan, I quit. And my name is Colin and I can get loud too. <laughs> and I'm Nick and Colin literally just stole my only survivor quote I could remember. So I was going to say I was, I was going to say I can rank things too. What the fuck? But uh, that's just been ruined. So we're off to we're off to the races here with a fantastic start. Wow! Start again, <laughs> Noah. You're in. <laughs> yeah. Thirty nine seasons it worth well. of quotes. It bodes well. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's great. We've got to rank. We've got to rank thirty nine seasons. And Colin and I can only remember one quote from one season. <laughs> it's not good. Could have gone with the tribe of spoken. Uh, Want to see what you're playing for? Previously on Survivor, but no. Okay, burgers. Chicken, <laughs> French fries. <laughs> um, it's exciting. It's very exciting. This is an idea. I believe it was you, Nick, who came up with this suggestion uh, mid last year of a sort of a way to help celebrate and kind of go on from what turned out to be probably our most popular ever episode series that we ever did in the Survivor Oz days in ranking all the players. And it was an idea that stuck with me. I thought it was fantastic and wanted to try and remember it, and here we are. Uh, Nick, you are the only one on this episode that wasn't involved on all of those 34 hours, so welcome to the great old world of doing this. But uh, what, just quickly, what was it that you thought would make this a good idea when you came up with the idea? Um, well, I think probably, you know, like it is one of those big discussions that everybody has is, you know, what's the best season and all that kind of stuff. And um, it is just a fun thing to talk about. And it's kind of, it, it's a lot, obviously a lot more close. It's only 39 seasons. So we're not talking hundreds and hundreds of players. We're just talking 39 seasons. Um, and, you know, I think between the three of us, there's going to be some obvious ones near the top, some obvious ones near the bottom, but we're definitely all going to have our outliers. And so it'll be fun to try and defend the ones that we think are good and, and try and bag out the ones that we don't and, and all that kind of stuff. So it just feels like a, basically a smaller project and but still just as fun i think and for you colin you were part of that episode so um are, are you getting a bit of why am i doing this myself i know <laughs> like are you straight away like holy crap what have i got myself in for thanks nick <laughs> uh you know it's funny because um i mean you mentioned long time ago about this being one of the ideas for our survivor month and you know i was into it right away and i think even we were trying to plan this you know, timing everything around, you know, you and Nick being on one side of the world, me being on the other seemed impossible. You know, I'm going to be recording, you know, well past midnight here, but I'm like, you know what? I have to do this one. You're like, well, you know, you could send me a rankings or I could do it with you. And then we could do a separate one with Nick. And I'm like, no, no, we got to do it all in one shot. And then as I was working out my rankings today and just flashing back to 34 hours, I just kept thinking to myself like, 
again, why am I doing this myself again? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's such a fun idea because I think ranking the players is one thing. You know, everybody sort of looks for something different to play. Ranking a season, you have so much more to go on. You know, it's not just how good was this one player. It's like how bad were these players, and do those bad players make for the season be better? And you know, I think what's going to be particularly fun is. Some of these ones, I know, kind of like Nick said, I've got a couple on my list here that people will probably be appalled or as low as they are, and some people will be appalled or as high as they are, and it, it, there's a bit of strategy to this. I think that's the really fun thing is, like, do you want to put this thing up so early? You know, Do you want to be the person to put this up? That was ultimately the Boston Rob thing that led Kate to hanging up on us on the uh, <laughs> original one. Nobody wanted to put him up, so uh, the strategy and the politics and all the backstabbing that goes on in a rankings episode it's almost like playing survivor for real and i think too i believe it was nick you and i had a bit of a discussion about this during our Oslet reunion one it's kind of we've all got these seasons that we're going to be so defensive of that are often regarded as universally hated and kind of even vice versa i feel we'll probably each have a couple of seasons that are universally loved that we are then going to be saying no actually this season sucks um, and I think, yeah, like, I, I think we're all going to have these moments where straight away it's going to be like, Vito! Um, and it's going to be very fun to see it. But also, considering there's only three of us here, not five, so, you know, it shouldn't last as long, maybe. I'm not too sure. Uh, famous last yes. words. This is us we're talking about here. But um, for those who maybe haven't listened to our long 34 hours worth of player rankings or it's been a while since you've heard them and can't remember how this works, basically what will happen is we're going to come up with an order in just a few moments and work out who will rank first, second and third. We each will alternate in choosing a season that we will put up. So, for example, whoever goes first will be putting up what they regard as the worst season of all time. And then if we all agree with it, great. That goes in at number 39. We move on to number 38. But if for any reason one of us disagrees, we get the opportunity to veto, therefore opening up a bit of a discussion. And then, of course, if the majority, so therefore two of us, veto that decision, then the person who put it up has to choose again. They can't automatically put up the season they just got vetoed. They will have to wait to their next turn before they can put it up again. Does that make sense to everyone that is listening? Not you two. I'm just waiting for all our listeners to quickly email us in. We'll oh, sit here until they all have. I was going to ask you to explain again. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I don't want to hold this episode up any longer. <laughs> yes, indeed. So um, I guess really what we actually have to do straight away is we have to work out what order. Because I, I was polite enough beforehand. I'm like, guys, we have a specific order that we want to be in. And Nick was kind of like, oh, well, maybe I could be number two. or Because, you know, that's the one who gets to decide at the end. But no, we're going to be diplomatic, Nick. Just because it was your idea, you don't get to choose anything <laughs> who are you Noah? Yeah, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be a loser like Noah I want to be you know I want everything <laughs> to be fair. so yeah exactly no one wants to be like Noah um so I will, what I'll what I'll do though Nick is I'll give you the opportunity you choose first number one two or three what number would you like so how is this working? Sorry, just to be clear. I'm going to put all three of these numbers into a random number generator. And for example, oh, and if you're number two and I pick number two first, you will go... You oh, okay. you can choose if you want to go first, second or third. So, okay. Give me okay. a number I'll, between one and I'll three. Be, I'll, be num- I'll, be num- I'll be number one. Okay. Colin, what number would you like? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, is number one taken? Yes. Yes. Then two. <laughs> Well, I guess I will choose number three then. Um, so I'm going to press this number button generator thing right now. So the first number chosen is number two. All right, Colin, you can choose whether you go first, second, or third. 
I like the number two. I'm sticking with it. All right. You're going in the middle. All right. Let's press this again. And we're and we... thank you, Nick, for actually <laughs> cluing me in to the strategy of this. <laughs> uh, that's all right. I'm good like that. That's why I'd be useless at actually playing Survivor, too honest. <laughs> uh, the next number that has been chosen is number three, so that is me. So I will gladly volunteer to go first. So, Nick, if you don't get a choice, you will get to go last in this rotation. So <laughs> Okay, that's great. So the order is myself, Colin... And Nick. All right. Shall we Shall we straight away get into this? Does anybody else have any questions or anything else they want to say before we do this and start the next 34 hours of our life? So just a real quick question. Like, how much research or thinking have you guys put into this? Because I can tell you, I've got, like, a big spreadsheet in front of me, and I've kind of, like, I've got my top third, my top half, my bottom third. I've got – and then next to that, I've got, like, their ranking. And then I've got kind of a range of where I'd be happy for them to be. So, like – as a bit of a spoiler, I'm not going to tell you which season it is, but my number one, I'd be I'd be prepared to hear an argument for that either being first or fifth or anywhere in between. And like my bottom rated season, if I go down, I'm happy to hear an argument for the one I've got bottom being either 36, 37, 38 or 39. So like mm. I'm kind of like, it kind of just helps me when it comes up. Like do is that way outside what I think is reasonable or not? Um, so yeah, I've probably way overthought this. Just a bit. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, I, I think you, you more elaborately plan because I have the exact same thing. It's, I've got my rankings in front of me, but then everything else you just said is just in my head. Uh, I wasn't smart enough to write it out, so maybe Nick's going to end up winning this season. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Ben's obviously the least prepared here. Well, no, well, yes. Um, I've got my list, my 39 to 1, because I was going to be doing a blog post about it anyway for my blog. But um, I think that, similar to what I did with the player rankings, is that certain ones I'll defend more than others. But, yeah, I'm probably similar to you, Nick, that there will be some that all of a sudden I'll go, oh, you're putting that up at 35, I've got it at 22, but... At the end of the yeah. day, yeah, that's fine. But if all of a sudden my number one goes up at 33, I'm going to be screaming bloody murder. So, you know. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're all kind of on the same page. You know, there, there's there's kind of levels of it. You know, my, I could easily say my bottom five, you know, I, I don't care which one ends up at the bottom, you know, uh, as long as it's one of them. Yeah. 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 And I've got, cause, and that's where kind of like your, your outliers come in, because I've actually got one of my top five. But if that goes anywhere from 20th up, I'm not going to complain, because I know it's a little bit of an outlier for me. But the higher up I can make an argument for that, the better. So, um, yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of factors in. But anyway, like I say, I've completely overthought it, because I'm good like that. That's, that's why you're a, a member of this show, because you fit in yes. very well, apparently. All right, well, uh, I get... Oh, Noah. <laughs> yeah, Noah. God, he just doesn't think about things at all. Um, <laughs> I like this new trend we're doing in 2020. It's fun. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> we know listening. he's not going to listen to I know. defend himself. I know. Um, all right, so big drum roll. Uh, the, the first one off the rank, I get to do this. I'm excited. So according to me, at least, and we'll see if this gets the lock in, the worst season in the history of Survivor, it is a season that... Is pretty new. Um, when I say pretty new, it is the newest island of the idols. Um, look, I think we all are going to always have a negative opinion of this season based purely on all the crap that we uh, saw and everything that happened. And I think my biggest thing about making it the worst season is that 
you know, it's all well and good to say each certain seasons have these negative things about it that you can just put aside and think about actually what happened outside of it. But I think this is the one exception. I think there's just no way you can think of anything positive about this season. We had some good cast, great characters, and it's just it's just so overshadowed by everything else that happened. And to me, ugh, I call it recency bias because it's the newest one and it's easy to say that's crappus, but I just I can't fathom this being any lower than number 39. Uh, well, I mean, it's not my very last season, but it is in my bottom five, so <laughs> I'm not going to veto this. Uh, I did say any of my bottom fives deserve to be in the bottom spot. Uh, I- I'm with you on the-, the negativity. As I was doing my list, I found there were a lot of these seasons where I'm like, you know, if you could strip a lot of the negativity out of there, which is just maybe a small part as far as sc- screen time goes, you would have a good season there. I still stand by the fact that Island of the Idols was a good season if you could strip all that out. But there's just so much there that's so negative that it just drags. It doesn't leave a positive impression, I don't think, on anybody. So uh, there are two other seasons that I would have ranked lower based on the negativity, but I'm perfectly happy to have this one last. Yeah, it also wasn't my bottom, um, but it was one of my bottom two. And um, I am very, very comfortable with it being bottom. Um, And I think probably the big thing that you'd probably give this one is that it is not fun. you know. And like when you're watching something week in week out you want it to be fun you want it to be a bit of an escape from from you know your daily life and all that kind of stuff and this is just not a fun season there's nothing really enjoyable about it what i would say is i think if i am if i am going to kind of maybe defend a few little bits of pieces of it i think it ends really well i think the finale is really good um i think it it has a normal winner um which if we're going to start comparing to another season i think is likely to come up pretty soon um i think you know at least the winner played really well didn't need all those advantages to win um so i think you've got to give it that but it's it's a slog to get through you know because there's just so much nasty stuff in there um and i think probably the thing i least like about this this whole season is that production were very smug about how they handled everything like they felt like they were really proud of how they had dealt with this issue and like almost everybody else was like well no you didn't you didn't handle that very well at all and so like i I just didn't like how how survivor production felt that they had done an awesome job of bringing this to light so it just left a real you know nasty taste in your mouth so yeah it's an easy one to slide on by in, in last place for me Perfect. All right. First one's an easy one. Hopefully they remain this way for some time. Uh, that means that you are next, Colin. Well, I'm not really sure where uh, you guys lie on your opinions on this season, but I-, I think this is another one of those universally hated seasons where you typically won't get many arguments. Um, I think it's the perfect example of a show being built all around one person or two people, but it turned out to be only one person casting a season so that only one person could win and just again not a lot of fun not a lot of negativity but no real fun at all just based on the fact it was a complete landslide uh and the biggest issue being it introduced a twist that never worked that they've reused over and over and over again which is the redemption island twist and i'm i'm curious to hear if we have any arguments or even if it's a a nick argument about the looking at the positives in this because uh this it was the very bottom one on my list so i'm i'm gonna hope that this ends up in second place but let's hear any arguments if there are any <laughs> well I'll, I'll jump in first and and um, make it well, easy because I, w- I won't yeah, <laughs> i won't be you're after colin um, so. <laughs> oh right okay that's cool because yeah i'm uh, I, i'm not going to veto it because i think it's um even though it's a, a few rungs up on my one and um i think there's some good stuff on this season and um i, I think like the first 
I'd say probably the first three and a half episodes are really, really good TV. I think the merge episode's great, um, but it is just such a slog. And I think when you compare it to the season that comes after it, at least I think the one thing you can say for South Pacific is that the the, the kind of pagonging happens really quick, like they do it over two kind of double boot episodes and it's done and you kind of get out of that, whereas this just feels like it's week after week of there's absolutely no surprise factor at all about who's going to go i mean this is a season where i think it's maybe the, the episode after the merge where rob basically tells you who the final three is going to be and that's who it is like they actually just telegraph exactly what's going to happen so far in advance that it's it's crazy like i think if you're a massive boston rob fan you probably will get a lot of enjoyment out of this season for obvious reasons but for anybody else i just don't think there's much there that's that's gonna bring you back to the season so um i think there's a few in the 30s that i would probably have a bit lower than this um but i I've certainly got no problems with putting uh, Redemption Island in at 38th position. Very good choice, Colin. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ben. (laughs) This was not my next choice, but it was my choice after my next choice. So um, I think that two seasons post this season have relegated this to third worst, in my opinion, but I agree with everything that has been said. I remember when this season was announced, I was, you know, I was a mad Russell fan. I still love Russell, but maybe not as much as I did back then. So I was kind of excited. But at the end of the day, you know, it was clear he was going to go earlier. This could have been better if it had been the planned Russell-Richard season. Um, who knows? But um, look, yeah. And, and, and sort of on your point, I think, Nick, when you said like Rob basically says, oh, this is how the final order is going to be, and that's how it was. I generally don't have a problem with that when somebody can be that dominant and say that, but to me it doesn't work in a more modern season when you've got twists and idols. Like, if you do it in the older days when it was kind of just begongings, and I love that cockiness and how people can control a game like that and that style of play, but this, yeah, it was just dumb, and I'm going to be an advocate a lot in this uh, rankings for seasons where you have dominant winners um, who are often said, oh, they're only dominant because they've got shit players around them, and I'll defend those seasons for saying, well, no, they actually weren't that shit. This is one of those examples where I'll say, no, they actually were shit. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, I this is always down in the bottom, and there's a reason for it. So, yeah, no, no, no arguments here from me. Two for two, all right. Oh, good job, roll. everyone. All right, Nick, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm going to put, I think you've both chosen your bottom ones, obviously, so I'm going to choose my bottom one, which was uh, Edge of Extinction. Um, I think for me, any season where the winner is only there for about 12 days actually in the show, that's not good TV. Um, yeah, I think basically this is a season where you can watch maybe the first two or three episodes and then the finale and you don't have to watch anything else. Um, and I certainly think that there are some good characters, Rick being an obvious example, um, but ultimately nothing that really happens in the game ultimately matters and to me that's important like i think you need to see what the winner's game is you need to understand where this whole thing's going towards um so i just think it's just not enjoyable to kind of have a winner sitting there on another island actually kind of in the naughty corner for you know 30 days of the game or whatever it is um it's not fun um i actually struggle outside of chris obviously and rick and the returnees to actually even remember anyone else who was on this season and it was only two seasons ago so that's a really bad sign to me i just don't think the casting was particularly exciting um yeah it's just it's not a great twist and um it it just doesn't make good tv so i'm gonna go for um edge of extinction no arguments from me that was my second worst season (laughs) so basically my bottom three have already been chosen yeah no uh, everything you said is right Uh, i never watched this season live uh one of three seasons that i never watched live um and 
yeah, it's just I'm with you. Like outside of Devons and and Chris, just because he won, who else is there? Um, so. Yeah, and the fact, too, that basically everyone in this season that didn't make the final three, with the exception of two people, were on the jury. Like, it makes me a bit nervous for winners at war that potentially we could have a 17-person jury. Um, I don't like that. Uh, it takes away from just so much of this game, and, you know, it took what people complained about Redemption Island and made it worse, and I was one who, I guess, was never super negative on the Redemption Line twist, but I also didn't love it, so, yeah. Edge of it. I don't really care. Put it here. <laughs> I had it two or three spots higher than this, but I can't say much good about it. This is one of those weird seasons where there's not a lot that's bad about it, other than the twist, which I, I just think the idea of players being voted out and being allowed to come back, I mean, it's improved over the years. You know, when they did it with the Outcasts, I think that was at its worst. Redemption Island, slight improvement. Uh, Blood versus Water, Redemption Island, you know, slight improvement again. But um, here I, I, I'm i not that down on it for a winners at war season because you want to, you know, you have the best of all time. And I think that's one of the most heartbreaking things is when you have these incredible players that just happen to get voted out early. And, you know, it, it's just luck of the draw or, you know, one bad week or just the fact that they were a massive threat in a previous season. So I like that those people will be given a better chance. But in all new player season, it doesn't work. And it's funny we keep mentioning, you know, Rick, I mean, there was so much negativity against this season for him because fans kept saying, oh, they're they're rigging the season in his favor. It's like, no, he's the only one in the cast with any life. But but what I will say in slight defense of this season is, you know, despite the fact that I don't think anybody can argue, you know, Chris winning this is is a massive negative for the show because the guy was barely there to play. I will say he's the only person who ever figured out how to come back after being voted out and really work in his favor. I mean, he worked this twist and made his win make sense for what it was. It just happened to be on a bad season. If you had tried to do this on a better season, maybe it wouldn't have worked. But I at least have some appreciation for how he understood this twist and worked it creatively. But the season itself, I mean... I, I, I'm starting to wonder if there's going to be any of the the recent, you know, seven or eight seasons that any of us would bother to veto. But it, it seems like again an easy choice, even if I did have it slightly higher. There, there is one that I will. Um, <laughs> but this is me. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but um, it's yeah very interesting that basically three that I think most people would expect uh, are already uh, gone and dusted. Uh, I will say just before I go to my next pick too, that I, people listen to the the rankings, the player one, is that I'd often give stats at the end of each round. Given there's only three of us here, there's no point doing that every single round. Um, I might just sort of save that for every 10 seasons or something, just some brief ones. But we've got bloody no stats anyway. I mean, God, no one's vetoed anything, so I've got nothing to tell you. So there we go. All right, number 36, I am putting up... Season 36, Ghost Island. <laughs> this is the season that basically made me stop watching Survivor. Um, it's just such a dull cast. Um, and, like, ugh, there's maybe two or three people that, okay, cool, they stood out. But straight away, it was just... I just couldn't stand just the players on it and just the, the characters and just everything about it just was so boring and mundane to me. And I and I, I always like to give a season a chance, even... 
bad seasons that are you can tell really early like oh the cast is pretty crap but now this is okay i still don't like giving up on a thing and this is just always going to be the season to me that i will say this is the season that stopped me watching survivor for like a year and a bit so yeah the twist had potential i kind of like that idea of bringing back things from the past and you know showing off and survivor history i love that idea but i just felt like it was very much like island of the idols like it kind of was cool for a couple episodes but then it was just kind of pointless at the end so yeah um it's unique we had our first tie i did love the fact that dominic and wendell tied and we had that answer to a long-running survivor oz question but outside of that just nothing about ghost island really appeals to me more so than spot number 36 this was my second last. This was just, just one notch ahead of Redemption <laughs> Island. So this is already way higher than I wanted it to be. Um, I, I I was going to have a bit of an argument when you mentioned the cast, just because I, I sort of look at the final three, and I'm like, I actually really like I think this is probably one of my favorite final threes we've had in recent seasons, particularly, I mean, the final two, Wendell and uh, Dominic, were just incredible. Uh, but... Then, as you were speaking, I'm like, okay, well, who else do I remember from this? Like, and I click through the tag cast. I can't remember anything about these people. I didn't stop watching the season, but it was probably the most boring season I think I have ever seen. You know, Redemption Island had some entertainment to it. It was worse all around just because how it all played out. But this, it was just, there was nothing exciting. And the, the twist, this goes down, I think, is one of the biggest flops ever for a twist because. The other ones were at least within production's control. You know, you do Redemption Island, you do Edge of Extinction. You're forcing these players to do something. You know somebody's coming back in the game. Ghost Island, and I'll say the same thing for Island of Idols. Island of Idols is literally the same twist just with Sandra and Rob reading the clue to these people. But with Ghost Island, they go there, they read a clue, and half the time, these people would say, no, I'm not going to play. And then when they did play, it was like, sorry, you lose. It's, it was a complete waste. Like, I don't know why they would create a twist like that where the odds would never really be in the favor of a person doing anything interesting. And the fact that they promoted and built this season around and dedicated so much screen time when I don't even know if I could count, uh, you know, it, it's got to be below 20% where anything ever came of these twists. It was just a wasted segment and a wasted season. Yep, no complaints from me either. Um, and, and I think largely for the reasons that Collins just brought up is that I think we had this this great kind of concept of you know bringing back these kind of relics of the past of Survivor, and I like the fact that Survivor is such a an established show now that you can kind of do that and kind of flash back to these great moments or whatever. And it felt like it was just not used very well at all, um, and that you had these moments where people would come to this island and they often would have nothing like they'd pick the wrong bottle and then they just sit there and do nothing the whole time. And like, I think that was a little bit of the problem with Island of the Idols as well. And yeah, I think just if you're going to name a season after this twist, then the twist needs to be a really big part of the season. Um, yeah, I will say that I think um, Dom especially, but Wendell as well are two of the most dynamic characters we've had in the thirties, you know, like, and that kind of, that kind of, that's why it wasn't in my kind of bottom, you know, um, two or three, um, but it was very, very close thereafter. Um, because I think there is a couple of really good characters that make this great, and um, we're obviously going to see one of them back, and I don't think it's going to be too long before we see Dominic back as well. So I think the really good parts of this this show will kind of live on and in returning players, but the rest of it, it's going to be completely forgetting, forgotten um, in, in not too far away future. So, yeah, very, very happy with, with that at, uh, at the position it's at. Cool. All right. Nothing more to add. Colin, it's over to you. Uh, so as I said, I had um, 
two other seasons outside of Island of Idols where I felt the negativity actually made them worse. And this is almost the opposite of Ghost Island, where I look back on the cast, I'm like, there is so much potential for returning players here. Almost the entire cast, I could make an argument, should come back and were interesting people. It's just you put these people together and it just brought out the worst in everybody. And in comparison to the other really negative seasons, I don't feel like this is as controversial. I just feel like it just it was it was so unpleasant to watch these people interact together uh and it gave us <laughs> it gave us uh well noah groves <laughs> was was maybe to blame for this but it gave us you know probably uh the the worst experience we've ever had covering survivor <laughs> so the dirty 30 worlds apart <laughs> thank you noah um <laughs> it wasn't ben's fault people it was noah's fault but uh I, I, I don't want to knock Mike too much because um, I remember watching this and a lot of people were saying like, oh, you know, Mike played really hard because he, he was always coming from the bottom. But I just I can't really defend a winner who I think made so many colossal mistakes. And I think he took risks just for the sake of making good TV and just happened to luck out with them. I don't really feel like I'm not going to say he's a bad player. I think he's a great player who would probably play much better a second time around. Not that we're going to get to see that, apparently. Uh, but you know, we went through all this negativity throughout the season, all this arguing, and you know, so many great characters that just it, the show brought out the worst in them. And a winner that I just feel like it, it's one of the most unsatisfying wins to me just because of how it all played out, where it was so much just a fluke, and it, it just felt like somebody trying to make good TV but not actually playing the game. Mm, interesting. Um, definitely not a season that I'm a big fan of, but it's actually quite high on my list. So just for shits and giggles, I'm going to put a veto on this one. Um, oh, and, um, you dick. And, <laughs> and um, like, like, I, like I say, if, if Ben's not with me, I'm not going to be uh, hanging up the phone or anything like that. Um, but it is actually a little bit further up my list. And I guess probably the thing that I really like about the season is that it's quite funny. Um, and I think probably, you know, like it, that's kind of forgotten because – there was a little bit of negativity at the time that it was on with the whole Shireen and Will and, and Dan to a degree and, and all that stuff. But, you know, like Rodney is one of the best characters that's ever been on the show and how he hasn't come back yet is beyond me. Um, and, you know, I do think there are, you know, I think Carolyn's good TV. I actually think Dan is really good TV. You know, I know he's not everybody's taste, but I actually really, really like Dan. Um, so I think there's some really cool characters on this. I even think some of the, the kind of early boots and stuff are, are really good as well. I think Max was quite good TV. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, uh, and I don't think the, the the theme of the season was actually bad. Um, I think there was some gold to be had there in the, the whole kind of like different parts of, of living, you know, like the whole blue collar, white collar, no collar thing. I like it. I, it has a lot more thought than some of these dumb seasons we're getting now. Um, so just for that alone, I'm going to chuck it in there. But totally, I, I can totally um, respect some of the stuff that Colin's saying there. So um, it, it's, it's more just for the hell of it that I'm chucking in a, a, um, a veto on this one. I think there's a lot more tension in this format with only three of us now because straight away it puts the pressure on the next person. Um, yeah, the, the cast of this, I, I said it during Island of the Idols that this is probably the most eclectic, unique, best cast we've maybe had in the last 10 seasons, uh, you know, taking out returning players. But even with the returning player seasons, I'd argue, um, because we had some very unique characters on this season. You know, I'm with you, Nick. Rodney... I said at the time was maybe one of the top 10 greatest characters ever in Survivor. I still stand by that. I think Rodney is absolutely fantastic as a character. 
I'm obviously a huge Dan fan. He's a very good friend of the shows, and I think he's a great character, whether or not you agree or like him as a person or not. I'm not a Shireen fan, but she's a unique character. Uh, you know, she kind of brought something unique to the show. Uh, and you look at all the other people that have come from it, you know, Sierra kind of was bland in this season, but came back and did okay in Game Changers. Um, you know, we've got Joe born from this season. I love Jen. Jen was fantastic. Her love of the oh, great yeah. iconic player that is Kate. I mean, who can forget that? Um, Joaquin. I loved Joaquin during the season. Max was great. Lindsay. Remember her? Nina was a unique player. Vince. My Lord. Remember Vince. Uh, and Carolyn, you know, robbed on this season and robbed and coming back on second chances. Mike, yeah, he's an entertaining character. I'm actually disappointed he's not on Winners at War because I think he would be fun to see again. But I'm not high up on his win, though. I agree pretty much with everything you were saying, Colin, about his win. With all that aside, I only had this, like, three spots, four spots above this, and that's not enough for me to defend it. So, sorry, Nick, I'm not vetoing Worlds Apart. <laughs> No, and like I, I say, I, I won't be, I, I won't be going and crying on my on my tea leaves or anything like that. It was uh, yeah, just just more for the fun of it than anything else. I just want to say also, you know, for a season that was uh, obviously very difficult to cover in the first place, um, the fact that we are all, even, I put this up, you know, Ben's defending it, even Nick, you're like, well, I'm okay to let it go this early. We're all very high on this cast. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. say anything bad about anybody on this cast. Like. I really wish we had gotten these people in a different season. It's just I still can't get away from the fact that when I think about all these great characters, I can't think of any positive on any positivity that came out of these people playing together. And which is why it's all the more confusing why this cast was so tight coming out of the season, because you watch them and you assume this is going to be like, oh, these people never speak to each other again. And just as quickly, Nick, before you go, I just want to quickly say on advisement from our lawyers, it's probably a good idea not to say anything bad against this cast based on <laughs> prior experience. Well, I was, I was just going to add on our way out the door, if we ever do get that season, which is, you know, like the first boots or the, you know, the, or the very, very early pre-merge or whatever they end up calling that season, which it feels like it's an inevitable at some point. Loses um, doesn't Vince have, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't Vince Sly have to be the first name on the list? Oh, like he would, he would be one of the very first people you'd want to bring back because um, he, you know, I think he was just like that golden goose that they totally expected to be the next coach, and then he and then he got kind of booted really, really early. So yeah, so I I, I think we're all saying the same thing. Great cast didn't quite work for this season, but um, yeah, we look forward to see. Well, we've already seen some of them, and we look forward to seeing more of them back. Indeed. All right, Nick, give us number thirty-four. All right, I, I feel like there might be a few vetoes come with this one, but I'm going to throw it out anyway. Which is we're going to we're going to stray into the the first twenty seasons for the first time here, um, wow. and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to chuck Cook Islands in. Um, I, I, the reason being is that I think um, it's an incredibly boring season, um, and it is one of those seasons that had the potential to actually kill Survivor. Like that whole thing of doing a race war was just so ill advised, and they literally got away with it by pure luck you know like i think if the white tribe had gone on to win this season and pegonged everybody that we wouldn't be talking about survivor coming into season 40 um and even i think probably the thing that people think this is such a great season is because it brought us you know poverty and yule now who's coming back and penner and and all these and aussie and all these characters but literally everybody who's come back from cook islands has been more interesting on other seasons um none of them did their best work on this so you'll no pressure mate but um you know like it, <laughs> 
basically, I think everybody who was come back from from Cook Islands has done better work on other seasons. I just think it's really boring. It brings us the final three for the first time, which sucked. It had that God Mode Idol, which was just not a good idea. And look, don't get me wrong, there's some great moments on this. I think the whole um, the Penner and Yule interaction with the Idol, I think, is really cool. Um, but other than that, I think you go episodes with nothing really interesting happening. Um, some really, really boring characters, especially kind of pre-merge. Um, yeah, it just it, the whole thing just is, is a complete snooze fest. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not really interested in, in having this too much higher. Well, I will say that I thought I was going to be the one who would bring this up and get shit-talked. Because... Uh, <laughs> This wasn't my next choice, but it was my choice after. So you have no problem coming from me. Uh, I absolutely agree with everything you said. I've always been so bad, negative, negative, not bad, what? Uh, so negative on this season, and it just seems to get that love based on the players. Because, yeah, we've had some iconic players from this season. But, yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly that they all were better on their most recent seasons. Candace, maybe, with the exception there. But I think that... <laughs> The original season is just boring. I think we lose so many good people early on. Hashtag bring back Billy. Um, and then this is a season that on its first viewing is entertaining because, you know, you are kind of rooting for the underdogs to come through after the mutiny, and they ultimately do. So at that point, it's like, wow, that was pretty epic. But on rewatch, this season just is, is a struggle to watch. And the season after this, which is often the one that gets the shit, saying this is a bad season and Cook Islands was great, it's the other way around, my friends. Come on. Um... So, yeah, Cook Islands, no problem. No problem at all with it for me being here. So, Colin, unless you've got a veto here and we I, then that opens the door for us to have to at least discuss it. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> you know what's funny is I was thinking to myself, uh, Ben, if you veto this, I might go along with it just because there are other seasons that I would much rather have lower. But back in the Survivor Oz days, I, I, I think one of the first articles I ever wrote was all the issues on Cook Islands. It was basically, here is an essay on why Cook Islands doesn't work as a season. And I think I've, I've come to appreciate a little bit more just because I've seen some of these more recent seasons that didn't work because of twists. But let, let's just be honest. It, it's not the twist that kills Cook Islands. The twist was just a marketing strategy. Yeah, you had like, you know, double elimination and stuff like that, message in a bottle, whatever. But that didn't determine the game. Final three didn't necessarily determine the game. Um, there's something about this season that I just feel like the game itself never really clicked. And I, I've never been able to put my finger on it, even though I wrote an essay on it. I never put my finger on why the game didn't work. Uh, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that you had a lot of players being cast just for the sake of casting's now going to look to actors and models and stuff like that. And maybe that was a way to keep it fresh because Survivor was getting to the point where, you know, people were too skilled coming into the, the game and they, they wanted uh, a little bit more spontaneity and a, a little bit more, um, uh, I guess, foolishness with people. If there's one thing that that really has always rubbed me the wrong way about this, it is Ozzy, and I just I've never felt Ozzy was a character I could get behind. There's always been this is probably the least arrogant we've ever seen him, and still you just you you don't want to root. I don't want to ever root for this guy. And funny enough, I loved Yule, but I stopped watching Cook Islands when Penner was voted out, and it wasn't until a couple of years later where I went back and actually watched the final, you know, two episodes or whatever. Uh, Cause I was just, I was so done with the season outside of Penner and 
you look back on this cast and there are a lot of really great characters. I mean, Cowboy is incredible, right? Mm. Um, and I, I mean, I could even make an argument that Becky and Sundra are, are okay to, you know, at times, well. but it's just <laughs> at times I said, you know, <laughs> we got the entertainment of the fire making challenge. You know, there's something there, but yeah, I mean, the season just, it never clicked. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of surprised because I've always sort of lived by I, I did not like Cook Islands. And let's all say, we, Billy and Candace, that is an all-star <laughs> moment. That is one of the great moments in the history of Survivor. But that's the other problem. The, the most interesting people went so early, the first two boots could have potentially made this a great season. And that's just, just not just because we love Billy on this show. Uh, just, no, I... I would have been open to an argument if uh, there had been another veto, but I'm okay with letting this go, even though I, I want other seasons lower. Makes me so happy. I love you, Nick. Um, just, just... <laughs> <laughs> you mean Nick? Survivor Oz, Nick! <laughs> uh, all right. Well, okay. Our first one from the teens coming up. There you go. Okay. So let's get into number 33. That would be me. Um, my next one is not one from the last 10 seasons, so we're... Going back into the 20s, um, we revisited a twist that we had seen before. The first time around, it was very popular. It was from a season that is often regarded as one of the greatest of all time. And second time around, it sadly didn't seem to work as well. We had some okay original players. It is the one season outside of season 37 and 38 that we have, uh, and 39, that we are yet to see any original players come back, which is a bit sad because I think there's maybe one or two there. But even the returning players, it was kind of, oh, are they really favourites? Like some of them, it's kind of like, okay, well, that's a bit of an odd choice. And I think the winner of this season is just touted as this great winner, and really they're kind of a shit winner. Um, I really liked them in their first game, and their second time around they just turned into somebody who just really annoys the shit out of me. Um, and this has probably got the worst ever reunion in the history of Survivor, because half of them didn't even get to sit on the stage. I do, of course, speak of Season 26, Caramel, and Fans vs. Favourites 2. Literally my next choice. Woohoo! <laughs> um, and this was the other really negative season that I hold lower than Island of Idols. Uh, this is this would be my argument for why this is worse than Island of Idols. We saw what went down on Island of Idols. We saw what went down on Caramoan. Can you imagine if Caramoan aired as the next season? What if they had filmed Island of Idols in this back-to-back? The show would literally be canceled because I feel like everything that went down on Caramoan was so much worse. Uh, you know, the Brandon meltdown worse than anything we saw on Island of Idols. The Brenda and Dawn thing, worse than anything we saw on Island of Idols. Uh, and and overall, this entire season is, like, I, I will say I'm I'm a little bit higher on Cochran's win just because I feel like he wasn't exactly playing, well, as you said, not playing with the best favorites. And I think he did good for, you know, the game that, that he was up against. His game was probably the best out of the people at the end. But I'm not a fan of mixing new and old players and uh, this is arguably the time where it was Redemption Islands a separate thing because it wasn't really a mix. It was just one player in there. But when you put one tribe of all returning players and one tribe of all new players, it just feels like you're stacking it in the favor of the returning players. And with Micronesia, I mean, people just sort of let it go because of like, oh, entertaining season and with this one. It was like people just sort of suddenly caught on and they're like, oh, well, this is a terrible idea. Why would anybody want to watch this? And maybe I'm going to have an argument coming up with Micronesia uh, eventually on that. But uh, yeah, th there's nothing really to like about this season. I, I struggle to think of one positive moment that came out of this whole season. 
Yeah, so, I mean, when this one first aired, you know, there was a lot of negativity about it, and I remember thinking, it's actually not as bad as everybody's going on. There's some quite cool stuff here, and I think episode by episode, it's not awful, like, and you think, like, and, and what I mean by that is that there's some big, big, big moments on this season, right? So there's the whole Three Amigos Tribal Council, um, you know, there's the Brenda blind side, the Andrea blind side, um, you know, so I think there are some really, really big moments on the show. There's obviously Francesca getting voted off first again, um, you know, so I, I think when you kind of look at the bits of the season, there's some quite good stuff, but it just, you know, it's the sum of its parts just doesn't add up. And I think probably the longer we go on, the less interesting the season feels, you know, because those big moments have been eclipsed by bigger, more interesting moments that have happened in other seasons. And um, yeah, I just think that there are some really rough stuff. I think, you know, kind of the whole Shamar thing, which you kind of forget about now and the whole Brandon thing. Yeah, that's right. The whole Dawn having to take her teeth out. So, oh my God, like this is just, it, it, it's really dour it's quite dark um and i don't mind dark and um uh, but I, I i just i think it was just trying really really hard to be this amazing season and it just doesn't quite pan out and i think you know when you open your finale with like this really really weird medevac that kind of you know nobody really understands what the hell happened with eric there it just mm-hmm. it's just a weird season yeah i mean and i've tried over over the years to think oh well, this season actually isn't so bad because it is some cool big moments but yeah I'm, i i would really struggle to mount an argument against it being here so i've got no problems with this um i think some other things too of like you know I just don't think we were ready for another season of, of Philip and, you know, people were pretty sick of his antics pretty quickly. And yeah, I think maybe just, we didn't quite nail it with the favorites. Um, the fans clearly weren't fans. Um, you know, so it, it just didn't quite work. Um, so yeah, no, no issues here. Hmm. All right. Well, it's all going to hit the fans soon. We're going to be like, you know, here for five hours on like number 26 or something like that. All right, Colin, number Next 32. Next choice, Borneo. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with it. Move on. <laughs> uh, is it my choice? It is. You're number 32. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So we're back to the 30s here. <laughs> this shouldn't be a surprise. See if there's any arguments on this one. Uh, this is, it's a step above, you know, the last couple of years, but... Uh, along with many of these ridiculous twists that just just marketing strategies that don't really amount to anything. Um, not a terrible cast. I think we got some really interesting people out of this season. I think we got one or two really interesting people out of this season. And then we just got a lot of, I think, negativity that was... It's not negative just in the way of you know what we saw on Island of Idols or Caramon like we talked about, but just negativities in the, the type of personalities where you just don't want to root for being a lot of the younger people and maybe a trio of younger people that I just thought were appalling to watch. Um, a few of the positives, uh, you know, I think some of the players that you know just made the merge of some of the early jury members were decent. Uh, and a winner that is very adequate uh, but instantly forgettable. Uh, a final three that really just makes me scratch my head. Um, Millennials, Gen X. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, I not, not where I thought you whoa. were going with that. <laughs> oh, whoa! Where did you think I was going with that? Um, I'm glad you're going with yeah, this one, like, and not what I thought you were going with. Sorry, Dean. Okay, <laughs> good. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. We got you know David out of this season. Incredible. So happy we got David. You know, we got Chris. We got Zeke. Uh, then we also got like. Taylor, you know, <laughs> who? 
Taylor and Jade. Honestly, yeah. Who's Taylor? Who's Taylor? Taylor, Taylor, Jay, and Figgy? I remember Jay and Figgy, but I don't remember. I'm Googling. Who is that? Yeah, me too. I'm I'm literally going on to Google now because I I honestly don't remember who. I don't even remember him looking at his face. You don't remember Taylor? Okay, well then, you're luckier than I am. <laughs> is this Kate? Are you just making this up? <laughs> I've just invented this season. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, vaguely. I vaguely remember that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ultimate yeah. douche bro. Uh, <laughs> but again, like, I, I don't I don't mind these people. I think if you had seen them on their own, but it's just one of these things where... And the show, obviously, they will throw people like this together you know, knowing they're going to get some drama out of it, but it, just, it, it felt so high school to me, and I think that was kind of the point. But you know, obviously, on a season millennials versus Gen X, they wanted. I just, I just didn't feel like this season did any favors to the twist. Whereas we we made the argument with Worlds Apart that you know it was a slightly better twist than some of the other ones we've seen. I think that the millennials versus Gen X thing was probably the most pointless of any we saw because the only division we saw was you know this this trio of young high school students and. And again, a winner that I think is just adequate. You can't argue, you know, Adam as uh, a winner. He's deserving enough, again, for what he was up against, but uh, not particularly memorable overall. So Taylor was the one that had a, like, was, was in the showmance, but actually had, like, a pregnant girlfriend at home or something, right? Like, that was oh, the, yeah. I think that was the story. Oh, yeah. and yeah, I yeah. remember that. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So so I, I have thoughts. Um, so... This is one of those really, really weird seasons because I think it got a lot of positive kind of vibes when it finished. Um, and I think especially the likes of kind of like David, you know, there was somebody that, you know, a lot of people were drawn to, um, you know, was was a great character. I think the likes of Zeke and Michaela, obviously, because they came back straight away. Um this was this was this is bad, eh? But this was the season that had Ken, right? He was the guy that yeah, was the yeah. like runner up or something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so you had that guy, and he was quite interesting. I quite liked Ken, actually. Um, but I, I think because it was one of those seasons where it had such a stupid title, is that the fact that it wasn't a complete train wreck made it good, you know? And But I, I actually think it's not as good as, as people think it was. Um, I think the whole, you know, is, is really, really hard as it was for Adam, you know, with his mum and everything. I think they kind of just leaned a little bit too much into that story. And so I think it was probably just while it could have been an interesting part of the show, it kind of became the whole show and that made it quite, quite difficult for, for me to kind of forget about that stuff and just enjoy the show as it was happening. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, I think I was probably quite invested in David winning. And so then when he didn't, that was, that was quite tough. Um, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I've got this a little bit further up the list, but actually not that much further up the list. Um, so I was kind of toying with a, with a, uh, a veto here, but I'm not going to, I'm going to let this go because, um, I think ultimately it's a reasonably forgettable show, uh, season. I think probably when you, when you were to rank up all the seasons in the thirties, it's probably not, it's probably one of the higher ones, right? But that's not saying very much. So yeah, I'm quite happy to, to let this one go at 32. I think we've already made it one of the higher ones in the thirties. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think what Ben was alluding to is that when you started talking, I thought you were talking about a different season, and I think mm. it's the one that Ben was thinking of as well. Um, and to be honest, I'm quite happy that Millennials versus Gen X is potentially going to go before that season. So um, for that reason alone, I'll I'll sign off on this one. I uh, yeah, exactly what Nick said. I for certain 
was that you were talking about another season. Um, not even remotely close to thinking you were talking about this season. So that's where I was shocked. And I'm not shocked because I'm a defender of this season. I have this about... Uh, what This is number 32. I had this at number 31 on my list. So I'm completely fine with this being here. Um, but, yeah, I think... I don't really have much to add on anything you guys have, have said. I think that, yeah, it's just... It's there. Uh, it's fine. Um, but it's in the lower half of the fine seasons. Um, I, I honestly always get this season confused with Co-Rong. I... For, as soon as Winners and War was announced, I'm thinking, wait, wasn't Michelle and Adam on the same season? How does that work? Um, and then I'm like, oh, right, no, they're different seasons. So they all kind of blend in together to me. But having said that, when I do actually think about it, Korong was a better season. So um, maybe not that much better. We'll have to wait and see. So, yeah, um, and Adam's fine. I think we talk next week in our preview episode for Winners at War. It's kind of like, Adam's fine. I have nothing bad or good to say about him. He's there. So... Um, yeah, <laughs> it was a stupid twist, though. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I th- yeah. I, th- I think it, I think as a twist, it's not it's not awful, but I think probably they should have just found a better name for it. You know, like mm-hmm. it just feels like a really lazy lazy name for the twist. So yeah. So does that move it into my turn? It does. You're up to number thirty one now. Yes. Yeah, because I was just gonna I was just gonna say in terms of the lazy names, we might as well knock off heroes versus healers versus hustlers because um <laughs> while I'm really pleased it's got to as high as it is, I'm hoping that we don't have too many uh, complaints about letting it go at, at season thirty one. Um, I think this is probably one of the most underrated seasons because there is some really cool stuff in it, and um that will largely have to do for me with with Chrissy, who I think is one of the best pieces of female casting the show's had in a really long time um i think she's just a really dynamic interesting person um to be on the show for a variety of reasons so um i think she's really great but that's probably about where it ends in terms of the things i like about the season i think the season mate sorry the um the theme of the season makes zero sense like literally none like I, i just don't understand what it was meant to be saying at all like you might as well just depict three adjectives and you know like just used anything they just happen to have the same first letter um it's just really dumb um yeah and i just think like a completely forgettable cast um it just screams of like placeholder until we can think of something better to do um but having said that yeah i'm, I'm i i am quite pleased that it's kind of come out a little bit higher than maybe what i expected um because I do think there is some some quite good stuff on there. Um, I'm a little bit of a closet Ben fan. I know he's not the best game player, but oh. I think he's quite a, quite a fun. Uh, not not you, Ben. Well, I'm yeah, oh, definitely yeah. not. God you. damn it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, you're not Noah. I'm definitely a fan of you, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, and, and while I while I, um, I I I accept that Ben is not the, the greatest player of the game I've ever seen, I did quite like the 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 way they showed him on TV. I do like the kind of whole veterans PTSD angle that they went for with him. Um, and yeah, so there, there are things to like on the season, which, which are good, but yeah, it, it also has that whole, you know, season middle of the thirties, kind of forgettable, lazy, boring theme that doesn't matter. Um, and you know, you're not, you're not really going to, it's just going to blend in with all the other ones around it. Ooh, this is where I thought where Colm's going, um, and I was going to be quick to drop a V word, um, and I'm tempted here, because, like, look, I think the thing is, like, with those first, like, five or five to ten that we're going to put up, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, give or take ten or so here, and 
I've got this, what are we, 31. I've got this more than five spots higher than this. Because um, I'm a huge defender of Heroes of Steel. I'm glad that you said you're a bit of an advocate advocate for it, Nick, because I thought I was going to be the only one here. I thought this was going to go, like, second or third last, and I would have to be the Um But I, I love the cast of this season. I just love the cast of this season so much. I think that we've just got such great characters. Um, I had so much fun watching this season, just watching how everything was happening. And there wasn't exactly brilliant gameplay. But again, I'm not one of these people who is all like, oh, it has to be blindsides and idols and advantages. And like, I, that doesn't make a great season to me with gameplay. Like, I think sometimes it's just about being social, like how it was in the old days, you know, and then you can mix that in with a vote here and there. So, um, I mean... You know, Chrissy, I'm with you. Chrissy's fantastic, and how she didn't get more votes still baffles me. Ryan was entertaining and fun and just great to see. I liked Devin. I didn't like him at the beginning, but I did. Mike was fantastic. Uh, Lauren, think about Lauren. Joe was fantastic as well. Um, just Alan. Al- Al- Alan. <laughs> um, <laughs> even, even, like, Patrick early on, dial his company, whatever it was yeah. called. I can't remember what it was. Um, Simone, like... Just, there were so many good people in this season. And, like, it just, it, there's one season that comes after this that gets so much love, which I just, it baffles me that this doesn't get more love than that season. Um, fuck it. I'm putting a veto out there just to see what Colin says. Again, I'm going to be similar to what um, Nick said earlier on with Worlds Apart. If, if you don't veto it, I'm not going to be, you know, completely devastated because I'm not going to defend this as hard as other ones. But why not? Let's fucking do it. Veto. <laughs> well, I, well, I'm glad you did veto that, Ben, because I think it, it, it does make it a bit spicier and a bit more fun. Um, just one more thing that I did forget to mention before we make make Colin make a decision. It might not be a big decision either way for him, but um, the one thing that probably I really dislike about the season is the whole um, fire-making thing at the end because, you know, like at least now they know, whereas this came as a complete shock to them. And so I think it, it, this season does have a real kind of whiff of being rigged for Ben to win. And whether or not that's actually true is another story. But it certainly does feel like, you know, like he just happens to come across an idol and then we happen to have this this fire-making challenge to get him into the final three. And, you know, I don't like that and I've never liked the fire-making challenge. But at least on other seasons they knew it was coming, whereas this one, it was a surprise and it was a nasty surprise, I think. But over to you, Colin. You know, originally I don't think I had this one that much higher on my list. Um, I've got a couple that I would much rather go before this. But I sort of... As Nick was talking, I'm like, you know, I'm okay with this going now and then because I was thinking I really only cared about the final. Like, I think this is a really strong final three. But then the more you're going through everybody else, I'm like, oh, yeah, Joe, I forgot about Joe, you know, and and, um, uh, Patrick and everybody else. Lauren, uh, I think it did have a better cast than I think um, uh, than than, you know, I originally thought where I'm kind of torn on this. I almost feel like I want to defend this season just because I feel Ben deserves a better reputation he's getting. Thank you. Uh, that t- the, the, not you. <laughs> we all know it's not going to be you. You deserve much worse than you get, Ben. Uh, but I think that that fire-making challenge, it kind of doomed him for the... This is the same problem I have with, with the way fans responded to, uh, to, to Rick Devins a couple seasons ago. When somebody is making good enough TV that production gets behind them, the fans just immediately be like, oh, they're fixing it in their favor. And I don't think that was the case. I, I, I feel like this was the twist from the beginning, and Ben just happened to be a guy who lucked out. If this was the only thing that lucked him out into the win, I would say, fine, he's an undeserving winner. I don't think this is a brilliant game. I think this is probably one of the weaker all-around games we've had in any Survivor season. But I feel like he did 
a really good job considering what he was up against. He was always sort of on the bottom. And what impressed me throughout his season is that he found a way to control the votes from the bottom. And if you go week after week after week, it wasn't just, oh, the fire making challenge and Munial and stuff like that. He got in people's heads and got them to vote in his favor or the ways he wanted when he was never in somebody's alliance. So I, I want to defend Ben, uh, I think, more than he gets. But outside of that, I can't think of a lot of memorable moments from this season. So I'm going to not veto uh, but I, I wanted to have the chance to, yeah, defend Ben's game a little bit there. Not you, just, you, the other Ben. Can I just before you say, Nick? Like again, I'm I'm fine with it. Like, I, 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 the fire challenge. I honestly, when I first heard about it, I was completely fine with. It. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine. It doesn't bother me. But now, obviously, I hate it just because it's sort of the more and more it goes on, it is kind of shit. But um, it's a good point you do make about how kind of you think it's sort of like rigged towards Ben. But um, I mean, at the same time, though, um. I guess you could argue that in Cook Islands, couldn't you, with the final three? Like, was that, you know, I guess we'll never know. Was that fully put in before the game started or do they have that as a contingency to a season where they think this could work because they want a certain player to win? So, um, yeah. But I, one thing I will say, I also add too quickly, is just that I'm, I'm really glad that this has gotten a lot higher than I thought it was because, as I said, I for sure thought this was going to be one of those early ones because I thought I was the only one out there who ever remotely defended this season. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and I, I think it. I think for me, it actually comes down to Chrissy. I think she's just just such a, an amazing piece of casting for so many reasons. And uh, I almost think we need to have a, a, a Chrissy appreciation podcast at some point. Yes. So, um, somebody, so somebody make a note of that, and we'll come back at some point and do that. All right, just before I get to my next choice, I'll just I'll run through a couple of little stats here, which I find interesting. We've only had two vetoes so far. Uh, Colin, you haven't vetoed anyone yet, um, and I haven't had anyone veto against me, although I kind of feel my next one might. Um, and in terms of uh, seasons, so we've had no seasons put up between 1 and number 9. We've had 1 put up between 10 and 19, 2 put up between 20 and 29, and 6 put up between 20 and 39. Um, and another little, it, all, really. it does. And another little fun thing I thought I'd add here for the stats as well is kind of I've got four categories here. So I have original player seasons, a mixture, which is basically m- mainly uh, original players with a couple of returnees, a 50-50 split or a full returning player season. So, so far, no full returning player seasons have been put up. We've had one 50-50 split, two mixtures, and six full original casts. So, um, there you go. All right. Number 30, the Dirty 30, which originally was actually my pick. Um, this is the one I just mentioned a couple of minutes ago that I think is incredibly overrated. Um, and I'm probably going to get vetoes here. I don't know. David versus Goliath. I'm sorry. I don't get the love for this season. I just, there's like one person on this cast that people love. Cool. Um, there's one person that you either love or hate. I'm definitely in the hate category for her. I'm sorry, but I could not stand, what's her name? Angelique? Angeline? I can't even remember her name. Um, and it just, I don't understand the love for this season. I was having a conversation the other day, uh, with one of our listeners and he was sort of saying like, I'm really looking forward to you doing this episode and I really hope you have David Goliath up super high because I think it's a great season. And I'm literally like, I don't get the love. It just blends in with me from seasons 36 to 39. It's just a vanilla cast with one or two standouts. It's so over-reliant on twists and bloody blindsides and things that kind of just take away from me sometimes when it's, I don't think that's how Survivor should always be. And Nick is a fine winner. Again, he's like Adam. He's like what we're going to see in Winners at War. I'm nothing against him being back. He's there. He's okay. But 
I just don't get the love for this season. I'm sorry. So I'm putting up David versus Goliath. Vito. Um, <laughs> oh, you suck. And and funny <laughs> enough, it's not it's not even that much higher on my list. This was originally in my number 29 spot. And then after my first draft, I, I revised it. Uh, funny enough, I revised it mostly on Angelina because I'm 100% in the camp. I think Angelina is the most entertaining person that this show is she a train wreck yes is she a great player no but i think she's the most entertaining person that's been cast on this show in the last 10 seasons uh like hands down for me uh and there's a couple other good people in there the the funny thing with this season is that this was one of only a handful of seasons where i stopped watching at some point you know cook islands were the only one where i actually stopped watching and it took me a while to catch up there's other seasons, you know, that I'll mention throughout where halfway through the show or two thirds of the way through the show, I gave up and then I just caught up. This was one where I barely made it past the merge and I just gave up. I'm like, this show is really boring me. And I just kept recording the episodes. and They just sat on my PVR and sat on there. And it was literally 24 hours before the finale aired. I'm like, you know, I don't want to have the finale spoiled for me. So I'm just going to binge all the episodes in one night. And I did. And I just found Almost everything, and I guess the last, the last four or five episodes, I really loved. I wouldn't say I loved the rest of the season. I think that this is a show that gets very strong right at the end. It has, for me, a great finale. Um, I really love the finale for this. Uh, and, and more than anything, it has Angelina. So, yeah, I'm going to veto this one. Oh, sorry, Ben. I'm going to have to veto it. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. Hang it up. What what I will say is that um, I'm I'm with you and maybe like another round or two. Like it's I I do agree with you that it is a little bit overrated. Um, that I think it was probably one of those things that it felt like just this little oasis of back to normal, enjoyable Survivor in the middle of all these kind of shit seasons and so it has proven to be you know like the two that have come after it have been rubbish you know the two the, well basically the two before and the two after are now gone already you know so i think that kind of tells you something um and and i do think that there is a lot of things to enjoy about the season and kind of like the thing that i really really like about it uh, you know if i'm going to talk about heroes healers hustlers has been about one character that i really liked then the same is true here and christian is just an amazing character that i just can't get enough of i really really like the way he played the game and this is one of those seasons that works really well where nobody kind of takes too much offense you know like everybody's just there to play um you know it doesn't get too personal which makes it quite fun like so we've talked about some of those bottom seasons being difficult because they are so personal and and nasty and this is the complete opposite it is actually just everybody's there to have a good time no Nobody takes it too personally. It's really good fun. Um, and I think it kind of defies the stupid label of the David versus Goliath thing. It actually kind of works. Um, there's yeah. a few little things that do work as well. Like I think the idol nullifier shouldn't really work, but it actually does. Um, so, yeah, I think there are some really cool characters on this too. And But I will, I will confess that there is a few on there that are pretty forgettable. But um, there are some really good ones too. So... Um, I'm almost with you. So, yeah, give me another couple of rounds and I'm right there with you. Um, I remember when I remember when we did the player rankings. It took forever until I had a successful one. I like went like 100 or 150 <laughs> until I finally... And I'm the first to fucking go. <laughs> I mean, the next one on my list is going to make you veto it quicker, Nicholas, um, because I know that you're going to defend that season more than that. Um, fucking, I'm putting it up. And this isn't... All about this, me. 
this, well, this is no. This actually is not deliberately to do it against you. This is just legitimately the next one on my list. So, um, if Colin doesn't veto this, and let's just say you shot yourself in the foot here with this one with this going so low, um, this season had returning players on it, or well, two of them. Um, it followed uh, one that's already been up and gone. Uh, this season was much more entertaining than that one, but it still had its issues. It has the one winner that I've often gone, how did they win? And we're about to see them return again, and we'll see how that plays out. Um, I enjoyed a lot of the people on this cast, but I also didn't enjoy a lot of the other people on the cast. Two of these people on this cast came back on The Amazing Race, who I enjoyed them thoroughly, and sadly didn't get to see those personalities on Survivor. Hello, Colin. Um, but I'm going to put up South Pacific. Uh, I'm not going to veto this. This was going to be my next choice. <laughs> uh, Nick, you shot yourself I, in the foot. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this, though. I think that uh, this is one of those seasons where I don't feel like the negativity kills it. Um, it in a way, I think that you're supposed to be rooting for, you know, Ozzy. Uh, and or at least maybe they wanted you to root for Ozzy, uh, but it just works so much in the opposite. In a weird way, this show works opposite from what they presented. I feel like I appreciate you know the the bad things about this season, uh, even though I recognize they're bad. Um, I don't mind you know the in comparison to Redemption Island. I don't mind the twist this time because I think. Redemption Island, they were bringing back guys who dominated the game. Uh, this time, they're bringing back guys who really just kept making the same mistakes over and over again. And one of them managed to not make that mistake a second or third time or whatever, which was Coach. Uh, but it's it's not a great season. And there are so many people here who I, I do feel like I come out of the season disliking. Two in particular, uh, who went on The Amazing Race and showed no personality. Uh <laughs> But yeah, I, I can't really argue this one because it would have been my next choice. Yeah, but I mean, I, I want to hear what Nick like, has to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, this has actually gone a lot later than I expected, so I'm not, I'm not really going to be able to complain, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think this is this is absolutely my guilty pleasure when it comes to Survivor, um, and a lot of that is is probably due to the fact that. I kind of called the result a long time before it happened, so I've always been a bit smug about I kind of saw the ending of this coming, um, which was that it kind of always felt like the downfall of Coach and we were, we were watching how Coach loses rather than watching how one person wins. Um, and I, even to the point of like, oh, you know, like I know Rick's going to go first in that finale and then, you know, Sophie will win that last challenge and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, like I kind of, I kind of felt like I saw it coming. But the thing I really, really like about this season is that there's never any momentum. There's no, you know, like in terms of the pre-merge is actually a lot more fun than people remember because it, it's one of the very few seasons, maybe only Borneo is the only other one where it literally goes backwards and forwards. Uh, nobody wins two immunities twice ever, um, which is pretty amazing really. You know, like that just never, ever happens. Um, so that's really, really fun. I think the merge episode, while it may not be, the most amazing blindside of all time. I think after we'd come off two seasons where there hadn't been a lot of strategy, 
that whole thing about did Cochrane make the right move? Did he not make the right move? It was a real in the in the community and the podcasts at the time. It was a real discussion, and I really enjoyed that. That we kind of got back to talking about that stuff again. Um, and you know, like I think the thing that kind of kills this season is the kind of the religious stuff. Whether you're religious or not, I think everyone would agree that it was just so overt on the season that it was hard to watch. And I totally understand that. Um, but I think there's just so many cool big characters on the season that made it a lot of fun to watch. Um, and but then there were also some really dark moments. But I actually really enjoyed the darkness, like the whole thing of like you know Brandon Hans. Like if you compare Brandon giving away his necklace and getting voted out to Eric's, you know one has been put down as the dumbest, goofiest moment of all time, and we keep seeing it backwards all the time on on the show. Whereas nobody ever talks about Brandon ever ever again, you know, because it was this kind of dark moment. But it was kind of really fitting with that season. It kind of everything kind of felt like it fit together really, really, really well. And as much as I hate Aussie, I did like the fact that he strategically made a decision to vote himself out and go to redemption because it was the best way for his team to go forwards, which I think is quite a cool way of looking at redemption. I like he actually did try his best to use it to his advantage. Um, and it was a perfect Aussie season for me because I hate Aussie, but it was one of those seasons where it was actually great to watch him play and fall short you know it actually was the the best way to to get your aussie if you are an aussie hater because you actually get to see him come so close and then fail and that's actually quite fun um so i actually i there's so much for me to love about the season but i'm certainly not you know for the record i am going to veto it but i i understand that um i'm i'm very happy for the two of you guys to to let this one go and um and ugh, bottom 10 it's a, but it is at the top of the bottom 10 it is it's it's the winner of the losers. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well done, South Pacific. All right, I have. Uh, is it my turn? No, it's not my turn. It Wait, is. It is my turn. Yes. It is. Okay. Good. Because uh, I have a feeling another veto is about to come. <laughs> In fact, I almost know another veto is about to come. Uh, this is one of those seasons that I feel like most fans look back on um, pretty negatively, but all fans one hundred percent get behind the winner. I can't really argue that, although. I- in a weird way, considering I've already put up so many seasons for the negativity and for so many of the unpleasant characters, it's the unpleasant characters I actually kind of walk out of this season somewhat enjoying watching. And it's the really strong final three that everybody praises that I, I do think were great in how they played the game that I just I, I, I don't find any entertainment in. I really love the idea of the twist uh, that this show is, you know putting everybody together at the beginning but but playing opposite and living together the, the one world twists uh, i have a feeling my veto is about to come um <laughs> the one world twist i think is a great idea and i almost wish this is one of those things they would try a second time but i mean let's be honest there is just so much bad in this season uh but in a weird way some of the bad i kind of like which is why this is sort of at the top of uh my bad seasons here but yeah i'm putting up one world and I'm just waiting for Ben's turn to see if he's going to veto or not. I just want to quickly say, Nick, you're looking really pretty tonight. You're looking very attractive. <laughs> so, so, Ben, you just took out South Pacific and now you want my help. Ah! Mm. <laughs> Interesting right here. But what I am going to say is I am, I, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not just being a dick, but I am literally um, in the balance here. And because I know Ben's going to veto this anyway, it's much more fun if I let him go first and then I make mm-hmm. a decision. So I'll let Ben make his case and then I'll decide what I'm going to do. I don't know if I should tell you both where I actually have this on my list. <laughs> <laughs> like we've already gone past it. Um, <laughs> well, um, yeah, so of course it's a veto. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm proud to say I'm the world's biggest one world defender because this is actually the only season I've ever gone out of my way to go back and watch not in any order. So generally whenever I rewatch Survivor, I will watch from one through to whatever season we're up to. I, I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, I'm bored. I'm going to watch China or something like that. I, this is the only season I've ever gone and done that. And every time I watch this season, it gets better and better. I think this is the best cast that we've had since China. I think this cast gets so overlooked of how good it is. And this is one of those seasons where I think we've got a lot better players and people ever gets credit for because it's always like, oh, Kim played such a great game because she was up against terrible players. And I I disagree. I think that Kim was able to basically from the very beginning get the strongest women together and then they were able to come together with some strong men and then basically take these men and manipulate the men and just make them look crap like they ultimately aren't that bad. I don't think that Troy was a terrible player. Okay, he towards the end started going a bit socially inept with the whole this is my island and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I think I, I stand by, and this is what people always made fun of me, particularly back in the player rankings, that I was defending Colton. You literally have a guy who is so on the outside of an entire tribe that he's basically going to the other tribe going, oh, they hate me, I need to hang out with you. No, you fuck off, you're not on a tribe. Oh, fuck, what am I going to do? Two episodes later, he's basically got an entire tribe listening to every word he's saying to give up immunity to go to tribal council Okay, there are some dumb people in that to do that, but at the same time, it's just like, well, how does he manage to control that to go from one side to the other? It's just, and it's so fun to watch the interactions between everyone on this season. Tarzan, how has he not come back? Like, holy crap, this man is just a character. Um, Alicia, people like her, how oh. great is she? Leaf. I, is- I, th- yeah, I love her. <laughs> Leaf, Leaf is bland, but Leaf still has moments. Like, Leaf getting into a box? I mean, come on. That was just hilarious. <laughs> um, you know, you think of, like, people, like the bland people in this season that you think of. You think of your Matt Quinlans, your Bills, you know, your Jays, your Michaels, people like that. But, I mean, Michael was still interesting enough that he managed to go on, what was it, Naked and Afraid. So there's still something there with him. Jonas, I think, actually was entertaining if you actually watch him. Just, oh. Veto, absolute, absolutely veto to bring that back from like five <laughs> years ago. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one because I, I do kind of agree with Ben on a lot of those points that there is some, some, you know, some, some pretty good stuff on One World. Um, and starting with the theme, I think the actual theme has some really good potential in it. You know, like I think again, production screwed this up because they should have never had that starting point where they, you know, kind of got the two tribes to basically loot that truck and and be in opposition straight away. They should have worked hard to have the tribes have to work with each other. That would have been the obvious thing to do. And I think they could have done things like having reward challenges that were kind of cooperative reward challenges. So, like, they win something as a big group and rather and the two tribes have to work together rather than making them opposition straight away. I think that was a dumb thing to do. And it ended up with the two tribes never wanting to work with each other. And so you kind of got the the outcome that you didn't want. You know, you, the whole whole reason for the season was to actually have these guys working together um, and blurring the lines of tribes, and, and they just never bothered with that, which was really interesting. And then, you know, when they had a tribe swap, they never actually bothered to, to have them living on one beach anyway. So it was kind of just like, 
some some really missed opportunities, I think. But having said that, there's some really good kind of cast members and stuff there as well. I think this is the season you go back to to see a master at their work. And, and you know, that's probably the one thing that makes me really pause when I think about this is that if you want to see somebody playing Survivor basically perfectly, this is a season to watch. You know, like, I guess there's a bit of an argument about whether Kim or Rob is the best player or played the best game. And for me, Rob played a really good game in Redemption Island, but ultimately he it was really, really hard work for him, whereas Kim makes it look effortless, you know, like it's just so easy for her, and that's pretty cool to watch. Um, but it's also a bit boring to watch, right? You're like watching somebody that can just absolutely dominate the game. Um, and a little bit, again, like Redemption Island, I was waiting and waiting and waiting for one of those other players to kind of take the reins and try and at least take him on and kind of nobody ever really does and so while it's not absolutely telegraphed like Redemption Island was it has that same problem where it feels like you're heading towards an inevitable result and that kind of makes it hard to watch on a week-by-week basis it is one of those seasons that improves on a rewatch right when you can actually see all of the little things that Kim's doing um, and you can see the mistakes that other people are making that kind of leads you know the result to happen Um, so it does improve on a rewatch but when I'm weighing it up, I think probably this is the right place for this to be on the list, so I'm not going to veto it. Um, I think it sits quite nicely on the list just outside the top 10, and I think probably people, when they look at this without hearing us talk about it, will probably be quite surprised it's so high up on this list. But I actually think we've made a pretty good case for keeping it reasonably high. It's nowhere near our bottom five, which is really, really cool. So I think it's actually in the right place. You know, I think it's not overrated or underrated. It's it's rated really well on our list. So um, sorry, Ben, I'm leaving it right where it is. I take it back. You look fucking ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in all seriousness, though, I will say that this is the one that I knew, no matter what I said, it probably would not. I mean, I'll be honest. I had this at number two. I'm not even going to lie. That that is how high I have it. And <laughs> what? There's, yeah, there's That's no way. Is... There's, there's no way that is going to get that high. I knew that. Um, but I for sure knew I'd have to fight for this one the most. Um, but it is what it is. So fuck you both. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be really interesting to see what you've put lower than that or what you put higher than that be interesting to see what your number one is really when we think about it i don't think you need to think about it too much but anyway uh, uh, i already know right. <laughs> it's gonna okay, go earlier so it's than a, one <laughs> so, so it's on me now right i'm next up you so are. so i think there might be more vetoes coming this way or maybe not it's hard to know um but i'm gonna pick our first all-star season um to put up here and ben you'll be very pleased to know it's not all-stars it's actually game changers um because i think um it's one of those seasons that's maybe got a reputation as being really dynamic and interesting and fun and you know got some big characters on it but i actually think the whole of the season w-h-o-l-e whole of the season (laughs) is um that it's actually there's it's pretty meh. There's kind of like nothing to it. Um, you know, I think Sarah played a, a good game without being really amazing. Um, I think it was designed to feel like you were being thrown around in a washing machine a little bit. Like it was just, you know, like there's all this stuff going on. And like Ben talked about earlier, like actually just being thrown one way or another and blindsides all the time doesn't necessarily make for a fun and interesting and entertaining season. Um, and this is one of those ones. I think it just it's crazy for the sake of being crazy. I think the whole idea of it being called Game Changers even in and of itself is a really stupid thing because like they should have just called it All-Stars 2 or found another name that was maybe a little bit more fitting for that group. You know, I don't know how some of those people are considered All-Stars. Um, you know, and I just think that there are some interesting 
kind of casting choices in there, you know, like people that I do kind of wonder why they were even there in the first place. Um, we didn't need an all-star season, only three seasons after the last one we'd had. It kind of takes the shine off off um, second chances, in my opinion, a little bit too. Um, yeah, I just think it's one of those ones that it's just there and it's, it's not that interesting. I think a lot of the kind of big interesting players go early, you know, all the three winners go early, which is kind of not surprising, I guess, but it kind of just makes it a pretty a pretty you know, just uninteresting season. It's one of those ones that I really struggle to go back and rewatch because I just don't think I'm going to see anything that really gets me too excited. Um, it feels like, like players like Sari, like it, it feels bad for her legacy, you know, because it feels like even though she made the final five and got that whole, you know, the whole advantage thing happened, it feels like she was carved out as being a pretty, not bad player, but pretty inconsequential player. You know, I just I just think that it probably was a, a season we didn't need. We didn't need Aussie back for a fourth time. Yeah, it just feels like an unnecessary season and one that's a really easy one to, to not watch again. I definitely agree with you on some of your points in terms of we didn't need it three seasons after Cambodia. I feel a full All-Star season is a special season that should be separated by a, a lot longer than three seasons. I think kind of, you know, technically, if you take in the fact that Koh Rong was filmed before Cambodia, you know, technically at that point we had them every 12 seasons, didn't we? So it was kind of, it was a nice little spread. You know, initially it was going to be every eight seasons and all this sort of stuff. So it did feel very quick to have another full one. And absolutely, Game Changers is a ridiculous title for this season. I'm with you. It should be called All-Stars 2 because then you can't question Caleb and Haley coming back on a season called Game Changers. If it's called All-Stars 2, fine. Like, that's okay. Um, the issue I have with it is that I, I definitely think this is another one of these underrated ones in the fact that I can see why people don't like it, but I also think people often overlook some of the great things about this season. I, I completely disagree about Sari. I think Sari just solidified herself as just an absolutely incredible player. There's a, an episode early on when she's talking with Ty where it's just, it's like watching LeBron James play against, you know, me in basketball. She, she's just running rings around him. It's just, it's so good to see how good she does. Sandra somehow comes into this, is the sixth voted out, and somehow improves her legacy. I just I can't fathom that. Tony comes out and has all but admitted, like, mate, I was fucked. I wasn't going to do any well, so I'm just going to be an absolute goofball and not give a shit what I do. And he was there for two episodes, but it was just fantastic to watch. JT, someone who I still stand by as a great winner and gets talked down on because of this move in this season and in Heroes vs. Villains, is a stone's throw away from that move working and looking like an absolute genius. And just seeing Malcolm go home in the shocked valley, like there's so many moments in this season that I remember is so good. I mean, the Jeff-Zeke thing, yeah, it was kind of a bit disgusting to watch, but at the same time, I think that was handled a way you should handle something like that, not like we had an island of the idols or it was just so overplayed. It was kind of done for one episode. It made a conversation for a week. Then we moved on. Um, and then watching someone like Brad Culpepper come out who was derided and hated, change his game so much that he nearly won. And then Sarah, who was one of the worst players I've ever seen in Survivor, come out and do what she did to win the game. I think she's the last true great winner we've had of Survivor. So, yeah, I'm, I'm vetoing this. This should be higher. Here's the funny thing. I have this a lot higher on my list. But Nick actually makes a lot of good arguments where... I started to look over the season and think, am I ranking it as high as I am just because I love Sarah's game and I love her win? Uh, or am I ranking it this high because it's a great season? I think what Nick was saying about, you know, it's just 
craziness and you know blindsides and stuff like that insanity just for the sake of craziness blindsides insanity that's sort of the thing that's become so tiresome with survivor now that everything is built just around tribal council and i struggle to really think about anything dynamic that we saw in this game that didn't come at a tribal council uh, and I think that's why I, I would probably, you know, if I revise my ranking rise now, I would put this a little bit lower. Um, there are other all-star seasons that I have bigger issues with, but I've also had the chance to rewatch those seasons. I've never gone back and rewatched Game Changers. But as Nick was sort of explaining it, I started to think to myself, like, you know, is there a reason why I haven't gone back and watched Game Changers? Um, you know, if I were to do it, it would be solely just to appreciate Sarah, uh, because uh, yeah, we do get, you know, the, the Sandra thing. I think we all said that at the time of the season. Somehow she improved by not winning and not even doing that well in the placings. Uh, then you got other people like Aubrey who just somehow worsen her game each time she's out there. Uh, you get like this redemption of, you know, Troyzan and Brad. Uh, but then you also get a lot of these pointless people like Andrea where it's like nobody asked for you back. Nobody asked for you back, Ozzy. Um, and, and people that you think should have actually made a bigger impact on this game like Debbie. I mean, Debbie is just not there. I think this is, it, it would have been better to be ranked as an all-star season instead of game changers. Cause we'll all agree. Game changers is a stupid title for this season. Cause half these people aren't game changers. Um, but uh, I'm really on the fence with this one because I want other all-star seasons to go lower than this, but on reflection, I don't know if I really would rank this as high as I did originally, so I'm not going to veto it. Wow! Oh, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Nick made an argument that worked. <laughs> you both suck. You both lied. I'm hanging up. This episode's over. <laughs> it's been a rough round for you. <laughs> a very rough round for me. I had one vetoed successfully, then two of my favorites. Well, Ganja is not my top ten. It's not my top twenty. Actually, no, it was 20th on my list. So there you go. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, let's get into... That was number 28. So number 27, uh, I'm putting it up again. David vs. Goliath. Uh, uh, there are worse seasons than this. Um, but, I mean, I don't really have much to add that I didn't add before. Uh, I, I'm kind of afraid of another season going lower than this. So I'm going to let it go in this spot. But... I still stand by, you know, the, the the last couple episodes of this show really do make up for, you know, a, a pretty lackluster beginning. Yeah, I'm with you this time. I'm 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 good on my word that um I you know I think that it probably um just bumping it up a couple of spots feels feels fair to me. Um, but I'll go back to what I said the first time and that I'll definitely agree with you that it's it's really an overrated season. Um, there is some good stuff about it. You can never be unhappy when um, somebody who's got the same name as you wins the season. So it'll always uh, <laughs> be a little bit special to me for that reason. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty happy to see it go here. Okay, thank the Davids and Goliaths. All right. Well, I've never had a player with my name win a season. Thanks, guys. Uh, I've never had a player play, play with had your a, had name. A play, play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm in the minority here. All right, so here's where it gets right. difficult because there is a season that I really want to go soon. Um, I don't know if it's going to get vetoed, but I also kind of want these other some of these other All Star seasons to go at this point, but. I'm just going to go with my initial list here and put up our first preteen season. 
Um, and probably the point uh, in watching Survivor where I started to slightly lose interest. Slightly lose interest to the point where I was watching it every week live. I, I still couldn't get enough of the show, but I wasn't really happy with the season for the first time in a long time. And I think the interesting thing about that is, you know, when I've gone back on a rewatch, I've had a lot more appreciation for the cast than I originally had. I'm not a fan of the winner at all. Um, I'm a big fan of a couple of the people, you know, who made the final four. And I think everybody's a fan of a few people here in the final four. Uh, but on reflection, I'm going to say the entire final eight are, are actually really strong and some of them quite underrated, but um, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of problems with the first half of the season you know, doing the four tribe thing, it clearly didn't work. Uh, I don't know why they tried it a second time. Uh, and then, you know, once we get to the merge, I just, I, I don't feel like anybody was really having fun. I feel like we had a lot of people who, we had at least one person who really was not having a lot of fun, that there's just this huge love behind them. Um, and I've never quite understood it, even though I, I see the entertainment value in somebody like Shane Powers. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I, don't really feel like it it made me enjoy a season more that I already wasn't enjoying. Uh, I think that Terry and Sari are fantastic, and I would love to see them back every single season. Uh, I actually really love Danielle as well, but like I just I don't know if there were many seasons at this point where I was as bored by a winner as I was by Aris. Um, but yeah, I'm going to put up Panama in this spot. Uh, I don't know if this is going to get vetoed because I think this is one of these seasons that almost in a way gets forgotten. It's sort of remembered only for Sari, but her legacy is more tied to her second season than it is this, I feel like. Uh, her story arc is fantastic. I wish we had more people like her on the season. I wish we had more people like Terry. But unfortunately, this is another one of these seasons where I feel like we got a lot of people who just weren't having fun and maybe didn't want to be there more than just Shane, who didn't want to be there. And it didn't really create the most positive second half of the season. Man, that's really interesting, I eh? like, because, um, you know, like, Exile Island's a funny season. It's kind of like the Jerry Springer of Survivor seasons. It's like watching all these people just fighting with each other, but it's kind of fun to watch that happen. Um, you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, if you don't like Shane, you're going to hate this season, because Shane is, is, even with Sari there and everything, he is the star of this show. Like, he, everything is so much more interesting when shane is on on screen but if you don't like shane then yeah it's not going to be fun for you that's for sure um yeah I, I, for, for me i think it is one of those ones where again like i think the cast is great um but they do get a little bit tedious they get a little bit um boring it is really interesting this is the only season where all of the final four have played again um which is funny because like i think like terry's a great character but he is um, he's like the Tom Westman understudy, you know, like he's the guy you call when Tom Westman can't make it. Um, and yeah, which is, which is really weird because he's a really great character, but just like exactly the same kind of prototype. Right. Um, and Ceres like such a, it was such a unique piece of casting, um, that, you know, like it was just so interesting, but you know, like you think back now, it's like she was reasonably close to being the first person voted off that season, you know, like how different things would be if that had happened. Um, and so I think there's, I think there's a lot to like, I think it's I think it's worth a rewatch, but I'm not sure that it really gets any better on a rewatch. Um, I think the final two is so boring. You know, like it is just one of those things of like production must have just been beside themselves at the final 
you know, like five when you've got Shane and Terry and Sari all still there, and then bang, 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 those two, those three go, and you're left with the two most boring people on the cast as your final two. So I think it's one of those things that just kind of peters out when it really, you know, if this had had a slightly different end, um, it would have been one of the all-time great seasons, I think. But yeah, I, I, I think it's probably right in the right spot. Uh, I think that was you ending. You cut out, but I'm going to yeah. go with you ended. Um, unless you just, I those hitmen I sent after you died, killed you. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, Panama is, we've said it how many times on this show, the, the quintessential middle season in the history of Survivor. Um, I, I actually really enjoy Panama. I think that... Um, the cast really. This is one of those seasons where the cast makes up for some of the boring moments or some of the the, the lesser moments. It's, it's kind of my one world argument that I think the cast is just so fantastic that to me it just makes a season, and I can just overlook any of its flaws. I I hated Sari the first time I watched her. I should have mentioned in one word. I hated Kim the first time I saw her, but now they're two of my favourite players. Um, and yeah, as you said, Nick, like Sari was nearly the first to go. I mean, Timotina could be the all time greatest non non winner of all time <laughs> had things gone differently. Who knows? I'm actually a lot higher up on Aris's win than a lot of people. I actually enjoy Aris as a character. I enjoy Aris's game. I enjoyed Aris coming back on Blood vs. Water, and I'm sad to not see him on um, Winners at War. But having said that, um, I've only got this. This is what, number 25? I had this on my list at um, 21. So I don't... Not that it would matter, because obviously Nick didn't veto it, but um, I'm not even going to bother putting it on the record anyway, because uh, this is... This is fine. It's nearly the middle, and that's Panama for you. So, yeah. Excellent. So that brings it back to me. It does. Hello, Nick. No. Okay. So You're still alive. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think um, somebody was trying to call me while I was on the phone while I was making my impassioned case for uh, it was Kim Spradlin. not vetoing this. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. Um, this is where it starts to get a little bit trickier for me. I feel like we've kind of moved into a new tier now. Um, they were into ones that are definitely not bad, um, but, you know, are maybe not at the top of your list of, like, rewatched seasons. Um, so I am going – it should be obvious because, like, you know, what's the next on my list? But you start thinking, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Gabon. Um and my reasoning for going with Gabon is kind of a little bit similar to Exile Island because I think great cast, not that actual interesting on the show. Um, and I think we've probably seen a couple of them back and they've been quite interesting. Um, the location is amazing. This is the one, This is the season that actually got me back into Survivor after taking a bit of a break, which sounds crazy to think now. But like uh, for me, location is such a big part of the show, and you know we've kind of lost that a little bit. Um, and I think this is a really good location. It's just so unique looking, and you know a, a kind of unique culture. And I, I think that they kind of made some of that, but then like the challenges were so weird. Um, that I think they kind of ruined, well, not ruined, but lost some opportunities here as well. Um, I think there's a lot of unlikable people. I think regardless of who you are, you're going to dislike somebody on the show. So like, lots of people hate Randy and hate Corinne. But you know, alternatively, there's lots of people who hate Crystal or Kenny or whoever. I think Bob is a perfectly fine winner. But again, I think it's just like he's kind of the leftover piece when all the dust settles and you know he ends up kind of like almost falling into the win. I think going back and rewatching it's not 
that fun because you don't get to see a lot of what Bob's doing to make for an interesting win. It's an okay season, um, but it, I, I just don't think it's got much more in there that makes you want to put this any higher. I think you make a very good point that we're really now into those numbers where they're not bad seasons. I think we can make arguments for the majority of these seasons. You know, we're, we're, this is number 25. So kind of, you know, we're well past the bad seasons. We're kind of into that lower middle tier seasons now. And looking at my list, I've still got so many that I consider bad seasons. Well, not more bad than good. And these are kind of, you know, maybe more good than bad now. I have Gabon higher than this. So I'm just going to say right now that I'm, probably more on the fence here with a potential veto just because I think this is one of those seasons where the gameplay is horrible but the cast is so good that again you can just overlook it and it's just this cast is incredible like this is one of those seasons that just improves so much on every single rewatch but I, I think you're absolutely right like you will hate someone on this season but like even the people you hate like you can still I think find an appreciation for them and I think we've had so many people in this season that we still haven't even ever seen back that you know I want to see Ken come back I want to see Crystal come back you, you know like it's just people like that are so interesting to me but then you look at Ace like Ace is one of my favourite like pre-mergers of all time I think the pre-merge in this is so like they're all entertaining you know GC going missing and uh, you know of course our Lord and Master Jillian you know we wouldn't exist if it wasn't for her just like it's just and the location as you said it's fantastic um bob is a bit of a letdown as a winner bob's a super nice guy but you know it's just really kind of such a blair winner and even the final three like i love sugar and i don't want to defend offend colin hicks he'll come and hunt me down and kill me i never used to like sugar at the time but sugar's one of these ones that have grown to me and i really do like now but i mean the final three is kind of crap like because sugar was never going to get a vote i've been a bit of a Susie defender just because you know, she did pretty good in that final tribal. She won a couple of immunities and she only lost by a vote. But when your choice is between Susie and Bob to win, I mean, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm really on the fence here. I, I have this a few spots higher, but, yeah, Collins, I don't know if you're videoing it, but you might need to sell me here if you are. So this was the quickest I ever gave up on a season of Survivor of the ones where I just didn't watch it, you know, week by week. Two episodes in, I'm like, I don't want to watch this anymore. Uh, and then with two weeks left in the season, I'm like, well, you know, I have some time off from work. Let me see if I can catch up on it. Watched all the episodes over the course of a few days, all up to, to, to the finale. Um, this is number three on my list. I'm going to give that wow. away. This is, this is my guilty pleasure by far. And, and I agree with everything that Nick says. This is a train wreck of a season, and it is such an unlikable cast, but this is the polar opposite of Worlds Apart from me because this is an unlikable cast where it feels like the people are almost having fun being unlikable, you know? The perfect example being Crystal, you know, screaming her vote to the camera with Randy there. They're totally aware they can't stand each other, and they're like, you know what? This is this is not just life. This is kind of fun. Like this, it's a fun rivalry. It's almost like everybody here was playing characters. And you get somebody like Sugar. Like I'm just gonna say, Sugar. I would take a bullet for Sugar, legit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm aware she is a complete train wreck. I'm aware that her game was you know a nightmare to watch. There are reasons why her game were a nightmare to watch. You, I'm not even gonna get into that argument. But that's what makes this all the more fun. And I think some of these other seasons, you know, that we've gone through, like Worlds Apart and, uh, you know, Panama um, and Caramon, where it's just it comes down to all these people are like, you know, this is, you know, the, the, the finals we get. 
here it actually makes it a fun season. And I like the fact that we have a winner like Bob because at least he's a likable guy, you know? Uh, and, and yeah, like Ace, how, we have all these other seasons where we, they brought back countless people. And the untapped potential there would be for returning players in the season is just it's it's mind-boggling like like kenny maddie like uh, maddie like how is he not back ace um marcus like who doesn't want to see marcus again right <laughs> there's lots a lot of him see. i know <laughs> um <laughs> and, and the location uh and a lot of people complain about you know the triple tribe switch i think that's part of what makes this game so entertaining to watch because it never got boring and regardless they knew that they had a season and a cast that was just going to be a train wreck and like let's just have fun with it. So I'm I'm hands down vetoing this. Um Nick, I don't know if you got anything quickly to add in kind of defending against the veto. Um I mean it probably just comes down to a little bit of personal taste. I mean uh, rewatching some of those characters is just not fun for me. Like I just, I just don't get a lot out of like the crystals and Kenny's of the world. I mean, I guess probably cards on the table. I'm more of a Corinne fan than basically anybody on this else on the season. And so it's quite hard watching for me because most of these people are against Corinne. Um, so I'm a Corinne and Randy kind of a guy. And, and I just find, yeah, the, the likes of sugar are just like, just, I find that hard to watch. Um, and, you know, like, Maddie, he's fine. He's there. You know, like, I, I just don't really get heaps out of them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's a bit of a personal taste thing. I think if you enjoy a train wreck season, you're probably going to love this one. But if you kind of want to see strategy, and, like, I'm definitely not the biggest strategy head guy. I realize that that's not what the show is. But I think you need a little bit of it. And I think just this is – I think this is just such a – like it feels like the right place to sit on the list right next to Exile Island because they are so similar. They are the two seasons that kind of – are so similar in so many ways. I think the thing that I find the most difficult about what we're doing here – like if this was our player ones where, you know, this early point – and it's not really early point. We're basically almost at the halfway, but it's kind of – you know, when you're at the halfway point, you, you, I, the thing that I'm looking at right now is that there are there are seasons on my list that should have gone before Gabon that haven't, and that makes it, you know, like yeah, it makes me want to veto, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, you know, how much further can I put Gabon? You know what I mean? Like, is it really worth saving this to, for it to go like two, three spots? So, um, I've got uh, no, nah, sorry, Colin. I mean, you you both you made some very good points. <laughs> you really did make some very good points, but it's just. I don't know. Like, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Noah. Ah, fuck Noah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just wait for my next pick, Ben. <laughs> That's what putting one world up, you bastard. Um, um, wow, so two of our top threes have, have gone. <laughs> Nick, none of your... Was South Pacific in your top three? No. It okay, was number right. 20. Credibility redeemed. <laughs> Um, all right, number 24, let's get back into the 30s. Uh, not even going to beat around the bush, co-wrong. Uh, look, this is just so on par with Millennials Gen X, and this, if this goes now, it's going to end up eight spots higher than Millennials vs Gen X. You sort of mentioned about how Gabon and Panama are kind of interchangeable in that sort of 
that period. And I think Ko Rong's the same. The, the thing I think Ko Rong has against Millennials Gen X is a much better cast. I think it's a lot more entertaining. I really enjoyed the early um, parts of the season. Uh, and I think kind of there was enough unpredictability about it that it was really hard to predict who was going to win. I mean, everybody loved Aubrey and everybody thought she was going to win. But I, I kind of went into that kind of like, ah, oh, you know, you know, this is anyone's game. It was kind of one of these seasons where I just really had no clue who was going to win at the end. Uh, I think we've had some good people come back. I mean, Ty's a terrible player, but Ty's such a great character. Uh, and I would watch Ty on so many seasons. Um, I, I love the whole dynamic with kind of um, the the idol situation where they had the, what the dual idols basically you had to have one together to be the super idol again I'm I'm not a huge game body person but like it's just weird little things like that that I actually enjoy um, but yeah I mean I liked Kyle you know I like Scott I, I love Sydney Sydney was great the fact that we had somebody over 70 again in Joe that was so much fun to see that again Debbie I mean God's sakes Debbie is incredible um, what a character, but I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. I had this at number 29 on my list and this is number 24. So this is kind of slipped through the cracks slightly for me. So yeah, co-wrong at number 24. I'm next up, aren't I? Uh, no, Colin is. Oh, Colin. Sorry. I'm getting confused. I've had too many beers already. <laughs> um, oh, I really don't have this that much higher, but I, I kind of have a love hate relationship with this, uh, this season. Um, you know, I think the this was the last season we covered on Survivor Oz, and it was definitely a very stressful season to cover. We were, I think, overextended on about three episodes a week at that point. Uh, but yet, when I look back, I remember there were a lot of things to talk about on this season, at least. And I think there some of the other ones, I, I think this deserves to be higher than the ones that have been put up up until now. Uh, because there was more going on this season, and and there was you know a lot of great characters. Like I'm glad you mentioned Joe and Sydney because I feel like they're kind of forgotten. And as we were heading into you know the 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 finale or whatever, uh, obviously what we ended up getting, I just feel like we got less and less interesting people the closer you get to the top. Uh, because I would have been totally for like Joe and Sydney winning this thing, uh, but Ty, yeah, hands down, one of the most entertaining players. He's in that Angelina category. It doesn't matter how bad he is as a player; he's so much fun to watch. The, the Michelle win it really does take away from me, and I know there's all these big Michelle defenders out there, and I'm not even going to argue the point of oh well, she did this, she did this. It's just the fact we saw so little of her. So my complaint's going to be that you you have a winner that the show, for one reason or another, chose not to profile. Now, you could say the same thing about Danny, and, you know, I've already made cases, you know, on this uh, this month we're covering here, why I think Danny is the person to beat in um, Winners at War. Uh, but I still think we saw more out of Danny than we saw out of Michelle. Um, I don't feel like it was an overall satisfying game that we got, but I think there were a lot of really entertaining moments. I kind of, I'm the same boat as, you know, you or Gabon Ben. Like, I... I uh, I wish there were some other seasons that were going before this, but I, I'm i not really opposed to the spot this is going to get. So I'm not going to veto it. Um, well, for the record, I will veto it, even though I'm, I'm outnumbered. Um, this is the highest one I've had go so far. So this is 14 for me, so this is quite high. Um, I think for me, I really, really like the, the brain brawn beauty idea. I think it works well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just think it, it's a good theme for the season. Um, I think there is, this is an amazing cast. I think, um, you know, obviously the people you've already talked about, Ty, your Debbies, your, um, you know, your Kyle Jason, your, uh, what's the name of the, the basketball dude? Um, he's Scott. really good as well. Scott. 
um scott yeah yeah um and you know i just i think i think it's really really good um this is one of those ones that my winner pick went out really really early and i still i still really enjoyed the <laughs> this season um jennifer was my winner's pick if anyone remembers her um, oh she was great when she stood up in tribal council <laughs> yeah yeah that's right yeah that was her yeah yeah, and uh, this is the one that had um, Darnell, right? He was the like, the first the first boot. Right. Um, so yeah, great season. I I liked the the extra twists that they brought in, which weren't crazy twists. So you obviously had the whole, um, you know, if you combine two idols, it turns into a super idol. Like cool idea, and requires a lot of kind of social interaction to make it happen. And like to me, that's what a good twist should look like, right? It's not just kind of finding something and getting lucky. And you know, I, I think it's a really nice way to kind of evolve the game on. Um, I love the ending of the season, and um, that there was so much. Again, it's a bit like that whole Cochrane vote that I talked about earlier. Is that there was, you know, it kind of split the fan base. You're either a Michelle fan or a or an Aubrey fan and um, you know, people kind of took their corners and, and absolutely defended which one they thought should have won and did win and didn't win and all that kind of stuff. And, and I thought that was awesome. Um, you know, it was just a really cool time to be a fan was actually in seeing that kind of split in the fan base and, and people kind of passionately arguing their case. Um, and a lot of that was also down to the edit. You know, people were saying they saw the edit was going to show Michelle was winning and, and other people were saying that no. And I, I love that stuff. I think that was really, really cool. Um, there was some stuff I didn't like about the season. I didn't like all the, the kind of medevacs, although the Caleb one was pretty, um, pretty intense, you know, and you kind of got the look, kind of look behind the curtain at, at you know, the, the, kind of crew or just dropping cameras and kind of getting involved and stuff, which was really cool. But um, yeah, a few too many medevacs. I didn't like the whole Michelle got the opportunity to um, vote one of the jurors out. I thought that was a bit weird. Um, and I didn't like that we, Michelle, yeah, like, you know, like you had one less person in that finale and then so it turned into a, you know, an extra challenge, which wasn't for anything. It was just for an advantage in the game, which I thought was a bit weird that late in the game. Um, so yeah, I, I really, really like it. I know that there's problems with it, um, and I think this is going a little bit too early. But um, yeah, I'm outnumbered, and um, I respect the system. Okay, all right, Colin. Uh, so now let's get into some of the All Star seasons. I think should have maybe <laughs> gone before Game Changers, but um, uh, this to me, the all the good things I remember about this season was the preseason stuff, which I think was one of the most exciting things we ever saw in Survivor. Uh, and it's something I wish they would do again, you know, giving the fans the chance to vote people back into the game uh, and giving us people that we, you know, had never had before. Let's give you people. They, they're only going to be returning for the first time or whatever. And uh, I just, I, I love the idea. I think we, I remember the coverage we had where it's like, how many of these potential people who are looking for votes can we get on the show and i i'm still devastated that you know we we didn't get t-bird and we didn't get stephanie valencia um and you know the people we had in the cast i mean i'm, I'm perfectly happy with but i don't know there was just something about cambodia to me that, that screams middle of the road like kind of what you're saying about panama this i don't feel like this was an overly strong season uh, i remember liking game changers a lot better although as i said i think you know the, the argument that was made against game changers I can kind of see now um, and maybe this is one of these ones where if I went back and watched it, I'd have more appreciation for, but we're not that far removed from it. Uh, I can't really do that. It's just, I don't know the, the, nothing about Cambodia at the time th that I disliked, but there's nothing about Cambodia that I absolutely loved. 
Right. Well, it's a, it's a one-two punch because this is right up on my list as well. Um, <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll chuck in a veto for this one. I think, um, I think just that the, the um, excitement it created in the fan community before the season had even started, I think, kind of makes it a little bit special and makes it different from any other season that we've seen before that. And I think that kind of just gives it a couple of extra notches that, you know, it's got something over other seasons because of that. Um, I think it gave us the opportunity to kind of see some players back that I think a lot of the fan base had wanted to see back and you know, Kelly Wigglesworth's an obvious example of that but there were others as well um, and you know and I think it actually delivered I think we saw again it, it felt like a fairly kind of natural transition in in the game um, you know things like the kind of hidden idols at challenges I thought was a really really cool way to kind of up the ante in terms of um, advantages before we get into the kind of craziness that we've got now um, so I, I really like the element to it I think kind of the, the most interesting people made it to the end as well, which helped. So I think Jeremy was a really, really good, solid winner um, without being amazing, but he had a strategy that he articulated really well about the whole meat shield thing and he just kind of just did it um and and i think that was really really good um and you know i think it was good to see the likes of spencer and tasha being inside an alliance and and not being able to pull it off you know because i think the whole thing about kagayan is that they were kind of on the outsides and everybody was kind of desperate to see what it would be like if those guys could actually be on the inside of an alliance and it's quite cool to see them you know not make that work um Obviously, seeing Kelly Wentworth back and, and play really, really well was fantastic. So it was good to see somebody like that make it to the end and play well. I think her idol play was, you know, one of the best moments in the show. Um, you know, a really, really cool moment because you just don't see that now. You know, like you just there's so many kind of vote splits and you know that whole thing about somebody kind of nullifying that many votes in one tribal council was just incredible. You know, a really, really cool moment. Um, so I, I really like that, um, and I kind of even like the Joe stuff. I'm not a massive Joe fan, but I did kind of like his impact on the season the whole kind of thing of you know didn't give up a challenge until he kind of basically fainted i think was was awesome i think that was really cool um and you know even some of those early episodes i think the kind of a little bit of a shock of seeing something like vetus go first it probably was not somebody that a lot of us were expecting would be the person that would go first um and you know just even like the kind of you know that kind of the ballad of Jeff Varner, you know, right at the start of the season where he's desperately trying to get into the game and, and just kind of can't make it work. And I, I thought that was really, really cool. It was a little bit kind of heartbreaking to see him kind of fall short on what he was trying to do. So for me, it kind of everything kind of worked. I do see some of Colin's points. I think I think there is a little bit too much of the kind of game body stuff about it, you know, that it does feel like some some of it does feel really, really about the strategy and you kind of lose the personalities in it a little bit too. But I just think the novelty factor of seeing your Wigglesworths, your, you know, even your fishbacks and, and uh, people like Andrew Savage kind of come back into the game, I think just makes it something that it's almost like a bit of a spectacle watch. And um, for me, I, I, I really love the season, um, even though I know it has some flaws. Yeah, Vito. Um, I look. I can't disagree with some of the things you said, Colin. I, I I definitely think it's it's very game body, and it, it's not as good on a rewatch. I have rewatched this season since it was on, and it, it definitely isn't as good on a rewatch. But I think the positives outweigh the negatives. Um, and having said that, if I'm to rank all four of the full returning player seasons, I actually have this fourth, funnily enough. Um, but still, I think that it's 
that shows how high I've got all the full returning players on my list. Um, I think, Nick, like as I said, the, the spectacle of seeing some of these players come back. I hadn't been this excited for a season in a long time and kind of was glued every single week to watch these players. And I also think it was, Nick, that you said too that all the interesting people made it to the end. I think we lost kind of a lot of the duds early on and that made it more interesting. And it was a very wide open game for large portions. I mean, Kimmy Kappenberg could have won this game. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, how did we ever think that was going to happen? So, yeah, I think the positives far outweigh the negatives of this season. And to me, this is easily a top 20 season. So um, I'm going to have to be a bit more defensive of the, the gaps between where I've got things and where they're ending up right now. So, yeah, sorry, Colin. Vito. All right. <clears throat> Next up. Uh... <laughs> Now we're really at the point where you, you feel like there's going to be somebody who could potentially veto every time. Um, but uh, here's another one that um, I feel like is is coming off of kind of like second chances, taking a concept that worked about returning players and then just wasn't as effective the second time around. Uh, I think that it was way too soon to uh, redo or, or do the sequel to uh, this twist just like one year later. And I don't feel like what we got was uh, nearly as entertaining, nearly as satisfying. Or I don't feel like the cast was nearly as compelling. Uh, I think the biggest arguments that could be made in defense for the season is all the stuff just after the merge, which was incredible to watch. And I think in retrospect, I think at the time I was very let down that the two biggest characters of the season ended up going, you know, basically as soon as we hit the jury uh but you know looking back now i think it is a great way to actually present the show and surprise the audience but i just i don't think that there was enough meat on the bones here and i also would be quite worried to see if the uh the first season of this could potentially make it higher i also don't feel like i really want this season to go much higher so um i'm talking about san juan del sur of course which came out you know only two seasons after blood versus water i think it was just a rush concept and, and kind of like you know brains brawn beauty you know it worked one time because you just had the right cast and i don't think the second time it necessarily worked the same it's not a thing about it being uh you know an all new cast versus an old old one um or mix of you know, old um i actually am a huge fan of natalie and her win i think this is uh the opposite of what we got with Michelle, where I feel like with Michelle, you know, you really have to watch closely to see how they built her you know, as a winner for for the sake of making a television show and not just, oh, well, you know, here's something she did that would justify a win. But I feel like Natalie was barely there for a lot of the season. And then right near the end, they planted just enough seeds so that you had the doubt that she would win because she was, you know, uh, not a big enough character, but yet she played well enough that you could understand her winning. But it, still, it's just, you know, a season where all the good stuff happens right in the middle and everything that comes before it is just okay and everything that comes after it is just okay. Man, can I, can I have Cambodia back as an option now? <laughs> <laughs> Um, for, uh, definitely a veto for me. Um, this is one of my favourite seasons, and it's probably my kind of guilty pleasure. Um, in in terms of, I, I just think it's got a lot going for it. I think it's really, really underrated, um, and I actually prefer it um, hugely over the other Blood versus Water. Um, and I guess my reason for that is that I think probably 
there's just some really interesting personalities on here and they seem to work really, really well. I think episode by episode, there's actually not many bad episodes on this season. I think there are three in the middle, which is kind of the, the post-swap, which is the two Wentworth boots and then the Julie quit episode, which are not great. I think everything leading up to that is really good. The whole kind of John Rocker stuff at the start makes it a really good season, uh, a good start to the season, I, I mean. Um and then, obviously, as, as Colin rightly says, those two episodes after Julie quits, um, where we get the kind of back-to-back vote-offs of kind of the two that probably were like the favourites to win straight away is really good. But then we kind of get the whole jo- kind of John Jacklin thing, which is great TV. Um, John's this kind of kind of goofy character, but also like is not a bad player either, which is kind of like this weird dichotomy of, of different players, which makes him really, really interesting. Um, and, and so then you're kind of expecting those two are going to kind of take over the game, and then they kind of get taken down and then the finale i think is one of the best finales of all time i think it really is amazing um and you know kind of natalie just turns into this boss that just takes the game over and she kind of just like brings people under her wings like this little mob boss and just you know like makes baylor feel really safe and then just like completely cuts her which is fantastic um but for me i think one of the things that makes this such a great season is actually missy because she's such a like one of those characters that lots of people absolutely hate um and but you know she's she's kind of like this reasonably good player um but just has these kind of blind spots which means that you know she can never just quite make herself into a good player um i think they're kind of like limping her way through the end is is not a great way to end the game for her but i do think she's just like this really interesting player in the kind of the middle of everything um and yeah i i I just i really like the season i like kind of some of those other key players like the kind of wes and and keith nail obviously too you know is like a big player in the season um yeah, I, just, I think it's just got lots going for it. I think it's a fun season, and I think it probably is one of those ones that the expectations were reasonably low. I think lots of people heard about the season and was like, ugh, Blood versus Water kind of worked just in, you know, in spite of itself, but it's never going to work again. And then for me, it actually works even better the second time around. Um, and that's largely, you know, well, one of the big reasons for me is that I, I hate Redemption Island. And I think it just works better without Redemption Island. Like that real shock value of that first, the second episode where they all come in and Natalie realizes that Nadia is gone. And it's kind of like, she's never going to see her in the game again. She's, she's gone. And that kind of makes it a really kind of key moment. And I just, I love that whole idea of like twin sisters. One gets voted out first and the other one wins. I think that's just a really, really, cool kind of you know kind of mirror image of the game and i do really like this is different from blood versus water that actually rather than all the singles kind of getting together and taking the game over it's actually these pairs of people that are still in the game that kind of take it over so it's a bit of a different dynamic from the first blood versus water yeah like i say one of my absolute favorites Sorry, Colin, you are the Kate of this episode. Uh, Veto, oh. yes. Um, I'm with Nick every step of the way. This is one of my biggest guilty pleasures. Um, yeah, it's just this season is just so good. And I think this is so much better than the original Blood vs. Water. The cast is fantastic. Uh, just the dynamics. The Josh Jeremy stuff is some of the greatest stuff we've seen in Survivor easily in the last 20 seasons. Um, and the fact that as a viewer, they're gone straight away and you're like, well, who the hell's winning this season now? Like it just, and that was the first time in how long that we had no clue really if you actually worked out who was going to win it. Um, yeah, I don't really want to drag this out too long because I feel Nick covered everything. And I, I, probably the most fun I had in all the Survivor Oz days of covering a season was this season because Every week, everyone was just saying how much they hated this season. And I remember just every week going, this season's fantastic. Shut up, haters. Um, And it was just, 
like it was so enjoyable to watch. I rewatched it afterwards, and it was so much more enjoyable to watch. Whereas the original Blood vs Water to me just goes down so badly on a rewatch. So, yeah, no, Vito, absolutely. All right, I've got two more that I know for a fact I'm probably going to get vetoed on. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to go with another choice here. Uh, but in all honesty, uh, all three of these are ones that I could let go of at the the same time, uh, as well as the two previous ones that I tried to let go of at the same time. This is my block here. Uh, but um, I'm going to go uh, in the teens here. And uh, it's already been brought up once as a season that a lot of people, you know, knock, even though, you know, uh, obviously, I think based on this position, we're bigger fans than a lot of people are. Um, this is kind of to me, one world without the twist, without the one world twist in a way that it actually does work better. So I'm going to be talking more positively just because the reputation this season is more negative. Uh, I think that this season gave us one of the greatest winners of all time. And the biggest difference being, I think that there are a lot of seasons that gave us a great winner where they didn't necessarily make good TV. Uh, Biggest difference being Earl makes great TV. And, uh, you know, Yao Men obviously makes great TV. Um, I, I honestly love the whole cast. I feel like I'm making an argument for something that should be ranked higher. But, I mean, let's also remember, this is a season that most people would expect to be probably closer to the bottom. Um, Boo is hilarious. But, like, this is also one of these seasons where a lot of the people, like Gabon, which is gone already, people, uh, uh, <laughs> did not really know what they were doing. And, and you're watching a lot of foolish players play. And I'm glad we got the finals that we got because they were the only people who had any brains in their head. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's just a, a lot of train wreck cast members on the season. And it also is one where I think maybe the environment was really rough on the people or, you know, the, the, just the season whole, it was rough enough, at least on one person that they didn't even make it on the season. But, uh, this has to be a fair position for Fiji one way or the other, right? Uh, yeah, no, third time's a charm, Colin. I'm definitely yeah, with you on right. this one. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, it is one of those ones that had a really bad reputation to start with and kind of people have defended it so much that it's now gotten a reputation that maybe doesn't deserve anymore. Like, it, it does have some good moments. Um, and obviously the ones that are, that are really memorable, like the whole, you know, the Dreams, Yao Man Car thing is obviously, you know, like a, a big deal. Um, and there's some great episodes there towards the end, I think, that had kind of forgotten the whole kind of idol plays with, um, Alex and Eduardo and all that kind of stuff I think is I actually think is really good but I think we do have to remember we had this stupid kind of have versus have not twist which you know doesn't work um, and it's again it's a little bit like One World that they kind of took you know like what could have been a good season and, and then did this stupid thing that kind of you know just skewed the, the result a little bit which is a real shame um, and so it's kind of just watching one tribe get decimated, you know, like over and over again. It is pretty hard to watch. Um, so yeah, that, that, that is pretty annoying. Um, and, and I just think it's easy to forget that there are actually a lot of quite boring episodes, you know, like quite a few. Um, and you know, like it largely pre-merge. I think once you hit the merge, it does get a lot more interesting. There's also some really weird stuff like the merge episode where you have like that. They, they then split into two teams and half goes to tribal council and like that all just feels a bit weird weird like michelle kind of gets a bit kind of randomly thrown out of the game because of that and so so yeah for for me i think this is a really fair place for this one to go 
Uh, Vito, just for the record, this is way too oh. low for Fiji. I'm one of these lovers of it who just gets better and better every time. This cast is incredible. How Yao Man is only the only one to come back is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the finale, just all that drama around Yao Man and Dreams, is. I think this is one of the greatest finales we've ever had of all time. Earl's win gets so overlooked as such a great win of this game about how masterful Earl was in this season. Uh, he's a top 10 winner to me. Um, and just the rest of the cast, like Lisi, Rocky, Anthony, um, you know, the, the four horsemen, just everything around that was so good. And Yao Man, like, I got so much shit in our player rankings of putting him so low as a player, but I mean, you know, as a character and everything else, he's just so goddamn good. And even Cassandra, mm-hmm, like, just <laughs> so good. Um, don't forget Ducky doesn't. Kwan. A Ducky Kwan, exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, there's, again... There's no point. It's gone, I'm sure. But um, I had this at 11th on mine. So, yeah, it is what it is. And I should mention, Nick, before we get to you, I haven't actually been saying what number we're up to. Uh, Nick is about to give number 22. Fiji is 23rd on this list now. Okay, well, I think there's one that's kind of been scooting below the radar a little bit that we probably need to deal to. Um, It's always hard being that season that follows an all-star season. Um, And I think this one has actually, you know, like gone a little bit of crap over the years um, that it probably didn't deserve. Um, But we are talking about, you know, season 22 on this list now. And I think Nicaragua has probably gotten a little bit too high on this list, to be honest. I think we probably let it get away on us. Um, it's got some great moments. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I think probably it gets a little bit more shit than it probably deserves. Um, but there is some pretty rubbish stuff on here too. I think probably the pre-merged and pre-swap stuff is, is not great to watch, you know, like kind of the whole old versus young thing just doesn't really work. You've got the lovely medallion of power. Let's not us forget about that little um we've also got you know like just you know our random kind of you know two people quit in one episode thing which isn't great i think the show actually makes the best out of a pretty crappy situation there to be honest um but then we just have some pretty kind of random stuff i think you know one of the things that kind of hits home to me is if you go back and watch the finale the first um um, immunity challenge in there is literally it feels like they forgot there was an immunity challenge coming up and they just randomly found whatever stuff they could find in the gear shed and, and made this crappy little challenge like there's just some really dumb stuff there's stupid product placement this was the you know the age of the jack and jill challenge and you know all that kind of stuff so while i think there is some quite fun stuff and i think fabio makes an interesting winner and in amongst all our other kind of really strategic winners it's good to have a fabio type winner i think that um there is some really kind of like kind of crappy stuff in here too 22 on the list this isn't bad for for nicaragua i think coming into this a lot of people will be surprised it's this high so this feels like a good place to to um to park this one in my opinion veto um no um <laughs> shut up um this is just oh like this it may be the dumbest season in terms of players and just nothing in terms of what we so-called a strategy, but I think this is what makes this season so fucking fantastic. I think this is just... A, you talk about, I think, Gabon, Colin, being such a train wreck of a season with the cast and everything. This is what this entire season is, and it just makes it fucking fantastic. I mean, Fabio is a survivor winner, and we can look at that because of this season. And it's just so much fun. Like, watch, binge watch this in, like, two days and tell me you don't love how fun this season is with just the stupidity of the type of players we've got on it. I mean, it's just such a shit show, which just makes it fantastic. And, again, this is one of those seasons where it's like Fiji. Like, how have we only had one player come back? And that player is fucking Brenda. 
I mean, you could not pick a worse player to come back from this season. Uh, I mean, Holly should be coming back from this season. Marty, how are they not coming back? You know, even Sash, bring him back. Um, Jane, Benry, basically Benry, Nayonka. Um, just the, the cast speaks volumes for itself. Um, I know I'm not going to have support from Colin, but I just have to put it out there. Nicaragua is my 10th. I have this on the top <sighs> 10. So, um, just one of these seasons that just gets better with age. I love Nicaragua. Um, and yeah, so it's a veto for me. Um, I will say I think that 22 might be a little bit low for this Nick because I had it at 20, so I'm not going to be low, but (laughs) (laughs) I had it slightly higher. Um, I I would have rather San Juan de Silva went over this because I feel that the... I feel that the seasons play out very similar. Like they, they, they kind of end, you know, uh, in a lackluster way just because you have this expectation. I, I completely disagree with the funny thing is the only thing I really, really disagree with Ben on uh, is Brenda because I think that Brenda's, you know, a great character. And I think she was a player who played hard, which when you see what the finals of the season ended up being, I mean, I would have been okay with somebody who was maybe a little bit impulsive, maybe played a little bit too hard you know to their detriment over what we ended up getting i think that the final three really does hurt this season uh and obviously you know the twist doesn't work for the season and yeah the jack and jill thing is pretty terrible but we had the same thing as samuel del sur here we had these two players who were kind of at odds and were both like the, the hardest players in the game they were the ones who wanted control they were out front and center we had brenda and marty and then they just go back to back pretty much as soon as we hit the jury. Uh, and had they lasted longer, I think we would have had a more interesting season here. Uh, the quits do hurt this as well. Although, uh, you know, I think you, Nick, you put it up and you even said they did the best with that they could. It's pretty remarkable how they redeem this despite that. And yeah, I also do agree with you, Ben. I think that this is another train wreck season that, you know, is so much more enjoyable the first time. I really... I really disliked this season the first time I saw it. And then when I went back and rewatched it, I don't think I've ever had a season where a second viewing improved it more for me. This went from being, this is one of the worst seasons I've seen to, it's probably my top half. I had it literally just outside my top half. 22 is just a little bit lower than that. I think I'm okay with it. To correct you both, it was Gulliver's Travels. Jack and Jill was in South Pacific. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to remember right. which way around those two horrible movies were. You know we were going to get comments wait, wait, about wait. that. <laughs> Nick, Nick, would that make your South Pacific ranking lower now? No, that. <laughs> I just remember there being two shitty movies. Uh, which, which, one Jack, which one had Adam Sandler? I can never remember. <laughs> Um, all right, before we get into basically now our next half, and it's going to be interesting actually, because I feel like as weirdly as it might take longer, it also might take quicker because I think also the top 20 is kind of set and it's just, it's how anal we're going to be about their positioning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so just quickly in terms of the vetoes now, well, um, I've now vetoed seven times, Nick six times, Colin only twice. Having said that, Colin's had five of his choices had vetoes against, two of them successfully. <laughs> Nick's had four of his vetoed against, none successfully, and I've had three of mine against, only one successfully. Uh, in terms of the season numbers, none from the first nine have gone yet. Four from 10 to 19, five from 20 to 29, and nine are from 30 to 39. There's only one hovering around there. And uh, we've got 13 original seasons have been up, 14 left, two mixtures, two 50-50s, and three full all-star seasons. So there you go. All right, number 21. And both, bad, 
V-twists are gone. Yes. <laughs> uh, number 21, it's me. Uh, I don't know how this is going to go down. Because um, I actually had this at number 28 on my list, and this is number 21, so it's a lot higher than I would have had it on my personal list. But um, Panama is often talked about as the most meh middle ground season. This, to me, goes side by side of it. Is It's just, it's there. It's like it's not a bad season. It's not a terror. It's not a brilliant season. This has got some of maybe the greatest characters from the history of Survivor. Uh, we've had what four of them return. One of them went on to win on his third time. Uh, one of them went on to come back two more times, and people say just destroyed his legacy again. I always argue that. I think he just you know it's fifty fifty luck of the draw. We had one who very nearly won, maybe should have won a season. That's a different argument. But then even outside of that, we've got some great characters that you would argue should come back. Aaron, Taj, Sierra, you know, people like that are great characters. Um, some of the early boots were fantastic as well. Jerry, I know, Colin, you're a huge Jerry fan from memory, uh, and I'm a huge Jerry fan. This is Jerry Sims, of course. Um, Sandy, she was fun from the, the days that you remember her. And it was it had a very interesting merge where basically, you know, we had one tribe with so many numbers up, but then they just basically fucked over, and then we had the jalapeno people come through and, you know, take the game. So, yeah, I mean, Token Sheen's, you know, it's there. Uh, it's a lot higher up than I would have put it if this was just me ranking it. But, uh, I mean, this is 21. This is kind of like middle of the road, and I feel that's token teens in a nutshell. Uh, I have a more positive opinion on this season. Uh, I'm going to veto. Uh, this is just one of the arguments. But, I mean, what we said about Gabon just being a very unique location, I feel, feel that's the same with token teens. This, the location is so unique, and I think that helps the season. Um, also... JT is a winner. I mean, we need to – you've been saying this, Ben. We need to forget about what he did in later seasons and appreciate what he did here. He went beyond a puppet master in this season. I mean, he he worked everybody strategically, socially, on every single level. By far outgunned going into this merge and then somehow takes control of the game. Uh, he surrounds himself with a person who he knew would be 100% loyal – who he knew was going to play every single move as him, but who he knew was not going to be as socially strong. JT was identified so early in the game as just being so charming. And it was Steven who said that. Steven's like, you know, I'm just, I'm drawn to this guy. And that was the smartest thing JT did was he teamed up with the guy who was going to make every move with him, who was going to be loyal 100% of the way, but who identified him as a better social player. And Steven goes to the end with JT. Um, so many other great characters in here too. You know, I mean, Tyson, this is probably the only time I really enjoyed Tyson as a character. And Debbie is so good. Like there's another one of those characters. Like, I don't know why Debbie has not come back. Uh, you know, you could say like, you know, Taj, obviously, you know, I think she's kind of become forgotten for some reason because she was like a fan favorite. I think she won the fan favorite in the season. She's kind of being unforgotten, but I mean, I would vote for Debbie over almost anybody else on the season to come back. Um, I just think that the, this season gets better with every single episode, and I think we get the best. You know, everybody who makes the merge really were the best people to make that merge on this season. So yeah, I have to veto this one. It's interesting because um, this is quite high on my list, and when Ben put it up, I was like, 
Yeah, happy to let this go, really. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad Colin's vetoed it because now I can as well. Um, because um, I think probably the thing about this is that this was one of those seasons that kind of um, – this kind of set us up for the next few seasons, really, when you think about – Token Chains kind of brings us the – you know, we get JT obviously back. We get um, – but we get Coach, and Coach is like the big, big kind of you – know, him and Russell are kind of like the two things that we kind of get for the next few seasons. I think that final five episode where Coach goes – to to Exile Island is one of the very best episodes um, of the show um, for comedy value at least um, I, I, I do think the kind of JT Steven thing is really fun I love the fact that you've got these two guys who have been like in lockstep the whole game and then they end up basically arguing with each other like a couple of brothers at the final tribal council it's something you, know, you haven't seen very often um, yeah I mean I, I know the gameplay isn't hugely dynamic um, but it, it's also it's also not awful and i think the location's great as well that's the other thing too is that you know you kind of forget what a cool location this actually is um yeah and it is probably the last time you get a really well it's the last inland location right and it's it is a really really fun you know like location to watch it's it's pretty to look at um i think you get lots of kind of different kind of weather and things like that too which makes it a really great season um but yeah overall i think the cast is probably a little bit underrated you've kind of forgotten just how good this cast is over the years so yeah it's it's um i'm happy to veto this one and, and keep it a little bit higher up okay right no i respect your choices even though you're wrong um <laughs> How about we get juicy and put up a season from the first nine, then? How about Ooh, that? Oh. <laughs> All right, you want to play this game and give me another veto here, because I'm sure this will get vetoed against. Um, the problem I have with this season is I think that it it gets so much positiveness after all the years because of one person and one person's reputation, which is not to take away from that person, that person's reputation. I think their reputation is thoroughly deserved. And I think what they've done for Survivor now, in terms of the fan community, is second to none, and you cannot take it away from that person. The issue I have around outside of that person is that this season just is boring to me. The, the players, like, this is one of those ones where you've got, like, strong characters. They're kind of very, you know... There's this conflict and there's comedy and there's all this sort of stuff, but it's just it's just it's grating to me. I can't deal with it, and I think that it just it it deserves a very middle spot to me. I don't think it should be as high as everybody gives it credit for, and I think it's by far the lowest to me of the first nine, ten seasons. I feel like this is going to be another veto. It's fine if it is. Um, Survivor the Amazon. Um. Oh, uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I, I don't love everything about this season. Uh, I think that it, it's, it's so much fun. Uh, that's where I'm kind of struggling. I don't like the way it plays out. I don't think it's a satisfying, you know, uh, finale. Um, I'm sorry to say this. I don't th- I think that Rob played a great game, but you know, he wasn't exactly surrounded with the most brilliant players. Uh, so if you're going to make that argument for, you know, somebody like Rob, Boston Rob, then let's make the same argument for for uh, Rob C. Um, eh, I, I, I'm going to veto it only because, again, there are I think there are way too many seasons that I have ranked lower than this that I don't want to let go of 
one of the first six seasons this early. And I actually think that the twist, this being probably the first time they really tried a casting gimmick or twist, I think this is the best it's ever worked. It, it was brilliant the way that the men versus women twist worked in this because you had the older people all gung-ho about you know, it's us versus them. And then you had the younger people saying, it's like, well, couldn't we mix it up a little bit? You know, just because they got the youngest, horniest cast they could find. Yeah, I'm going to veto this one. I think it's it's too fun of a concept, and there's there's too much entertainment here to let it go. Nick, just really quickly to interrupt, because uh, I'm, I'm sure you've brought your mind up really quick. But the one thing I just want to say, which I think this is something that we did bring up a lot in the player rankings one was, and this is just slight defense on my choice over one thing you said there, Colin. To me... Like, yes, the first 10 seasons are iconic, I get it, but I also feel that, you know, as we did with some of those players where we kind of held them high just because they were of a certain period, to me, I think that I can easily put this lower below some of the newer seasons because I think that it's not fair to just purely say, boom, this is a top 10 season, uh, first 10 season, this deserves a higher peg, if that makes sense. I, I, I just want to interject one more time again. Um, there are other top 10 seasons that I would want to see go prior to this. Yeah. Oh, oh man, this is hard because um, on one hand, I think, you know, like it, it is one of those foundational seasons of the show. You know, like it is just it is that one where, you know, like you don't have to stay in the same position that you started in. You know, you don't have to keep your word to the first alliance you ever made. You can change. And and I really like that about the season. It's a lot of fun. Um, one thing I'll say about the season, it hasn't held up. Like, it isn't as good as you probably think it is. Um, I think, you know, like, that stuff at the start, the kind of men versus women, is interesting in some ways. But, like, you know, Joanna's not an interesting character. Janet's not an interesting character. Jean's not an interesting character. Like, But the good thing about that is that all those those crappy people kind of go first. Um, and, and, you know, that kind of that string of episodes from kind of the merge through to kind of basically the final five man that's knockout stuff it's really really good but there is some really bad stuff in here too and you kind of forget that that it's not all amazing stuff um yeah i i personally i like i'm not totally against having it in this general area but i think it is too important of a season to let it go you know outside the top 20 um so i think i'm gonna have to veto it but i'm jesus i'm not far off having this one in here to be fair okay well wow ouch um, now I know what it feels like, Colin. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, then. This one might be a friendlier one for you both. Um, let's go with a season that is vastly remembered for one player and one player alone. They hold the record, I think, for most confessionals ever based purely on this season. Um, there were a lot of other players around them that get overlooked because I think there are very entertaining players in this season. Um, and, it, you know, there are some enjoyable moments. But again, let's remember, we are basically at the very middle point of this season, of this list right now. And again, that's back on my points of Token Chains and Amazon. You know, they're not terrible. I think they're kind of just deserving around about the middle, even though I had both of them a little bit lower. I had this season at number 26 on my list. Again, this is number 21. Um, I'm very sad that the winner of this season isn't coming back to Winners at War because I really think it would be great to see her come back and actually come out of the shadow of this other player that dominated the season in terms of the confessionals and the edit. Um, but yeah, Samoa to me, I'm going to put up then if that is my next option. If we want to talk about the legacy of shows, like Nick was just talking about the importance of Amazon, um, this show has a lot of significance as well because 
in a way, I think this is the reason why Survivor's still on the air to this day. You know, the ratings were definitely declining um, it, it, throughout the teens. And there was just so much interest in Russell for both positive and negative reasons that the ratings just spiked with this season. And I mean, it never really, you know, uh, dipped after that. I mean, it got a lot of people back into the show, got a lot of people in the first time. Jamie was just talking to me the other day and she was saying that the first season she ever watched a survivor was Samoa. Cause I had been watching the show, you know, since the beginning. And then I remember telling her like, you should really watch the show with me. And she's like, well, uh, it seems stupid, but I'll give it a try. And it wasn't that you don't have to be the biggest Russell fan to acknowledge he made great TV. Uh, it's when you get to this on a second viewing and you realize there's so much missing, especially I think because we've seen Russell play now so many times that the novelty sort of worn off. I think this is one of these shows that it is so compelling the first time you watch it just because you've never seen anybody like this before. But then when you watch the season a second time, a third time, you really realize how much everybody else lacked as a result of that, that that there was just so much screen time dominated by him, which it probably wasn't the wrong choice for the show. It's just, it's not the best season overall because it is just a one person show. And I agree with you. I'd love to see Natalie come back again because I think that there was a lot that she did that you, you don't have to have an edit to see how she won this season. And it's not just Russell lost the season. I think that she did win this season. You know, Shambo is great as well, but I mean, there are also a lot of really dull players on here. And I don't know if it was just that we didn't get a lot of screen time from them. You know, half of these people, I don't know if you could have taken Russell out of the season and got anything out of them regardless. So yeah, I think this is an okay spot for it to go. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones that's interesting because I think um, I think over time it's become a less important season because I think at the time it felt like Survivor was on its way out and Russell kind of, you know, resuscitated it. But, you know, now he's kind of – that image has kind of changed a little bit and Russell feels a less important part of Survivor now that we've kind of gone, you know, almost 20 seasons without him. Um, that I think this season just doesn't really feel that important. It feels like quite a big kind of preview for heroes versus villains, to be honest. Like, it's just like, here's this great character who you're going to see more of next season. And, you know, that whole thing about him having the most confessionals, that's that's not a good thing. It's not something to be proud of, really. Um, I do think this is a bit of a kooky season. There is some fun stuff in it. And actually, this isn't my top 10, but I'm quite happy to let this one go at this point because I think, you know, I think really whether you enjoy this is whether you can overlook just how how Russell saturated this is and if you can enjoy the other stuff and kind of forget about that Russell dominates everything you can have a lot of fun with this but if you can't if you just really don't like seeing Russell on your screen this is a really hard season to get through um, although it does have the great payoff of that uh, he doesn't win at the end and I think it's a good ending for the show and it's a good lesson for the show that you can't be an asshole and expect to win you still have to do the hard work of do- making those social connections so yep I think this is a, a, a good place to, to let Samoa go Thank the Lord in Heidek. All right. Um, <laughs> move us into the top 20, Colin, number 20. All right. I'm just going to make an argument before I put this one up again. Um, we're in the top 20 here, and all fans have said for years is, give us some new players. We want new people. We don't just want returning players over and over again. And when I'm looking at how many returning player seasons, whether it be, be mixed or not, are going to be in this top 20. I think that we're starting to send the message to CBS to keep doing this. So for the sake of the show, I'm going to put up Cambodia again and say we need to start getting rid of some of these because I don't think that Cambodia deserves to be 
you know, much higher than the 20th spot. I mean, I had it lower than that, but I, I, I can't really see why this would be justified in being that much higher unless we're simply just going to have this entire list be, you know, uh, all returning player seasons with a couple of the original six or seven in there. Nick, do you want to say anything next? or? <laughs> um, I'm just having a bit of a think about it. Um, like I said right at the start, I had my little range next to each of these these seasons about which one, you know, how, how low I was prepared to let it go. And actually, I've got this at 20. That's the lowest I'm prepared to let it go. I think it is low for the season, but I think being able to say it's in the top 20 is good enough for me. So I'll, I'll go along with this one. Not crazy about it, but I'll go along with it. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not going to matter now anyway, but I would agree with what Nick said. I had this at 14th, but, um, you know, I mean, this is going to end up finishing, what, eight spots higher than Game Changers. Um, so, actually, I had Game Changers lower than Cambodian. That's interesting. It contradicts what I said before. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, look, because the only thing is, if I, if not, again, not going to matter. Nick hasn't veto, but if we were to veto, I don't want Sal Wonder, so we're going next. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to veto this. Number 19, okay, so, Nick. Okay, so um, I, th- I think we've been kind on this one. We haven't let it go too early. Um, and I think it's an important season in some ways, but it's not an easy watch. Um, so we, we, I'm going to have a crack and try and put all stars here. Um, I, like, I think um, I know, I know what's coming from Ben. Um, I, and I think that it's maybe not as bad as it's been made out to be over the years, but I think it is a really personal, ugly season. Um, and it's not a lot of fun to rewatch. Um, I think there is some moments um, and it's it, it kind of a bit like a Samoa type of thing where you kind of get one big bullshit character that takes it over and then ends up losing at the end i think and it's and it's kind of personal nature there's some good parts to it i think that that kind of genuine kind of hurt feeling stuff sometimes does matter like um you know i think lex's feelings and kathy's feelings and tom's to a degree you know i think those are real and i think that that does make it good but it's frustrating to watch this season man it's really really hard because you just want somebody to actually stand up and go nah i don't want rob to just rob and amber to take this game because they're just flaunting their power and there's only two of them like these guys could take this game over if they wanted to and nobody does and it's just it's so hard and seeing all your kind of favorites go first is kind of feels inevitable now like why we weren't expecting it is kind of crazy but you know it it does suck you like you get all excited for the season i'm gonna see richard and rob and tina and ethan and all those guys come back and they all get wiped out early and the players you're left with and and like i didn't sign up to watch week after week of Sheehan and alicia like that wasn't really what i was hoping to get with kind of all stars so you know i think it's 19th this is pretty good for all stars i think a lot of people would have been expecting this to be bottom 10 it's come a long way up this list i think this is the right place for it Mm, no um (laughs) veto uh (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm going to get the support here. I just, I don't know how Colin feels about All-Stars. I don't know if I've ever had that conversation with him. Um, I just don't think there's ever been a bigger season than All-Stars. I mean, we all remember that lead up to this season, just how big it was and how huge the hype was. And I bought into every single bit of that hype. And I think I'm the only one who maintained leaving it with that hype. Um, yeah, the, the favorites kind of went out early, but I think that's what makes this season so fun when you're watching it, because at that time, in that time period of Survivor, we didn't know that. We assumed that 
you know, Rob Sessanino and Richard Hatch were going to win and do so well because they're so good. We didn't understand how the game works. And I think this is the most transitional season we ever get in Survivor that really takes this game from one side of the spectrum to the other. And that's basically due to how Rob plays the game. And I'm not a Boston Rob fan, but I think just what he does in this just really shows how Survivor... I guess, quote, should be played on many levels. And I think we wouldn't have what we have today in Modern Survivor if it wasn't for this season. I love all the personal stuff. I think it's fantastic. I just absolutely love all this drama that we have, you know, the fights, the arguments, the hurt feelings. Like, it's just so compelling to watch. And I love seeing someone like Jenna Lewis fucking play well. Like, this to me was just so fun to see. Um, yeah, I look, I don't know. I, I could sit here all day, but... Um, you knew you were getting a veto from me. I did. Uh, um, okay, so I agree with both of you. Um, I, I think the most important thing to say about this is that this season deserves a better reputation than it has, uh, which a spot in the top 20 is definitely saying. My original ranking for this was 22, so I'm not going to veto. Um, but I think that 22, 19, whatever, I think that right around the middle is fair for this because a lot of the negatives about the season being that it is a very personal season, that a lot of people take it personally, that you know there's a lot of negativity with it. Um, it nobody really got portrayed in a positive light. You know, those are all fair arguments, but you also have to say that if this exact same season were dropped in somewhere in the 20s or some of the, the 30s, these people wouldn't be taking it personally. And the game as a whole, I think, is solid. I think Boston Rob plays a great game. And this is the best game I think he ever played, you know, when you consider the competition he was up against. Uh, and he was on to something that was just a little bit ahead of his time. That Like, this is just a game, and it can't be personal. And you also have to remember, I'm, I'm the biggest Lex fan. Like, Lex is my top three favorite players of all time. But, you know, Lex coming in here wanting to work with somebody making a pregame alliance, that's probably just as sleazy as not keeping a pregame alliance, you know? Uh, and, uh, you know, we lost some of those favorites early on, but this is, just goes along with Sandra and Sari that sometimes you can go early and still impress the audience because there was no way Richard was ever going to survive this game. And somehow Richard still made, you know, a- an incredible effort. <laughs> it-, it was just an effort. Ethan more than anybody I mean how Mm -hmm. he held on as long as he did like this this was arguably in some ways a better game or a harder game that Ethan had to play than he did in Africa um the fact that you know you know we get this meltdown from Jerry uh you know that was some great TV early on so the pre-merge stuff even though you're getting the favorites going you know there was still some great entertainment there um I actually really like Shean and I, I I I got to the point where I was actually rooting for her to win this, <laughs> even though I thought Boston Rob was playing a great game. And Tom, you know, he's he's one of these guys that, yeah, he definitely took some things personally, but I think he he sets the tone for the modern era survivor, which is, you know, you can just get over this. It is still a game. Um, I think this is more than a fair spot for it to go. I think this is also a season that people who think this deserves to be in the bottom 10 seasons or whatever should rewatch this from the point of view of if this were a modern season. Great explanation. And I just say, like, again, all jokes aside with, you know, my terrible opinions, like, I knew my top three would not, like, I'm honestly surprised one of my top three is still in it. Um, but, 
yeah, I knew they weren't going to go. And I'm actually pleasantly surprised he's got top 20. But uh, I think you, yeah, summed it up well there, Colin. Watch it now with a modern perspective. And I think this is the opposite to Amazon to me, that it, it, this holds up better and better the more you watch it, whereas Amazon, yeah, lesser and lesser. So there's the original ones. But anyway, uh, that was number 19. Just before we move on, I just think as well, like it is really interesting to note that we've got four full all-star seasons as of now, and um, this has come in number two of them, which is which is saying something. You know, like I think a lot of people on a very cursory glance would probably say this is the worst out of the four, and I've never, ever thought that. I've always thought that all-stars had more going on. So I'm by no means saying it's a bad season. We're definitely in the space of like reasonably good seasons with some flaws at the moment, and that's kind of where it feels like it fits to me. Good point. All right. Uh, let's now, number 18, so this is me. Uh, let's put token chains up again. Eight, now, season 18 at 18th. Oh, I'm going to veto again. <laughs> um, yeah, me too. <laughs> you two are terrible human beings. Like, <laughs> like, if you look at yourself in the mirror, there's like somebody going like, you suck. Um, remember Colin when we went to that Winnipeg thing and there was that girl who said we suck at this like that's yeah. she's there she, she's standing looking at you in a mirror going you guys suck at this um, well in that case um, Amazon I don't know if Nick's going to go along with it again but I'm I'm going to throw another veto out there just because I think it's it's way too entertaining of a season I'm starting to look at what I've got I think there's a couple that probably deserve to be lower than this, but I am going to let this go at this point. Um, and, oh, and I think probably for me, for me, I think I, uh, being a little bit petty, I wanted to make sure that All-Stars went before it. And now that All-Stars has, I'm quite happy to go there. I think there's one in those first six seasons that to me feels like it should be below this, but that will be an interesting conversation when we get there. Um, so, yeah, I, personally, I think it's maybe a little, little bit too low, um, but we're kind of in the general area now. So, uh, yeah, it's, I'm okay with it. All righty. Right. Okay. Number 17, Colin Hilding. Uh, well, despite the fact that I put this up a couple of rounds ago, it actually was 24 on my list, so I'm not that far off. I'm just going to try for San Juan del Sur again. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I could probably get a veto out of Ben for this if I wanted to, but um, I'm 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 feeling fairly generous. Um, and um, yeah, while it's quite <laughs> high you. on my list, um, I, I I do think that it, we're we're in the general ballpark of where this kind of season fits a little bit. Um, if I really wanted to, I could get quite nasty and say I think this should be above the other blood versus water. Um, mm, I'm now second guessing myself. Um, 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 yeah, no, I'll go along with it. I'll go along with it. Oh, <laughs> suck. You would, you suck. Hate your country. I hate you. Um, <laughs> which one? Well, I'm living in one. I'm about to move to the other, so I can't comment. Um, <laughs> Um, for the record, it's a veto. It's not going to matter. But no, this is so much better than the other Blood vs. Water season. So much better. And like, there are there are ten other seasons on my list that are I've got lower than this. Um, yeah. Well, it's my well, it's my turn. It's my turn, and I'm going to put up Blood vs. Water. Um, yeah, well, you got no I veto think... from me for the next one, so just get it over and done with. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, th- this is a this is a good season, it, it, and it, it probably defined 
uh, sorry, de- defied, I should say, um, what we expected of it. Because I think when we heard about all the twists, you know, with the whole thing with, um, you know, Redemption Island coming back and a few of the other twists and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff, I think we kind of all kind of went, yeah, this is going to be bad. It's, it sounds bad. And um, some of it was bad. Um, and this one does get a little bit pagongy towards the end as well. Um, I do think there's a few good moments. You know, Sierra kind of finds her feet towards the end and, and makes it interesting in, in the kind of end of the game. But, you know, unfortunately she leaves it around too late to find, you know, you just you wonder what would have happened if Sierra had got her shit together around earlier and, um, you know, kind of upset the apple cart a little bit. Um, I think Tyson's a really kind of compelling winner um, to kind of see his growth in the game from somebody that, you know, like first time he played knew nothing about the game, um, you know, and seen him kind of progress into what he has. I think that's a, a really cool story. Um, I think seeing Monica come back and play a good game was fun. You got to see Jervis come back, which is always really cool. Um, and, you know, even things like Redemption Island actually kind of worked on this season. Even some of the things you kind of maybe didn't expect would work well, like even Rupert in his, in his short time on the show was actually quite fun here. Um, so I think everyone kind of comes in and adds a little bit of something. Um, but for me, it does get a bit boring and it does get to that point of like Tyson's kind of running the show and you know like I'm, I'm never somebody who's going to love seeing one person kind of dominate the game but being that it's Tyson it's more fun to watch Tyson run the game than it is to watch Kim or, or um, Rob run the game to be honest so um, for that for that reason I think it probably sits quite nicely about here I've got three seasons lower than this from the remaining seasons, but, I mean, look, this is ridiculous that this is one spot higher than Samuel Dessa, in my opinion, but um, it doesn't hold up. I think this is one of those seasons that when you first watch, you're like, wow, that's pretty good, and the second time around, it's like, eh, is it really that good? Um, but again, it's it's middle of the road. I had this initially at 22 on my list. Um, it's fine. Like, I'm a mad Monica fan. Fucking love Monica. And, you know, I'm just so sad that she kind of threw it all away at the end. Um, I'm not a big Tyson fan. I... Yeah, you know, that kind of destroys it for me a little bit. I love seeing Jervis back, but Jesus, he wasn't very good at all, was he? Um, Tina coming back and just creating an all new legacy for herself, which is so sad to not see her at Winners at Water, you know, improve on that. Uh, I know Colin, you're a huge Sierra fan, but Sierra might be one of the most overrated players in the history of Survivor. She made one move and then she fucked up the next one. She could have turned this game on its head had she made a move one round earlier like she should have. Ugh, Sierra. Um, but yeah, look, it's 16th. It's too high personally to me, but, eh fine get rid of it uh i mean if we did you know a podcast just on sierra you know i could make a good argument. i wrote an article about it uh way back in the survivor oz days you know defending why sierra needed to make that move when she did i think it was all about you know keeping the trust of the the, of the other tribe members or, or the, the people she was going to work with later in the game um i think that that alone forget about the fact that it's just one move i think that's one of the most interesting things we ever saw in Survivor, I think that that's what really worked about the blood versus water twist this time that didn't the second time, is that we actually got somebody who turned on a family member. Um, and we had others who were like, I don't, I, in some ways, I kind of wish I wasn't having to play with them, you know, with Jervis and uh, um, what was his niece's name? Marissa, Marissa wasn't it? Marissa, yeah. Um, so I, I, I just, I loved, and I don't, I'm not going to say I love the season. I mean, what, what spot are we at right now? 16th. Yeah, I had this at 18th. So, uh, but I just, I personally consider this one better than San Juan del Cerro because I think that it was a little bit uh, more uh, more dimension to it than the the twist and how it worked in San Juan del Cerro. And uh, I, I'm kind of with both of you guys. I mean, I I don't think that Tyson is 
necessarily you know, this isn't my favorite we ever saw of Tyson um and there are definitely people on the season I would have rather seen go to the end but I mean he definitely earned his win here uh you know Monica is so underrated you know Sierra I think is fantastic I mean even aside from just her game I think that as a character she's brilliant and just the fact that we could have several characters on here that came in as the extra as the family member who ended up more interesting than who they came with particularly Laura like Laura Bonham and Vetus. Oh. I mean, they they come in and they upstage their star partners or you know um, uh, brothers or whatever, and end up walking out of this. I mean, in the case of Vetus, he comes out probably a bigger success as far as a character goes and a bigger all star than Aris ever was. So, uh, but yeah, I'm okay with it going because I would have ranked this a little bit lower. Laura Bonham. Let's just take a moment to just remember Laura Bonham. What a what a oh, I love that woman. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're into the top 15 now. Just quick little stats, just really quickly, because I think we're flying through this pretty quickly now, and I think kind of this might actually go quite swimmingly at the end, because I feel we've got some good ones to come, and I feel like there won't be a whole lot of arguments, depending, again, how anal we're going to be on the placings here. Uh, so we had a couple of go, finally, in the seasons 1 to 9. So we've got 7 left there, between 10 and 19, 5 left. Between 20 and 29, 3 left, and none left in the 30s. Um, <laughs> and in terms of, we've got one full All-Star seasons left, one 50-50 season left, two mixtures seasons and 11 original seasons and i've had four successful vetoes against me colin you've had two nick none yet so nick you you could be on for a perfect game here you're doing well so yeah not not confident (laughs) (laughs) um well let's get number 15 over and done with i'm doing it again token chains (laughs) the corinne the the corinne of this episode (laughs) (laughs) veto (laughs) no get off my life <laughs> um, come on, Nick. Come on, this is fifteenth. It's token teens. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think top fifteen's fine for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to let token teens go. Alrighty, thank. Yes, yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to get controversial here. Um. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm almost secretly hoping this is one of the things where, like, yeah, you know, we, I all, all of us kind of wanted to put it up in the same spot, but I know that most fans out there would be like, this is easily a top five season, and I've just never felt that way. I mean, I've I've already said, you know, a, a lot of these returning player seasons I don't feel are as good on a second viewing. I think this is one that has a lot of big moves uh, that, you know, make for some interesting TV, but just the structure of the game, I, I kind of view it the same way as Redemption Island. I just feel like this was set up from the beginning to be all in favor of returning players, and uh, they almost seem to go out of their way to cast the most gullible, you know, people, and did it at the expense of the fans, and, you know, this, I think many people would even rank as the greatest season of all time, which I've never understood, you know, this isn't that low of a spot. I should just say we're in the top 15 here, although this is the only one left on my list that isn't in my top 20. Uh, but Micronesia, this is going to be my next pick. I, I think there's a couple of problems with this season that people ignore. One is the very early. This season gets off to such a rough start. I mean, it's some of the things that would never be forgiven if you were watching a modern season of Survivor, now that everybody's so critical. The fact that Johnny Fairplay just basically quits in the first one, you know, whether you want to call it a quit or not, uh, you know, Johnny Fairford, that that's a very bad way to start a season. And uh, I think a lot of the pre-merge stuff just wasn't so great. And when we get to the merge, it, it's a lot like All-Stars, but I think, you know, uh, um, All-Stars with slightly more, 
less mature people acting in a more mature way uh, because we don't have a lot of the, you know, really, really devastated feelings that we had in All-Stars. But there is a lot of, you know, kind of harsh backplaying. I think that um, particularly the, the Eric move, I feel like, would be viewed very differently, not just in modern Survivor, but... Also, I think it's one of these things that, surprisingly enough, you know, since this became a topic of conversation in the most recent season about, you know, the fear of an all-female alliance, the way that that was handled, I feel like if an all-male alliance had made the exact same move, it definitely wouldn't be praised the same way. And I think that there there is a little bit of mean-spiritedness about it that, uh, you know, doesn't make me exactly root for any of the Final Four, even though I think there's some great characters there. I'm still not a fan of Parvati, even though I can appreciate she played a great game with uh half dim-witted players <laughs> let's also point that out uh Saria is easily the best in here uh I'd make the argument that Natalie might be the second best uh of everybody in here but yeah I mean I'm I I don't know how it's going to go with you guys voting I know that most people probably hate me for this but I'm I'm just not the biggest fan of Micronesia um Ben what are your thoughts cuz I'm I'm kind of on the fence I'm not really sure oh, well um yeah, you're not going to like me then, because I'm with Colin 100%. This, to me, okay. yeah. Yeah, 100%. No, that makes Colin. it easy for me. That makes it easy for me, <laughs> because I, I, was, I wasn't really sure. I mean, um, I, you know, I, I think on, on the plus side, I think it, it is one of those really, really fun seasons. You know, like it's just, there's some kind of crazy moments. Um, there's stuff you've never seen before as well. You know, like the whole fake, well, that's not quite true, I suppose, because you had the young man fake idol, but, you know, hadn't been used. Um, so I think there's some cool stuff that you never see before. Um, you know, and, and I do think it is like quite a fun ending. Um, you know, the Eric thing would be great if we hadn't have just seen it get replayed on basically every season in some way now, you know, like I think it's just been so overdone um, that it's just hard to enjoy it for the moment it is anymore because it just gets so, but I think things like the kind of Jason blindside is really cool. The Aussie blindside's amazing. You know, it's one of those things you kind of just forget like just how shocking it was in the moment because it feels like such the obvious thing to do, but it wasn't necessarily to those guys at the time. So you kind of forget just how cool that is. So, um, but I, I totally just agree with you that there is some some really overblown stuff, some stuff that isn't as good as it is you kind of remember it being. I think some of those those fans are, are not great TV either. You know, some of them are all right, but you know, not everybody's. You know, for, for every Eric, you've got a Mary. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it, this yeah, exactly. You know, there's some good ones, there's some bad ones. So yeah, I think it probably has been overblown. I would say this one is quite high on my list, but yeah, I'm not going to be crying about seeing this one go. Uh, look, I, I thought you were going one direction there for a moment there, Colin, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, hang on a minute. No, I forgot Micronesia was still going. Let's be fair. This is number, this is number 14. Uh, I mean, this is still not a bad spot. I mean, everything from now on are really the good seasons. This is what we're getting to. Um, but yeah, I've always been on the page that Micronesia is slightly overrated. I actually have it at 23rd on my list. So kind of a lot lower than this. Um, but yeah, I think everything that both of you said is right. Um, and I think that this kind of stuff is, like you briefly touched on it, Colin, the All-Star, the opposite of All-Stars. Like All-Stars has this negative brush when it will actually think it's a brilliant season. This is such a positive brush when it's kind of got the same issues that people give All-Stars crap for mm. and it never gets crap for it. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because I've only got one more before I would have brought this up. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, number 13, Nick. Lucky 13. Ah, it's my turn. How all these things have gotten away on me. So, uh, number 13... 
Oh, okay. I feel like this is might be one that, that ends my streak of, of uh, not being vetoed out of a decision, but I'll go with it anyway. Um, and like you say, everything here is now good. So this is not a knock on this. I think probably a lot of people would have said this should have gone lower. Um, I think Thailand 13 is a good spot for it. You know, it's, it's actually a fun season. It's a great location. Um, one of the most amazing winners of all time in this game. Um, the cast is really, really underrated. I think there's some really, really cool players. Um, <laughs> some of it is a little bit of a drag though. And I mean, I think, you know, I think even the, the most hardcore defenders of this would say that some of the stuff is a little bit hard to watch, especially those kind of sook jive votes pre-merge are a little bit hard to watch. Um, I think the kind of pagonging stuff with the kind of Penny Ken Jake kind of area is a little bit boring. Um, but having said that, I think there is some really cool stuff too. I think, and some of the stuff you kind of don't remember, like the Aaron vote out, um, you know, I, and you know, ones like that, that you kind of, you, you kind of just forget, I think the fake merge was kind of good and bad. I think there was some kind of cool things about it, but it led to a really clear pagonging, which kind of was the, the downside of it. Um, yeah, so I, I think really cool things to like about the season. Um, 13th, I think, is, is pretty good for the season. So um, I, I, I think this is a fair spot. Well, it's, I mean, it's veto for me, but like, uh, this is the other one that obviously I said, like, I'm surprised it's gotten this high. I mean, you're right. This is 13th. And I don't think that most people would even have Thailand in the top half. So whether or not Colin goes along with the veto or not, I'm, I'm still weirdly satisfied with this being 13th. Um, I have this at number three on my list. Um, and I always toss up between this and one world as what I call the most underrated of seasons. It gets no love at all. I mean, all stars technically, but I feel all stars has gotten a little bit of love more so than these two have over the years. The greatest player of all time comes from this season. The most controlling, most dominant victory of all time comes in this season. The characters are so underrated in this season. I don't agree with you. I, I'm never bored in this season. And I'm, but having said that, I, I'm not someone who is anti-pagonging. I'm weirdly into pagonging sometimes because there's just something unique about that history moment in Survivor when that existed that when you're watching it at the time, you're used to that. That's what you expect. And it's kind of okay in my eyes. But again, I have weird opinions. I like one world. But like, I mean, you, you think about other people in this season who have never return again another one of these seasons where only one person has returned but clay what a character jan helen ted jake ken is fun erin is nice but like okay <laughs> rob zabucknik gandia um we've got to mention tanya of course penny um john raymond is, says all says all this controversial stuff outside of the game what would he be like on a season now um <laughs> there's just oh i love thailand so much I am glad that it sort of is slowly getting some love, but still people shit all over Thailand. But just, yeah, I just want to declare my love for Thailand, no matter what Colin does here. Although I do love you, Colin. You're a very attractive man. Oh, thank you. Um, you're about to hate me because I'm not vetoing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just want to say I uh, I was never a hater of the season. I think that... It's a season that um, my opinion has gotten lower and lower of it the more removed we get. But going into All-Stars, if I would have ranked the first seven seasons, initially I would have ranked this as my second favorite season. Uh, just because I felt that it was so dramatic. And it was... You, ben, you're right when you say that pagonging works sometimes. I think it works when, especially in a case like this, where it, it goes opposite of what the first se- half of the season tells you. The first half of the season says... This is going to be a complete blow, and it's going to be a pagonging of the old people. And it ends up going the opposite direction, but it, it actually serves the story well, and it serves the characters, uh, you know, of um, – uh, oh, Sukjai is the, the young person. What's the old person tribe again? 
Chewy Gong. Chewy Gong, yeah. So it, it, it really tells the story of Chewy Gong in such a subtle way when you sit down and you analyze the season because it all does come down to the whole fake merge, which I think is a great twist, if you want to even call it a twist, uh, because it exposed you know something that now has just become common in Survivor, which is there's always somebody who's willing to flip. Uh, and that person who was willing to flip ended up going anyway. So, you know, uh, I'm one of my favorite things in Survivor. I'm a huge fan of the self-destructive players where there's a moment where you can just see they just tank their own game. And that's one of the reasons I love Xi'an. But it wasn't just a Xi'an thing. I mean, this tribe was never that tight in the first place. Sukchai was never tight enough, you know, that I think they could have controlled this game. Uh, You know, they would have been the ones to turn on each other. You saw this tribe of five people who were 100% loyal to each other. And when it came down to it, I mean, it, it, it still, when you got to the five of them, it still made for great television. I, I think that the first half of the season is kind of boring. And some of the votes, like the Aaron vote, is not that great. The Ken vote's not that dramatic. You know, even the Jake vote. I mean, I think the Penny one's the only one where you even have some type of question with it. Uh, but, the, you know, just just the divide that we had is very similar to what we had in Africa you know, kind of uh, similar with what we got, I guess, in um, um, uh, Amazon, you know, where where you just had these very clear lines that were drawn by some people, uh, with the difference being in Amazon, those clear lines, you know, completely shattered. And here you had maybe one of the last times where completely down tribal lines and it, it and it told almost a godlike story not just for Brian I think that Brian plays an incredible game but I think that entire tribe Helen and Jan and Ted and Clay I mean it, it's one of the best examples of an underdog alliance that ends up dominating the game and I think that's what kind of wins the season over for me one of the Brian things before we let it go um, is that one of the things I think is really underrated about this season is that it's funny like it's really funny yes. and just like you know like Clay is such a shit talker like he just you know <laughs> he's always just like rolling his eyes at Jan and things like that and it's just like that is just so much fun and you know like I think you know a good Survivor season should have a good degree of comedy to it and this one has some really quite fun humour American <laughs> I'm 150 to 200 percent sure you're right. Um, yeah, I was going to say Hardik went tenth on our players one, and I thought he was going to go a lot lower than that, and I thought Thailand was going to go a lot lower. So at the end of the day, while it might be higher on my list, I'm actually surprised I made it this far. So, all right, let's get closer and closer to the top ten. Number twelve. This is a season that I feel has kind of snuck under a little bit here. I had this at 25th on my list. Um, and again, we're really into just the good seasons now, far outweighing the bad. Having said that, I, again, this is fine. Um, I've got some great characters on it. We had the most dominant tribe in Survivor history. We've got a winner on this season who I didn't appreciate at the time, but I actually really appreciate him now. And again, I'm sad not to see him back on Winners at War. Great characters. There's some good funny moments on this season. I think we've got some really good personal moments between players sort of hating each other, then sort of redeeming each other and kind of all that sort of stuff too. Um, and we had, you know, arguably the biggest hero, female hero ever in Survivor on this season who ultimately went in to be a big villain the next season. But um, Survivor Palau for me. No, Vito. Uh, <laughs> no hesitation. Um, I I love this season. I think that the the best seasons for me are the ones that stand out where you don't mix. It's not like 
the 30s, you know, where it's like, well, they, these seasons are all interchangeable, and which one did this happen on because they all sort of feel the same. Just the way the season plays out with with one tribe getting completely decimated, like to a way we've never seen since, and we'll probably never see again just because of the way that the game's structured. Uh, and then just, you know, the, the finale, which still stands, in my opinion, to be the greatest finale the show's ever had. Uh, probably the strongest final three I think we've ever had. I think even Katie, like, you know, there's not a lot of love for Katie. I think Katie's a brilliant player. Um, you know, and, and Ian is, he made a foolish move, but it, it again just shows how strong Tom's game was there. Uh, yeah, this is so great to watch. It is, it's, it's one of a kind. It's something we've never seen before and we'll probably never see again. And they found a way to build these heroes out of Stephanie and Bobby John when we saw them the next time, you realize neither of these characters really, you know, deserved to be and probably would never have been heroes if it wasn't for the situation they're in. And I just think that that's that's so unique in Survivor that, uh, you know, you're in a situation where everybody in the audience is going to get behind you just because you're always being beaten. And yet these people are not the type of people you normally get behind. So, I mean, have to veto this one. Uh, um, thanks, Colin. I was I was um, not thinking that was going to happen because it's a veto for me as well. Um yes. This is, one of my, this is this is a top five season for me. This is actually number four on my list, um, and um, I think it's probably one of the most kind of underrated seasons. Actually, I think you know some of the seasons around it have gotten a lot of kind of resurgent love for them. I think you know Vanuatu and, and Guatemala specifically, um, and I think this one kind of gets forgotten just how much fun it is. And I think you get to see stuff you just you never see on any other season. Like basically, you get two mini survivor seasons in one like the first half of the season is oolong getting down to one person and the second half is Karor getting down to one person which is just makes a unique viewing experience mm-hmm. i think the location's really cool like you get to see challenges and and the theme is amazing like they're just this oh, is yeah. one of only a couple of seasons where it's not to do with the indigenous culture it's you know the the military theme is just amazing it's just so different from everything else and that makes it really really cool um there's some great characters um and one thing i really like about tom is that he took quite a risky approach of like hey i'm just going to be out there and the person that wins you all these challenges and then i'm hoping by the time you catch on i can just win individual challenges and then get to the end that way and that's a pretty risky way to play the game um but he does it really really well and i just like he just he's a different type of winner and i I really like that um i think there's some other cool characters you know like the likes of karen and katie you know there's some quite snarky people there as well but even some of those oolong characters you know like james and ibrahim and angie and they're just they're all such fun characters um and yeah i just think this is just such a cool season i think that kind of thing of starting with 20 people and two of them get booted immediately is fun as well so there's there's so many layers this season that i really really like so yeah i'm i'm definitely going to put in a veto for this one um wow well you do realize that with palau not there that we really have to get into some really crunchy ones here (laughs) Yeah, it's getting fun. Um, okay, well, look, this is a season that improves every time I watch it. I think that this season, you're talking about seasons getting forgotten in the mix of the great seasons. I think this is one of them. Having said that, this is 18th on my original list, which I just think kind of my top 20, really, I can just, you know, they're all really good. Um Oh, yeah, but look, I think kind of just based on what is left and what should be below this, um, 
It's got fun characters. I think the winner's incredibly underrated. We're not seeing them come back, which annoys the shit out of me because I would love to have seen them come and play again. Um, we kind of get the real biggest shift in the game at that point in this season when it comes to turning against alliances and kind of shifting against the power. Um, the location was beautiful. It shouldn't have been in that location. It was obviously changed last minute because of the original location couldn't be used. But it's, you know, they'll never go back there because of the no-nos or whatever they were called. But it's still such a beautiful location that it's unique. This is number 12. Can I point that out? We're very much on the top 10. Uh, Marquesas next. Uh, for a long time, this was a bottom five season for me. And obviously, I haven't put it up to this point. So uh, my opinion on it's changed. Um, I'd say even, you know, around season 25, I still would have had this maybe, you know, bottom six or bottom seven. But it's it's so when you really sit down and you analyze the game, and I think if you can get over, this was probably the first time where there was a winner that didn't feel like they were a big character where you know, it, their story wasn't as obvious uh, you know, you had Richards, you had Tina's, you had Ethan's, and then you had Vesepia. And I think it, it takes a while to get past that until you could really analyze her game. And I think probably my favorite achievement from our cast rankings episode was bumping Vesepia up quite a bit. Uh, I think mm-hmm. she ended up finishing maybe in our top 15, whereas she you know, originally was going to go out, uh, I think, maybe around 25 or 30 or something like that. And she really saves this season for me. And I... And, I never would have thought I'd say that because I was a huge fan of a lot of the people. I mean, I was a huge fan of Boston Rob on here, a uh, huge fan of John, um, you know, not so much Tammy or the general, or the, uh, but uh, yeah, there were, they're just way more characters like Pascal that I just, I really want to win Sean, who's just incredible. And I think it was almost like a downer ending for me because I didn't feel like we had a great storyline for Vesepia. But when you go back and you analyze this game, I think her win as a puppet master is just as strong as some of these other people we've talked about, like Brian and like Kim. I think she's probably one of the strongest winners we've ever had. And I think as a whole, the game, I mean, it it changes enough throughout the course of the season that it it never gets boring. And, and seeing, as I said, I love the self-destruction of players and seeing the way that John's downfall happens and just the whole flip of that vote. is just that that's another first in survivor. And in some ways I don't feel like a blind side has ever been as dramatic as that. Uh, so, I mean, I'm pumping up the season, but I'm okay with letting go of it at this point because I think this is another one of these seasons where people might be shocked to see what position we eventually have it in. But I think all three of us are – obviously, if we haven't put it up at this point, we're probably going to make pretty good arguments as to why it should be in the position it's in. Yeah, for me, it's one of the most important seasons because I think that, that vote off of John kind of is the first time you see in four seasons, hey, you can actually switch the power on the game. And you know, it kind of opens the door for kind of everything that comes after it and obviously, you know, Amazon picks that up and and carries it on and and you know kind of goes crazy from to the point that we're at now where you know nobody keeps their alliances ever but it was quite a shocking moment at the time and people kind of forget about that but you know this is the season that gave you Boston Rob you know and obviously you know, it's just so many great characters in this Kathy and Nalia and you know Pascal and and um, Sean and you know just there's so many good characters Gabriel you know like they're just they're so good and um, some but then some not so good ones too like Zoe is 
probably kind of like your first purple character in the history of Survivor as well. So it's definitely not a perfect season. There is definitely some problems with it. Um, but I think this is a pretty good spot for it, to be fair. I, I think it's it's about the right place. Um, I think it is one of those ones that, yeah, the more you watch it, the more you come to appreciate it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's definitely got those factors that you can see that they weren't planning to host it there like that. Like the production feels a bit rushed. The you know tribal council and some of the challenges, like the kite challenge and things like that, you can see that they maybe didn't have a full plan for that season and they were on the you know on the ropes a little bit. But they came through, great season, um, yeah. And I think just even things too, like that was back in two thousand and two, and you know we had a you know an African American winner of the show all the way back then, which is you know pretty amazing really when you think about it now. Um, you know that this Survivor was kind of ahead of its time in terms of being represented in diversity and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a it's a great place for this season. Vesepia initially went up at thirty eight, uh, then she was put up at twenty five. Both vetoed, and she eventually uh, ended up at eighteenth in our list. And fun fact, one that I've uh, actually never talked about ever in the history of this show: uh, Marquesa has never shown in Australia before. Yeah, <laughs> here's a, a another fun th- fact just to throw out uh, there for you. I mean, Marquesas is probably the reason why I'm even doing this episode in the first place because. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't I didn't really ever bother listening to Survivor podcasts or anything like that. And it was when I was rewatching Marquesas and I just started Googling, I wonder what these people are up to now and started finding that there were several interviews, particularly the Nalea one where I'm like, you know, I've never been a fan of Nalea. Let me he- hear this long interview and see, you know, what is and my mind was completely turned around on Nalea by listening to her explain her game, and that's how I even started listening to Survivor Oz. So fun fact there. It also wasn't shown in Australia. <laughs> well, funnily enough, it technically is now because it's on 10 All Access, but it not aired properly. But anyway, uh, number 11, Colin, the last one of the teens. Um, I don't even know how this works out because I've had at least one of my seasons. Oh, no, I know because I've only had one of my seasons. Go. I only have one season here that is not actually in my top 11 uh, to come. Wow. So I'm going to put up that season here. And uh, again, I think we're getting into the ones here where initially there was um a lot of hate towards the season and then as time's gone on people have come to appreciate as they can sit down and analyze more or maybe as there are you know uh more people out there defending these seasons but uh i'm just gonna gonna say i'm gonna put up guatemala here uh we're just outside the top 10 which i think is a very respectable spot for it uh and i was never a hater of the season at all i mean i always really enjoyed it although i don't think i ever would have considered to be in my top half seasons uh, a lot of the complaints people had about it, about it being, you know, the, the environment really affecting the players, so they didn't have a lot of material to use with them. I never really saw that because I thought we got like some incredibly lively characters. I mean, maybe I just thought Judd was incredibly lively and, and Rafe too. Like, there's maybe if if I were to pick one person who's never come back, who really should, Rafe might be right up there. Uh, and I, I do think that Danny's win is probably one of the most impressive wins in the history of the show. Um, and there's obviously, I think the first everything pre-merge is pretty dull. Uh, it's there's nothing really exciting going on. Nothing, no big, you know, incredible blindside votes or anything. Um, but everything that happens after the merge, it's just one of these things where it increasingly gets better and better. And each vote from the merge on is slightly more dramatic, and slightly more dramatic. And I think that's another one of the things I look for in the show. I I want to be entertained in the beginning, but I want it to get better and better every single week. And I think Guatemala does that. 
Yep, no, I'm right there with you. I think it's um, maybe a little bit high, to be honest. I, I, I think it's got some really cool factors. I think the location's great. Um, I think, obviously, the winner's great, and it's you know it's fantastic that we're going to get to see you back. And, you know, it is one of those ones that we've talked about so many times have been, been underrated in terms of, you know, there should have been lots of those people back having played again, and that they haven't is, is really quite criminal. Um but I think week to week, it's not always hugely fun. I think um, th- there is a few dragging moments, and I think pre-merge is probably where I don't get a lot of fun out of. I think after the merge, it, it picks up and it's a lot more interesting. Um, yeah, interestingly enough, I've been going through, and I just haven't had time to watch much Survivor in the lead up to the the winners season. But I did want to kind of watch the finales of you know all the winners, and especially the ones I hadn't seen for a long time. And so I watched Guatemala last week, and it's actually not as good of a finale as I remember it being. You know, um, I think we all remember this being this whole thing of like Danny kind of comes out of the shadows and just kind of you know takes everybody out, and it's not really like that. Um, there is some kind of cool stuff in there, and I think she does a good job, but um, it's maybe not quite as spectacular as i remember um having said that i think it is a really fun season the location's great i think this is a pretty good spot for it um i had this at ninth this is 11th i'm not going to fight over two positions wouldn't matter anyway um i'm glad it's made it this far because this is one of these ones that i was a bit worried about could go quite early but um i think you both summed it up very well i'm yeah most excited for danny coming back you said i think she was your winner's pick colin she's my winner's pick Uh, she's been my winner's pick ever since i the idea of a winner's season was ever thrown out there um but yeah i'm this was used to be a universally hated season but i feel this is maybe this and one other season that hasn't come up yet are maybe the two seasons that have really flipped in modern history now and are actually kind of really light seasons um and maybe the toughest season physically that has ever existed on the players so yeah 11th even though it's just a little bit below where I would have it personally, I think it's a pretty solid spot. Nick you, uh, takes it into the top 10. Uh, oh, sorry. Before we Colin. do that, uh, do you think anybody's going to be mad that we just spoiled that Danny won Guanabala? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> Edit yeah, points. I wouldn't have known. Edit. Take that out. God. Imagine Is Rossi doing this the... again? Yeah, imagine you look at the list of winners on the that are on the season that's coming up, and you see Danny, and you're you're really disappointed because you found out she won. So, yeah, um, just uh, out of interest, like what is the lowest ranking you've still got that's on the table? I'm just interested to know what everybody's lowest ranking is. Like not the season, but the actual number. Eleven. Um, I've got twenty five. I've still got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six of my seasons outside of my top ten haven't come up yet. So. <laughs> Yeah, I've got I've got yeah. a I've got a twenty one and then a sixteen and a fifteen, so yeah, and a twelve. So I got nothing yeah. to complain about then. Mm, yeah, you've done exactly. well. I'm 12, 13, 15, 16, 17, 25 for me. So although yeah. <laughs> I'm still I'm still expecting a veto on this one, but what the hell? Let's let's have some fun. Um, number ten, I think that's a pr- I think this is way too high for this season. Um, but here we are, um, Vanuatu. Um, I think it's one of those seasons that is. Um, has gone under a bit of a resurgence. You know, I think when it first came out, people didn't like it um, for whatever reason. Um, and I think it definitely has some cool moments. I think kind of Chris's comeback is amazing. I think there's some some really fun stuff, especially in the first few episodes, and some some great characters there, and some good conflict, and you know, some some standout characters like Eliza and Twyla and Scout and and those, and Amy obviously and Leanne and whatnot. So I think there's definitely some really cool stuff in there. But I think there is a lot of kind of monotonous episodes. Kind Kind of in the middle where kind of things aren't really happening and it's a little bit slow um 
yeah, and I think there is. Uh, this is kind of like one of those seasons. It's probably the first one, like when you get through all your seasons, where there's quite a few kind of almost forgettable characters. Like you know, there's the likes of of Lisa and John Kenny, and even kind of Brady, and you know, they're, they're just kind of like they're there, but you kind of don't really remember them all that much. And yeah, I, for me, I think it's you know, top ten's good, but I, I don't think it should go any higher. I had this at 17th, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm good with this. Uh, look, I, I love Vanuatu, though. This is the other season I was just referring to as one that really used to be hated, but I feel is kind of completely the opposite now in the fan community. This is pretty much universally loved now. Um, and I think you summed up everything, you know, fine. And let's be honest, this is 10th. This is still bloody good. It's going to be a top 10 season according to our list. So I think that's nothing to frown upon. Um, Chris's story arc is maybe one of, if not the best winner's arc ever in Survivor history, just from where he went from to where he came. Uh, travesty, then he's not coming back and winners at war. Uh, Amy, like I hated her guts when I first watched this season, but God, she's an amazing player. The birth of Eliza. How have we only had two people come back from this season? Again, it's, it's a travesty. Um, you know, Twyla is a great character that we've never seen again come back, which is which is sad. Um, you know, Rory is one of those random people who is just fantastic. Sarge is great. Leanne, great. Um, Scout, yeah, she's there. Um, you know, like just just such a great cast. And this is the first time to me the men versus women twist really really worked. Um, but sorry, Colin, I feel you're going to get angry at me. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm not vetoing this. Sorry. Uh- for the record, it's a veto for me because I have this at number two. Uh, but uh, I know I'm not winning this argument. Uh, I just do want to say, um, I mean, Chris, whether or not anybody wants to make the argument of if the show edited it to make him look like more of an underdog than he was, who cares about that? The story we got for him is maybe the greatest underdog story that Survivor ever told. And I think that also just speaks volumes to how great the alliance was the female alliance forget about micronesia i mean what we had here the the power that amy had over a lot of these women was incredible and then the power that twyla had over some of them was incredible and just as a whole seeing somebody like eliza who you want to talk about who you hated at the beginning of the season i hated eliza probably all the way up until the second or you know third last episode she was in where she suddenly became my favorite character on the show uh and and rory is another one-of-the-kind character like a like a huge letdown that he's never come back because he's so good and even the interview that you did with him ben i mean you saw the guy is so entertaining still and uh i I completely agree with what you said though nick i mean i think the first four episodes it's very run-of-the-mill it's it's nothing terribly exciting not the best characters nothing groundbreaking but everything after that just gets so good um I, i have little change-ups in my rankings over the years, but I think the two that have never changed are my top two rankings. This has always been my number two. All right, going to the final nine now. Um, I won't go over the vetoes. There's too many there, but we still have four from the first nine seasons, two from the 10 to 19, and three in the 20s, uh, and only one full All-Stars, one mixed season, and the rest are original seasons. So um, there we go. Uh, let's try this again. Palau. <laughs> Vito. Yeah, it's still a veto for me. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Um, Alright then, well, next on my list, this is number 16 on my list, so this is still going to be number 9, so a lot higher than I have it. Um, the last remaining mixed season, Philippines. Um, look, I think the concept of bringing back sort of 
players who had been medivaced coming back. Like, it surprised me that it took them so long to bring that because that's kind of a unique and interesting twist that I think it makes sense. Um, I think it was thoroughly entertaining the non-returning player cast. Um, you know, people like RC, like it's such a shame that she was that close to coming back and then still hasn't come back. And I fucking love RC. Abby, no matter what you say about her, I mean, God, she's just television gold. I can't stand Lisa Welchel, but just kind of watching her, you know, hashtag survivor breakdown and all that kind of stuff was just, you know, entertaining. Seeing Mike Scoopin finally come and play again. I know we're not really meant to talk about him nowadays, but like, you know, at the time, like it was exciting to see him come back and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Penna, just like, oh, it was so frustrating with Penna because of how close he could have come to actually winning this game had he made a couple of interesting decisions at the end. And, and Denise, what a great winner. She's, I just, she gets so overlooked, I think, today in all the winners because, you know, every tribal council strong strategic physically challenging and all that sort of stuff the fall of other russ um god jeff kent uh so many great people about this and again this is ninth still top 10 easily a top 10 season even though i've got it 16th on my list i'm contradicting myself again but um yeah philippines uh i do have one that's slower than this but this is number 10 on my list so i'm not going to veto it it's uh (laughs) I, i almost felt insulted though when uh you know, I first heard you say, well, I'm putting up Philippines. And then I'm like, oh, no, he didn't. Then I look at my list and I'm like, wait, this is exactly where I ranked it. I mean, <laughs> we're at the point where everything that we're putting up, we're saying nothing but positive things about. This is a top 10 season. It's another season that kind of saved Survivor after, you know, this this stretch of Nicaragua, Redemption Island, South Pacific, One World. And the fact that they did it by bringing back returning players, I mean, I think it is because it was the medevac players who didn't really, this is a true second chance season. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think Denise is an incredible winner. I don't know about, you know, Scoopin and Lisa as the final three. I think Malcolm was the other gift that this season gave us. Uh, but yeah, there, there's so many other great characters, like you said, RC and Abby. Um, I, I just, uh, I don't know what really would separate the, the ones I have higher than this from this. Because again, I can't really think about anything bad to say about it. I, I, I feel like the fact that this is, you know, this high and it is in the mid 20 or it's uh yeah right around the mid 20s as far as seasons go i mean that speaks volumes about this modern age of survivor where everybody's like well we don't like it with all the idols and everything and this is one of the two seasons that really gets by without the criticism um for the record it would have been a veto for me um i think i've got this at about number five um i think this is a really really good season and like I, i've been a little bit kind of ho-hum on this whole winner season and then you know you kind of look at the pictures of all the winners you know that came out a couple of weeks ago and um i saw that one of denise i was like oh my god i'm actually gonna see denise play survivor again and i'm so excited about that um because i think she's just you know such a great character and such a great winner and i can't wait to see her again everything about philippines is great and it's almost like in segments like that first you know the first few episodes where matt's in kind of fall apart and you see russell get voted out early which kind of don't think anyone kind of expected really one of the newbies to get voted out there uh, one of the returnees get voted out so early um and you, you have that kind of real sad moment where they're you know like there's no music and they're all just looking at the fire and that kind of fourth episode and um you know it's just it, it's great stuff and then probably the little bit that kind of falls apart is kind of, you know, um, once Matt Singh kind of gets demolished and um, you have the kind of just the Tandang versus uh, Calibor, those two tribes, that's a little bit slow. And then after the merge, it's just everything's on, on you know, steroids after that. It's amazing. I think this is Penner's best season. Um, he's the most entertaining in the season, um, you know, and I think his final tribal council speech is, is awesome. Um, yeah, there's maybe, you know, maybe that final three is not 
amazing but you know i love denise so i had no complaints really um and it's kind of a little bit of it you know like you know as soon as you know um malcolm gets voted out you know who's winning you know as soon as he doesn't win that challenge you know who's winning so it's a little bit telegraphed and i suppose that's maybe where it gets let down a little bit but i think one of the things that's really cool about the season two is that you have a tribe that never goes to tribal council until the merge and then there's these other players that they can kind of jump in and use and you know you've got your abby marie's your pete's your artists you know these kind of players who have to just sit around and get grumpy with each other for 20 days before they can vote one of them out it's it's great TV. I just I, I love everything about the season. It's so much fun. Um, you know, yeah, feels a little bit low for me, but um, you know, I'm outnumbered on this one, and, and I'm happy to live with that. All righty, Colin Hilding, number eight. Uh, this is another one that I think is just you know universally loved, and I'm not sure if uh, uh, I'm going to get any support on this one, but I'll just I'll quickly get through this one. I'm putting up China. Um, hands down one of the strongest winners we ever got from the show i think hands down one of the most entertaining final tribal councils uh biggest turnaround ever from courtney i mean how she was able to perform as well as she did in that final tribal council considering the way she was portrayed throughout the game uh you know the denise james relationship is just incredibly entertaining to watch I i can't think of one bad character on this show um I actually, on a second viewing, I really found Jamie to be one of the more entertaining people on the season, which first time around, I, I think I, I probably forgot there was a Jamie on this season. And then I rewatched it and I'm like, well, she's fantastic. You know, everybody is great on this. And I, it also has, especially for the 16 player seasons where you only get, you know, six episodes before the merge and there's not often a lot going on. I found that this has probably one of the best pre-merges that I had ever seen. Uh, if there's anything I'm going to, you know, knock this season for, I think it's just that it's, it's not as all around fun. I, um, maybe going back to what we were saying about, you know, Thailand being what, despite what people think a really funny season. I don't think this is an overall funny season. It's got a couple of funny moments. Uh, the first time I watched it, I probably thought it was a, a little bit heavier than, uh, you know, some of the other seasons that surrounded it. But, uh, uh, I don't know if I'm alone in thinking that this is, deserves to be in the bottom half of the top 10, but it's still a top 10 season. Yeah, I've got it at 12, so I'm happy to kind of go with it here. I think um, it's an all-around really good season. I think it's probably a little bit overrated, um, and I think probably it peters out at the wrong moment. I think probably once James gets voted out, it kind of loses all its momentum. You know, right at the moment we this thing should be kind of heading to its its final it, 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 that's where it kind of gets a little less interesting, I think, towards the end, which is a bit of a shame because you, as you rightfully say, Colin, that kind of that pre-merge is amazing. I think just the location and the cultural element of this this season is, you know, it's second to none really. There's nothing that you really ever see like that on the show really kind of ever again after this like there's bits and pieces of it but never one that is so kind of like everything's encapsulated into it you know it's so immersive you know like every time you turn it on you know you know it's you know it's china you're never going to you know, turn one of this episode on randomly and think i wonder which season this is like you're going to know immediately that you're in china and i think that that's really cool i think pound for pound one of the best casts of all time you know like i think everybody brings something to the table you know from chicken right <laughs> right at the start um you know through to todd who wins it you know i think everybody brings something and you know like part of that is as you, as colin says it's because it's a smaller cast of 16 people um but you know the other part is that they're just a, a great group of 16 people and you know there's there's something that they all bring in it's a really well balanced cast 
Um, I think the use of the idols, the kind of you know, hidden in plain sight thing is really cool. Um, you know, you get a little bit of the gameplay stuff in terms of, you know, you kind of get the, the blind sides and that kind of stuff. So you get enough of it to be interesting um, without kind of, you know, completely overtaking the personalities and the, the kind of interpersonal dynamics that make the season really good. Todd's such a cool player. Um, and, you know, that final tribal council is kind of legendary. So it's worth watching just to see that. So, yeah, I think this is, I think eighth place is a nice spot for it, really. Completely disagree. Veto, not going to matter, but this is a top five season. It deserves a reputation to get. This and Australian Outback have the two most perfect casts in the history of Survivor. Every, there's nothing wrong with this season. Like, I can't think of one thing that's bad about this season. It is funny. It's hilarious. Think about um, bloody Denise trying to eat the the farfaru or whatever the hell it is and spitting, ah, and then spitting it out, and then Jamie trying to throw a challenge and just hiding things underneath it with PG, and then just, oh, just gold. James, two idols. Uh, everything genre bear does. Um, I hated Courtney watching it, but just watching her roll her eyes at a fly buzz past her is hilarious. Um, just this season is incredible. This is in my top five of seasons that I think are just untouchably good. The fact that Palau is going to be above this is just absolutely ridiculous, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm outvoted. Um, yeah, nothing else I can do here. Nick, number seven. Um, okay, I think we might be in veto territory, but um, this is one of those seasons that, you know, because it's one of the OG seasons is, is you know, like put up on a pedestal, and it, it is a really important season. It's the most watched season of, of any that's ever been, um, and, it, you know, it, it is an amazing season to watch. Um, it's got everything, you know, it's kind of got the, the kind of great interpersonal stuff. It's got, you know, a great location, um, you know, a, an amazing cast, maybe the best cast ever. Um, but it, it is a little bit slow. It's a little bit drawn out. Um, and this is why I probably wouldn't put it in my top five, and I, I don't have it in my top five, is because I think it gets a little bit drawn out. And part part of that is the show, you know, it makes it 42 days instead of 39. It kind of, you know, the final three instead of the final four in that last episode, you know, it all just feels a little bit overdone, like they're milking it. Um, and I think that that kind of just makes it a little bit less interesting. Um, I think the I think the first six episodes of, of, of this, maybe seven if you include the, the merge episode are incredible obviously the scoop and fallen in the fire episode is absolutely amazing but I do think it runs out of steam after you kind of get into the, the, the pagonging and you know I know that when it was first shown that wasn't a big deal but I think on rewatches it doesn't quite hold up in that second half um, so yeah I'm, I'm putting up Outback um, totally expecting that it's probably going to get vetoed but um, it is the lowest on my list at the moment so it feels like the one I should be going for that's the highest on my list at the moment. It's the only one left in my top five. So, yeah, easy veto. Um, I mean, this is the perfect cast. Uh, and to me, I've, I don't get this whole revisionist history of the last few episodes are boring. I think the perfect cast carries it that I'm so intrigued watching every single minute of these players, even if they're just sitting around painting an idol. Like, I am just so hooked to that. And I think the the music, the theme, like, I've never felt so emotional watching a season than I have watching Australian Outback. And it still, to me, holds up to this day, no matter how many times I watch it. Um, this is a flawless season. And I just, I, yeah, I mean, I, it's all down to you, Colin, because, I mean, this is the last of my final five. But, um, yeah, just like this, this season is just incredible. And I don't think we've ever will ever get as close to the feeling of what this show actually is to what we did in this season. Um, because this to me is absolute peak, perfect survivor, even though this isn't my number one overall. I just, I can't 
express my emotions for how great this season is. It's not my number one either, but I feel like uh, it wouldn't be right for this to not be in the top five. Um, I, I'm sort of in between Nick and Ben as far as you know whether or not this slows down a little bit because uh, I don't think it completely slows down when you get the Pagong because you do have you know the surprise of Jerry being voted out, which really if if there's a first time anybody actually really did turn on an alliance, they only did it for one vote, but they turned on Jerry there. Uh, well, I guess you could say you know they did the same thing to Amber as well if she was ever part of that alliance, but uh, it's just not as dramatic as what we get in Marquesas. But uh, I, I think it still you know deserves a little bit of attention. Um, the first half of this is so strong. Uh, you know the, the Jeff Varner vote with the tie. I mean, I, I still, in some ways, kind of wish we would have that original rule, and I understand why we don't anymore. You know, because it's just going to be too easy to guarantee somebody's out later on just by throwing votes on them. But just the drama of having to hide, you know, who had votes against them going into this is just it's it's amazing. Um, and I, I mean, Jerry, just as a whole, maybe the greatest villain in the history of survivor i mean yeah we had people like russell but that's almost like a cartoon bill i mean this was just somebody who truly didn't understand how negative they would come across on tv and at the same time i think that's what makes me love her as a character is that she just seems so real uh and being able to see relationships like her and colby that starts out so strong and then without actually seeing where the turn was you just see him suddenly just almost become disgusted with this woman <laughs> and and there's nothing there to say like there's a lot of subtlety there that uh you know we don't have to see on camera but there are a few votes there where i think it, it suddenly becomes a little bit dull but ben you've made the argument before like there's still a lot of great stuff as far as tv goes there we have the flooding we have them having a beg for food essentially um I think it does affect them a little bit when they start getting that hungry and literally we just have scenes of them sitting around the campfire and people are talking and the other people look like they're in a coma and they won't even respond to them. Uh, it wasn't a good idea to have uh, such a long finale with only three players, uh, although it probably you know created a little bit more drama just because it was obvious Elizabeth was never going to get in there. Uh, but I mean, it's it is too good of a season to not be in the top five as far as I'm concerned. So veto. Right. Okay. Fine. Be like that. Um, <laughs> so, um, well, I'll, I'll put one up that I know is not going to get vetoed this time. So I'm actually going to put Palau up now and do oh. Ben's job. Ah. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I think uh, that's probably next on my list. Really, um, there's a couple of others that are floating around that one, but that yeah, I think that's probably Palau's not a bad spot for seventh. So um, yeah, I'll put that one up. Well, I've changed my mind. No, uh, <laughs> I'm fine with it. I, I put this up at 12th and it's now 7th and it would have been my, I'm next anyway, so it would have been up next anyway. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with this. I, I don't really have any other argument to make that I didn't make the first time around. Um, but for the record, I'll veto again, just because I think that this as well is deserving of a top five uh, position. But obviously, I'm going to be uh, outnumbered on that one. Uh, I just, again, want to state you know, how unique this season is. And yet, it still feels like Survivor. feels like classic Survivor. And how this is still the greatest finale the show ever had. Alrighty. Well, um, I can now say that we officially have no seasons left in the teens. So, uh, there you go. Um, alrighty. Uh, let me get to number six. 
which you took my spot away there. So the next on my list, uh, which I initially had at number 15, which I probably expect this to be vetoed considering what's left, but uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, nothing bad really can be said about this season again. Uh, we've had three of the biggest players in the history of Survivor come from this season the number one player on our rankings list came from this season. Um, the theme, this is the real, I think the real first season to really, really embrace a theme, which just really made this so good. Uh, had we ever had a bigger player than Rupert at that time? I don't think we ever did. It was just peak love for one player. The Grandma Lai maybe still the greatest moment in the history of Survivor. Uh, Sandra winning at the time. Who knew that when watching that, that this was the birth of who we've got to today? Like at the time, she was just a standard winner, I think. And then all of a sudden, look what we've got now. So um, you can't say anything negative against Pearl Islands, but uh, just based on what I've got left and the order I've got, this is my next on my list. Yeah, I mean, this is next up on my list. Uh, I think there's probably a few things I could say negative about the season, which is funny because there's other ones I put up before this that I I probably have less negative things to say about it. It it is very difficult to watch some of the the characters earlier on. Uh, I know a lot of his editing, but I mean Burton is not a fun character until he comes back, and when he comes back, he is just so good. Uh, Lil is not a fun character when she comes back; she's at least interesting. Um, but I think it's the positives of the season that outweigh the negatives, even though I do feel like this season probably has more negatives than any of the other seasons that are left on the list here. Uh, and, and yeah, like I'll still say Rupert in Pearl Islands, maybe still one of the greatest characters we ever saw and you know, re- return appearances didn't exactly help, you know, his game. Uh, it didn't help his reputation, but the Pearl Islands Rupert, whether it was through editing or not, it was an absolutely brilliant character that we had never seen before. Uh, it was probably in some ways, even though he's such a bizarre guy, it was the most real character we'd seen on Survivor. It wasn't the type of person you'd ever expect to get cast on Survivor. And I feel like that opened the door for a lot of other people we'd get after that, like Shambo and you know many others. Uh, very unique characters. It was like they're one of a kind, but they just feel real. Um, and... It, funny enough, I think it's the the grandma lie that I actually am um, probably the more negative on now than I was originally, just because it to me it feels like somebody trying to make good TV. Uh, but it's the other things like the the Sandra with the fish throwing the fish away, where it's like what an incredible <laughs> moment. That's just the start of the episode. And, you know, uh, Johnny Fairplay showing up drunk to a tribal council and Jeff Probst just looking at him with disdain. I mean, there are areas where this season should have been a train wreck and it, and it succeeded in spite of that. Uh, if people really want to have good entertainment, too, I would just recommend this is one of the few DVD sets they released with commentaries. And the commentaries are just hilarious. And just hearing some of the stories they told, particularly in the, the premiere episode, you know, with uh, with Sandra in the marketplace. It's just it's it, there's so many great behind the scenes stories. And just like Jeff Probst or not Jeff Probst, uh, Mark Burnett had written a book on the making of Borneo that Ben and I were talking about. This is one where I wish we'd get a book for all the behind the scenes details, because I think this is just sort of a fun season to, to see observe on the spot. But yeah, I'm, next one on my list, so I'm okay with it going. Um, this is my number one, so I've got to put up a tantrum before it, it <laughs> disappears. Um, but yeah, I think this is as close as you get to perfection in terms of a Survivor season. I think it nails everything. I think it's the best cast um, the the show's ever had. Um, the theme is amazing. The pirate theme is just incredible. You know, it's uh, like we're talking about with Palau. It's one of those ones that 
that uses something different from just the indigenous culture, um, which makes it really cool. And everything relates back to that pirate theme, which is why even though that outcast twist shouldn't work, it does um, because, you know, it just it fits with the pirate theme really, really well. I think it's it's just perfect. Um, you know, there is there's barely a dull moment in those first kind of six episodes. And then you get the, you know, the whole outcast thing. It comes back. The only episode that is even kind of slightly slow is when Rhino gets voted out. And basically everything else is just incredible. It just doesn't stop. And I think even the things that you've kind of pointed out that are, are not good, like, you know, Lil is a real drag, but it, it kind of just fits with the season. She's just a slight annoying middle-aged woman. And, um, yeah, I think she just kind of fits and just everybody rolls their eyes at her. And, you know, I think that that's good. You know, th- I think the, probably the only thing I don't like about the season is the is the kind of final tribal council is a bit lame um, because they, you know, like the behind-the-scenes stuff really is that, you know, people were so mean to Lil that she cried about four times and they just couldn't show it on the on the show. And, you know, so I think kind of you lose a little bit of a, an edge at the end there, which is a, a bit of a shame. You know, and, and then when you've got all that stuff, this was the first season where people were, you know, had to go out with just what they were wearing. You know, there was the whole kind of marooning, which was which was really different. Um, yeah, just just everything about this is just so much fun. Obviously, those big moments with the grandma lie. and But then, you know, just like there's so many kind of like it wasn't just the lie. He then kind of uses that for his game. Yeah, it's, it's just great. I mean, Johnny Fairplay is just such a great character, and, and Rupert's obviously amazing too. Yeah, there really isn't anybody I don't like on this season. Um, yeah, it, it's phenomenal, and it's a real shame that it's it's coming in outside the top five. All righty. Uh, Colin, speaking of the top five, bring us into the top five. Oh. We covered an episode of this show recently. Um <laughs> And now I almost feel bad that we are putting it up in the spot. But again, we're we're, we're top five now. So, um, man, I almost want to flip this one. But uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with my original rankings here. So I'm going to put up Borneo in this spot. I mean, this is groundbreaking TV. And, uh, you know, even though I think a lot of people, we even discussed this in our commentary for the, the, the first episode that, um, a lot of people now go back and they're like, well, this is kind of boring. I mean, there's nothing boring about it. I mean, when we watch it, we both said, I really am just dying to rewatch the season again. Uh, it's just different compared to other seasons of Survivor. And, you know, you could consider that good or bad. Um, but, um, you know, everything came from this season. And I think there's a lot of other shows or you could say a movie series or anything like that where, where the original sort of holds a special place just because it started it all. But then when you really look at it in the grand scheme of things, it's not the best in the series. This is still top five. Uh, I'm almost trying to talk myself out of this, but I'm just going to go with it. I'm putting up Borneo. Uh, I think the greatest thing about this season is that the drama, even though now it seems so tame in comparison, the drama of this one alliance just pagonging another tribe uh, and taking control of the game and then denying it the whole time, it holds up so well, even though we've seen this done now for 39 seasons straight. Uh, it's just so effective to watch. In some ways, it's actually more effective to rewatch this knowing that there was nothing preceding it to watch it happen for the first time. Yeah, I think I think the bottom of the top five is a good place for Borneo. I, I'm glad it's here in the top five, um, you know, because I, I, I think it's it's obviously foundational and there's so much important stuff that happens here. I think the fact that Rich wins is really important to the to the show. I think if, if Kelly had won, we might be looking at a completely different type of show. 
um, you know, 39 seasons on. So I, I think it, it, it ends in the right way. I think it, it, you know, it does kind of all peak at the right time. You know, the finale is amazing. Um, but just, you know, the first time you get to see everything, at, you know, first time tribal council, first time you see somebody get voted off, you know, all that kind of stuff. It is really cool. It is rough around the edges. And, you know, that that's going to be true for any time you do something for the first time. It's not going to look polished like it does now. And there's some charm to that, you know, like that, that it does look rough and, and, you know, things aren't all lined up the way they should be. And, you know, Jeff doesn't quite manage to nail everything and you don't have this running commentary on every every challenge. And, you know, some of the challenges are, are pretty average, you know, but it, it's all, in, you know, the thing that makes it this kind of beautiful kind of thing that we all look back on all these years later. So I think this is a, a good spot for it. I think um, in terms of it being a, a finished, polished product, it's definitely not perfect, but it's a really, really great, place to start this this whole journey so yeah i think fifth is good for me i'm not going to be vetoing this i think it's a great spot for it because i was worried this was going to go a lot lower because i feel that in people's modern rankings now this always gets shafted down so low because people especially the modern fans kind of have a negative thought of this because like, oh, it's unwatchable it's just a it's just a documentary it's not survivor it's the complete opposite this is Survivor. I think if you read Mario Lanza's book, he sums it up very well. He says, like, this is the only true Survivor. Everything else that comes after this is just a version of what we had, and it's just, you know, changed slightly. To me, this is just as pure as you can get in terms of just so innocent. This is, we had no clue what we were going into, and it just formed everything that we know today. And, I mean, I'm saying all this. I had this at number 12 on my list. I think there are 11 seasons better in my viewpoint. But again, I sort of mentioned before, my top 20 kind of, they're all positive things to say about it with only a few of them. You can maybe say some negative things on it, even though I've probably said more negative things about some of these in my top 20 on this episode. But yeah, you said it perfectly, Colin, when we started watching this um, the other week for our commentary, we just wanted to keep watching it. And it's just that captivating. 20 years later, I think it's incredible. So um Look, I'm, I'm, I'm actually very happy this made the top five, even though I had it at 12th. Uh, I think it's great that we've, we've got this in our top five. Uh, and speaking of which, Nick, uh, over to you, number four. Yeah, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Outback back here. I think this is we've got into the top five. Um, you know, I think it's got its 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 um, good spots that you guys definitely talked about. And yeah, there are some really great moments. Just to kind of build on some stuff that I talked about before. I think compared to Borneo, I think it peters out at the wrong time. I think that final tribal council is really really average because everybody's trying really hard to be nice. You know, so it does kind of lack an edge when you kind of want it to be exciting towards the end. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's you know it, for me it's way way too high but i think fourth is hard to argue with here um i'm gonna veto it again just because it's still the highest on my list and just you know to me out of the four that are remaining it's the best of the four so that's the only reason why i'm doing it i also um feel that nick this is technically your last proper choice so i'd like to give you another one to give you a little bit entertained so um (laughs) fuck it veto um i don't know if i'm gonna get the support from colin here though See, this is now that we're getting down to the nitty gritty. This is where it gets tricky because um, this is my, the second highest of the seasons I have left. There's one season that uh, I of the four left that I would pick over this, and I'm almost afraid if I veto it, that's going to be the next one up. <laughs> and <then> maybe <laughs> we'd go with that. Um, I mean, the, the, two of the other seasons here, I would definitely rank lower, but it is still a fair argument that this has some slow episodes. Whereas I don't know if the other three seasons have any slow episodes. Maybe the well, strengths of this one. season... Well, well, we'll we'll get to that argument in a minute, won't we, Ben? Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, I think that the strengths of the season, you know, it, it almost outweighs that. So you can forgive it. But if I'm going to go back and watch the entire season of the four seasons we have left, this may be the only one where I skip an episode or two because there's nothing or I'll, I'll fast forward just the, the good parts. Um, but but like if we were doing individual episodes or moments, I mean, Scoop and Fall in the Fire, you can't top that. Just the drama. And that's only one of many things on here. But uh, this is pretty much exactly where I had it on my list as far as numbers go. It's not, you know, of the four left where I would have put it, but uh, I'm going to go along with this one. Sorry, Ben. Well, the funny thing is, on my overall list, I had this at fourth, and it's coming in at fourth. Ah! So, <laughs> probably shouldn't complain. Um, all right, so our final three. This is my last choice, and then it kind of gives all the pressure over to Colin. Um... And again, based on what's left on my list, I had, this was at 13th on my list, so it snuck 10 places higher. But this is the one that I think, again, I can say only positive things about this season, but I think this is probably the one of the three that I think has a, maybe one or two slower episodes in it, but I would never skip it because I think I'm actually really glad this has made the top three because this is another one like Borneo that I feel just gets dropped lower and lower and lower. People just think of it so negatively now and I don't understand why because this cast is incredible. The location, maybe the greatest location we've ever had. The rewards, the greatest. You talk about cultural aspects of some of these seasons, both of you. The greatest cultural integration integration we've ever had in any of the seasons. Um, how we've only, again, had three of these people come back. We, we're about to see one of them come back, which is so exciting. Um, just, I'm beyond thrilled that this has made top three. If this gets vetoed now, I'm really not going to give a shit because, again, it's made the top three, and I think this is the one out of the three remaining that people are going to be surprised the most that this has beaten the likes of Australian Outback, Borneo, Pearl Island, China. Um, so, yeah. Africa, but like, even though again, I've only got this at number 13 on my list, the fact that it's going to be in top three is pretty incredible. Um, I'm still going to veto it because I think it deserves higher. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I'm this was the one that I was most worried about going early, where I thought I'm really going to have to fight hard for this season. Uh, because I, it's one of these things where you're never really sure where people are going to fall on. I mean, originally people were kind of negative on the season. I think then it sort of fell somewhere in the middle. And now I think that the, there's more and more people who are coming around on it. It's a very similar argument to Guatemala, where I think uh, often it gets called out that the, the people weren't that exciting or that the people seem very depressed, but it was just because of how harsh the environment was. But I actually think that's what improves this season uh, because we're getting people – really just on the verge of insanity <laughs> at every single moment. And it's seeing some of those people like Ethan hold it together despite the conditions they're under that 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 makes him such an incredible winner. And Lex is one of the most interesting people I've ever seen in my life. On and Scripted, unscripted, no matter what it is. He is just a one-of-a-kind person. And to see how personally he took this game, you can understand where we got the Lex from all-stars when you actually watch the CCL personally took it usually when you get a pagonging that's when it gets boring but this is probably the best pagonging we ever saw because week after week it was just showing lex get crazier and crazier and crazier and angrier and angrier and yet when it all started it started with him turning on somebody on his own team you know which was the wrong vote the kelly vote might be the most entertaining episode of survivor in my opinion i have ever seen the, the the witch hunt for who voted for lex and then everything that happens after that even when you get you know um 
uh, T-Bird and Frank being voted out where you pretty much know what's coming. There's little seeds that get planted there that just, just make for such an interesting story. And, you know, I, I still love just the idea that somebody was planting seeds, you know, about, oh, Tom, Lex, you know, and trying to break that up. And then we actually see T-Bird at the last minute say, you know what, somebody did tell me not to trust you, Lex, and it was Tom. And I just imagine how that would have gone with people who weren't as tight as they were. If you saw how crazy Lex was, if Lex didn't trust Tom 100%, can you imagine how that would have blown up if it was people like Russell and Parvati? You know, we saw how that blew up with people like them. And, and I just, that's what I find so fascinating about this show. I mean, it's, it's the, for me, the reason I love Survivor, even though I was so into the show prior to Africa, from Africa on, there has never been another season that I loved as much as this one. And Nick, thinks yeah, hard. yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, it, it, this is like the season that got me into the show. I, I didn't really watch Borneo. I kind of picked up halfway through through Outback, and this was kind of the first season I kind of watched in its entirety. You know, like looked at the cast before it started. You know, got invested before the show even began. Um, you know, I think it's an amazing season, and um, you know. One of the best casts. I think if you put this cast on a season on a on a location, sorry, where they've got fresh water and you know, and they've got a beach, and th- this might be the most entertaining season uh, of all time. You know, like I think them being so tired is probably the one thing that you probably put against the season is that they kind of pushed them to a point that they were just exhausted all the time. Um, but that that pre merge is like you talk about the the outback pre merge being good and it is um you know the Africa pre merge is incredible as well and you just think like that twist it, it, you know um that was the first time they'd done that you know that kind of tribe shuffle and you know that's just it just it's amazing TV and just even the way Jeff handles it it's like it's not a big deal it's just like hey you guys are on this tribe now and you're on that tribe and throws them some buffs and it's done you know like it's it's quite cool um and you know we had that that kind of um you know the tiebreaker in the third episode which is incredible. I think now that you know three episodes and you already need a tiebreaker and so there's a there's a whole lot of drama going on in that that pre-merge which is incredible um the post-merge definitely does slow down a little bit but it's still really good they do a great job with all the kind of character stuff and yeah i mean lex is one of the most interesting people that's ever been on the show and the way they handle him on on this show is really really great and the, the incredible thing is if he'd managed to win that last challenge there's every reason to believe he might have actually won the game um or if kim had taken him you know there, there is a there is a scenario in which lex still wins the game even though he's portrayed as this villain um yeah some just amazing characters um the, the location's incredible the wildlife you know this is just not something you really get on on in fiji i'm sure you know we've got snakes and all that kind of thing but the wildlife that you get on on africa is just amazing um so yeah it, it's it's a great season um it's definitely got a special place for me as kind of being like that original season i probably know it better than any other season um having said all that i'm i'm not going to veto it um because i think i think three is a good place for the season um and i think a lot of people are going to be shocked at where it is um so I'm, i think we've done a great job at getting it to the spot um but for me um the other two are two and three on my list so i, I just don't think I, I can veto it um because i think the other two are, are better seasons um but but yeah, this one is phenomenally good. I, I again, I just want to add, 
I'm so thrilled that this got this high, even though it would not have come up this high on my list, but I'm not at all disappointed that this is going to end up at number three because I think this was kind of worrying me slightly, and maybe it kind of has turned out this way, given our top two, particularly with one of them. So this was just going to be like our player rankings where kind of the most obvious choice finished at number one. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. Africa at number three is kind of like what Tony came in at number three, didn't he, on our player one, and no one would have predicted that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. cool. All right, Colin, you've got the ultimate decision now. Uh, see, this no is pressure. Kind of, this is kind of fun because, <laughs> um, I mean, Africa was my number one season. Vanuatu was my number two. Gabon was my number three. Uh, the two seasons left are the ones who were just outside of my top five. So I'm not so tied to either of these where I want to fight. And they're literally back-to-back, but... Uh, I'm actually going to flip my rankings in which one I'm going to put up here because originally I would have put the other one higher. Um, and I think it really comes down to, well, let's just say we got you know two seasons left here. One is a returning player season. One is an all original player season. And I think that you have to give the edge to an all new player season just because, you know, you're familiar with the other people. You don't have to worry about introducing these characters and getting the audience invested in them. They're investing them already. And I think, the thing that's most interesting is that as much love as there is for heroes versus villains, I mean, we're putting this up in the, I'm putting it up in the number two spot. Um, I think that the one thing you can say is attraction from it is that there are several people who come into this and not only do they, do their games get worsened, which, you know, is going to happen one way or the other, but I don't think that a lot of these people make the best television the second time around. Some people make better TV a second time around. You know, Danielle is a perfect example. Way more entertaining a second time around. You know, the Colby Jerry storyline just, it, it feels like something you couldn't script something that good. These two characters who, you know, started off flirtatious and then by the end of their first season turned on each other. The next time around, it was like revenge the other way. And now it's like, well, let's actually kind of work together. I mean, you couldn't script anything that good. And just the fact that Sandra can come in and win a second time by basically playing the same game, uh, it, it's incredible. But if I'm going to compare these two seasons, I think I would have to ultimately put Heroes versus Villains a step down because we are having we have the advantage of people coming in, you know, with a reputation already and not having to introduce them to the audience. Uh, and you know, it was an incredible game played by people who had played before, but I actually feel like the game of the other season, you know, might have been a little bit harder and, and probably a little bit more original to watch. Wow. Okay. So we've got heroes as villains in second. That's, um, it's kind of, I mean, I always knew we were going to come down to be talking to the season, you know, like hours into this thing, as opposed to right at the start. That's pretty clear. Um, and I mean, this season is, is acclaimed and, and it should be. It is amazing. Um, and, you know, like it's, it's it's an amazing cast. I think they did really, really well, considering this is the first time we get three time players and, and it kind of just nobody really bats an eye at that. You just kind of let it happen. Um, I think things happen that you kind of, don't expect will happen. I think that that tribal council where where Russell you know uses the idol to save Parvati and and Tyson votes himself out is still one of the best tribal councils of all time. You know it is still amazing to watch. And I think the the thing about that is that people will say even people who hate Russell will will generally say that was a great episode. You know a great tribal council. Um, you know because just the drama is really really good. I think the way they play it, they even like cut to a commercial break which they don't normally do right before he plays the idol, which is really cool. Um, um, and, you know, there's obviously the whole moment where Parvi plays the two idols, which is, 
phenomenal TV. Um, but yeah, I mean, we are kind of comparing the two seasons now. And, and for me, I think that there are slow moments on Heroes vs. Villains, which you kind of don't really think about. But, you know, some of it does slow down a little bit. I think, you know, kind of the Stephanie episode is a little bit slow. I think some of those ones where the heroes are kind of eating themselves at the start are, are not I mean, they're still amazing, but, you know, they're not absolutely top-tier episodes. Um, Kagoyan doesn't have many that aren't absolutely top-tier. The thing I'd say about Kagoyan is that there's a lot of idol hunting, which, you know, there, there is on Heroes vs. Villains as well, obviously, but it feels a bit more integrated into the show with Heroes Villains. So maybe if you were trying to compare the two, you would say that there's, you know, it, it's not quite so idol-heavy, but there's a lot of idols in Heroes Villains as well. So... It's a bit of a hard call. Um, I think probably Heroes as Villains also suffers a bit from Russell fatigue. You know, you're kind of getting towards the end of that, and I think everybody just starts to get a bit sick of seeing Russell. Um, so, yeah, I, I think before I kind of make a call one way or the other, I'm quite keen to hear what Ben has to say. Whew. See, like, if I'm looking at my list right now, I should be vetoing this, because I have Heroes vs. Villains in 6th, I have Kagayan in 7th. But I think all the points made there about Heroes vs. Villains and Kagayan... Well, I mean, we haven't really talked too much about Kagayan, but... Yeah, like... I think Kagayan... I'm just going to talk about both of them now. I may as well. Um, Kagayan came out of nowhere, I think, really. Like, you talked about before about Philippines kind of saved what many fans perceived as it being a pretty bad stretch of the show. And take one world out of the equation for me personally... And, you know, Nicaragua, I think it wasn't that bad, but it still was pretty bad overall. At that point, till last year or so, it's probably the worst streak we've ever had. Then, you know, Philippines sort of came about and was pretty good. Then Caramoan sort of ruined it. Then Blood vs. Water was fairly well received. And then this just blew everyone out of the water. I mean, this was brilliant. We were hooked to this. And this won the Oscar for best season of all time. And people screamed recency bias. And we, I think everybody on Survivor Oz said, no, like, this is a genuinely brilliant season that we will be talking about in years to come. And here we are, what, five years later, more so, about to decide whether this is going to be ultimately the greatest season of Survivor of all time. Heroes vs. Villains at the time as well, it came into it with All-Stars having a pretty shit reception. There was excitement coming into Heroes vs. Villains, but I think a lot of people were very sceptical of the last full All-Stars season was pretty bad. Do we need this? But I think kind of that really took the game to a whole new level of... I'd mentioned before about All-Stars maybe transitioning to what we've got today. I mean, Heroes vs. Villains took that and kind of like, cool, let's add some petrol to the fire and blow it up even more. And this is maybe the most game-heavy season to me that I can enjoy and get excitement out of without being like, oh, that's so, like, you know, game body and everything. Because I, I think everything about it is brilliant. And I have not been as hooked to a season as much as, as Heroes vs. Villains since All-Stars and hopefully now to Winners at War. Um, I'm not vetoing. I'm, I'm saying this right now. I'm not vetoing. I'm, I'm fine with Kagayan being number one. Uh, I really am. And I, yeah, this is, this is crazy. This is, I did not guess this was going to happen at the beginning of this. And I'm I, thrilled for this result. But yeah. I, I have a question before you decide, Nick. Um, based on your original, because I said it, it was the exact same positions that Ben had. I had Heroes of Villains originally six and Kagayan number seven. And I decided to flip it, which essentially you're doing. What, what were your positions of these two seasons before you make your decision? Uh, for me, um, I I had Kagayan at two, Heroes vs. Villains at three. Mm, wow. Mm. 
yeah very yeah. wow <laughs> yeah yeah and i and i think it's quite nice because i'm i i basically i wanted ben to go first for um the i, I guess you know the tension of it because yeah i was always quite happy to put the heroes vs villains at two um so i wasn't going to veto so i just wanted to I just wanted to give ben the opportunity <laughs> to make it a bit more interesting and as it turns out it's a unanimous decision which is really really interesting and wow. um yeah yeah so I, i'm i'm really happy with that and i think probably you know as we keep saying we're talking about we're talking about fractions aren't we we're talking about you know the knife edge really because they're both amazing seasons so yeah heroes as villains are still an awesome season um it's still everything you'd ever want in an all-star season and you know it's it's easy to forget that we hadn't seen a full all-star season since all-stars you know so Mm -hmm. you know like our only memory of it for a lot of people was they didn't like all-stars and you know so you know they weren't necessarily thinking this was going to be a great season and it just came in and was just incredible and yeah just kind of i think it just kind of reset everything um and you know suddenly we just we you know, had this all new thing we had these legends created that maybe we didn't have before seeing these people that you hadn't seen since season eight was kind of amazing so yeah i think like it, it is an incredible season it's been talked about so much it's always you know one two three in any rankings that ever get done about the show so it's not a surprise to see it there um you know it's great that we've got the winners going to come back from this but also that we've got so many players who are on here as well villains are back you know we've got we've got Rob, we've got Tyson, uh, Sandra, obviously, you know, so it's great that we've got these other winners who are, who were on the season are going to be back here, Parvati as well, um, you know, so so that's really cool, and, and it's obviously a touchstone of, of what the show is, so second place is certainly nothing to sneeze at, that's for sure. I'm, I'm in shock. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is just like, and a good shock, um, because, yeah, again, it was frustrating after 34 hours to get the most obvious freaking answer. Um, not to take away from Sandra's win, but um, look, I think, Nick, you technically have to officially lock Kagayan in. I don't think you've really talked about it. I think maybe let's just all close out here with just some final thoughts on Kagayan then. Yeah, it'd be funny if somebody tries to veto it, right? Yeah, um, yeah what happens if Colin and I veto this? Is winners yeah. at war win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, immediately it goes to number one. Hey, I mean, yeah, I think it is an incredible season. I think probably the only bad things I'd have to say about it is I think the Morgan episode, Morgan vote-out episode is a little slow, um, and I think probably a little bit too much reliance on the idols. But the thing I would say about about Kagayan is that it is just a mile-a-minute fun. You know, it is just like – it's like an action movie. You know, there's just so much going on. Um, and, you know, like the, the – the comedy factor and the fun factor of Tony. And, you know, like if Tony hadn't won, we might not be talking about this as the best season, you know, like him winning was a nice surprise because I think even going into the finale, most people didn't expect it. And, you know, so to have this guy who plays this absolutely frenetic game, he's been talked about as a unicorn, you know, in terms of nobody can ever play like that and win again. And and that's probably quite true. Um, But, you know, he's, he is supported by this, this cast of incredible characters like there is really no doubt on this you know even morgan you know like you know she still brings her kind of snarky humor to it and i'd say she's probably the weakest link in terms of of the all the cast members you know like you go through all of them you know you kind of got like bryce and you've got um um oh, i'm forgetting his name the guy who got voted out second um garrett um garrett yeah thanks yeah so you got him um basically everybody on the jury you know your trishes your casses obviously spencer woo even is, is great tv you know the the whole um ninja stealth mode and all that kind of stuff was so funny at the time and um you know our, even your, your lj's and your jeremiah's i think are a lot of fun as well 
um, you know, Jeremiah thinking that it's a big, big surprise that he's telling everybody he's a model. It's like, you know, just even like the little <laughs> things like that are just, are just really, really fun. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just so cool. And, and, and I think Benny made a really good point about it. It's just like this fresh season, you know, it just feels like kind of coming out of nowhere. I think a few people were a bit skeptical about the kind of brains, bronze beauty thing like that it was a, just a, a bit of a, a silly idea, but Everything works, even that kind of, you know, the thing off the cuff where, you know, somebody's made a leader and they have to eject somebody from their tribe and, you know, that works. Everything works, you know, and I, you know, at the centre of it all is obviously Tony's incredible TV. We may never get anything quite like Tony ever again, um, but, yeah, he is he's so awesome. I'm so glad he's going to be back, even if he might be an early, early boot, who knows, but... Um, you know, I think, yeah, there's just, it's just so much fun to watch. You're never going to be bored watching this show. It, it, it's just so good. I, look, Colin, I'll just quickly add, because I kind of added a bit more, but just, what what else can you say? I agree with everything. Tony's win is just a win for the ages. People like Tony shouldn't win the game the way he played, and that's why he ended up finishing, what, third on our overall list. Um, just, just such an incredible player. Um Look, yeah, just this season is just brilliant. Um, and and again, like the fact that I'm saying this and I only had it seventh on my list, and it's I'm just so happy it's number one. Um, and yeah, we'll, I don't know if we'll ever get a season like this ever again because I'm hoping Winners at War will prove that that, that I'm wrong. Because I mean, outside of this season, we haven't really had a universally loved season since. You know, maybe Cambodia, people argue, is a pretty universally loved season, but we've pointed out some things about it today. Um, you know, I like Samuel Del Sur, Nick likes Samuel Del Sur, but outside of that, what name one universally loved season after 28? So, I mean, this could go down as the last true great season of Survivor. And yeah, just so I'm so happy this is number one. Yeah, again, to think two of us didn't even have this higher than heroes versus villains. And that's, I think, what's so interesting about this. Um, but I think it's also appropriate that an original season does win. And I think that's why I wanted to flip my original decisions around there. Um, because, I mean, a returning player season is great and all, but you almost have to rank those separately. I mean, a returning player season is almost like a different show. And we had just gone for such a long time, because even if you include Philippines in there, we still had returning players. And when was the last time prior to this that there was an all-original player season that everybody loved? You could say it's the time of Samoa. Everybody loved Samoa. But we're probably going back to China at that point. We're we're talking 13 seasons before the, the last time that there was everybody was behind it, all original players, and it works. And here you have what sounds like a goofy gimmick. And it actually does work. And it's not like the twist even really matters in the game, but the casting somehow works. And some of these people play exactly into the stereotypes that you, you expect them to play into, you know? Um, and I can't believe we talked about all these cast members. We don't even mention Jatia. I mean, Jatia, like <laughs> we've gone through so many of these seasons, including heroes versus villains, where we're saying like a couple of the early episodes, not so great. Um, and here we have Jatia going what third or fourth. And my winner's pick from memory. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and that was, you know, a character that uh, stood out just as much as the people who made it all the way to the end. And that's a very early boot who who made a huge impact on the game. Um, we could go on and on all day about this cast, but I mean, I mean, ultimately, it comes out to how the game played out. And 
it's almost like lightning in the bottle. It's like the way you feel like when you watched Australia Outback. You know, you see Borneo, you're like, wow, we really got something here. But now let's prove it wasn't a fluke. And now we've gone so long in Survivor where it felt like, you know what, the magic is just gone. And they just got lightning in a bottle again. And it was just the right season at the right time. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I completely forgot about the fact that this won that poll. And that everybody did say recency bias. But, I mean, I'd be really interested here. I mean, I'm sure there's there's gonna, most of the comments we're going to get are probably going to be people saying, oh, I wouldn't have had that at number one. But I guarantee they probably had it like four or five. And meanwhile, two of us ranked it outside the top five. Um, it's just the average overall. And, you know, I think this is a perfect season. I think it's evidence that this does hold up. And I think in some ways it actually gets better. Maybe it gets better because of how poor the seasons have been since this. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, it just makes it stand out all that much more. Um, and, you know, just the fact that we had a season like this with this many characters. And it's not just that nobody on this season is like anybody else. You know, there's lots of seasons like that. I mean, Africa is a perfect example. Every character is a one-of-a-kind character for that season. But... This goes an extra step where most of these people, you can't find anybody else in any season that matches them. There is nobody else like Trish in any season of Survivor ever, you know? There, there is obviously nobody – well, there's people like Tony. I mean, you could say Joe was kind of like Tony, um, you know, in seasons after this. But definitely nobody like Wu. And guaranteed there was nobody like Cass and nobody like Spencer and nobody like Tasha. I mean, this is just – it was a cast that could never be duplicated again. And, uh, uh, yeah, this is the most – perfect outcome we could actually i think hope for it wasn't number one on any of our lists but we're all unanimously agreeing on it crazy absolutely crazy here we are done um in under five hours too congratulations everyone um (laughs) and we have a number one fantastic um we're gonna wrap this up pretty quickly because i know it's about three o'clock in the morning for colin and he's probably dying to go to bed um but i just really quickly will say that i found it very fascinating that out of all of us i had five successful vetoes against me colin had two (laughs) nick only had the one um so there you go random little thought process for you there but um just really quickly just to refresh our listeners memory just each of us give out what our actual personal top fives were maybe from five through to one just fire through them quickly i'll start with you colin uh my number five was palau four australian outback three gabon two vanuatu and one africa nick uh, five was Micronesia, four Palau, three Heroes Villains, two Kagayan, and one Pearl Islands. Uh, mine was China, Australian Outback, Thailand, one World, and All Stars. So <laughs> there you go. Aren't we uh, glad that that as a top five people? <laughs> <laughs> Next time, note to self: hire people who think like you, Ben. Um, <laughs> uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in. This has been a lot of fun, and I will just quickly say that our Survivor Month sort of doesn't conclude now because tomorrow you're going to hear from me and Billy Garcia. Hashtag Bring Back Billy as we preview Winners at War. The time has finally come. Right now, we're here. It's happening, and we are so excited. Where will that end up on our season rankings list in 10 years' time? Who knows? You'll have to tune in when we're all 80 and in a nursing home. Uh, but in the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all the relevant podcast channels, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we're there. And we thank you for all the support, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Let us know what your top 10 would be and how you agree or disagree with our rankings here today because it definitely has been a talking point that I'm sure a lot of you are going to want to talk along with us. My name is Ben, and I can rank too. And my name is Colin, and Ben, you stole my quote now. 
and uh, I'm Nick, and this was huge. We needed it. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.